ancient land of China, schools and the martial arts were a way of life, but none were as lethal as the one we are about to reveal. Five deadly venoms. A secret society, each man unknown to the other, identified only by a mass representing one of nature's deadly assassins, the centipede, the snake, the scorpion, the lizard, and the toad. Five deadly venoms, five masters in the martial arts, each man pitted against the other in savage combat, and each trained in their own vicious method of killing. They practiced a special kind of kung fu, killing by instinct, with machine-like precision, lightning speed, and ruthless power, as ferocious and deadly as the venomous creatures from which it took its name, and whose stings were always fatal. Kill or be killed. Five deadly venoms. No mercy asked, none given, in a kung fu epic as brutal as nature itself. Five deadly venoms, survival of the fittest and kung fu action at its very best in the most spectacular martial arts program of the year. Five deadly venoms, five stinging ways to die. Pick your poison, you'll be stung to your seats. Don't miss Five Deadly Venoms, a Shaw Brothers presentation. Theirs was a mission of certain death. Outnumbered and unarmed, they must get to the tyrant that enslaves their people. No weapon, no matter how lethal, can match their kung fu. Alexander Fusheng stars as the young martial arts expert pitted against a murderous warlord with a deadly kung fu skill. They live to fight and fight to live in a whirlwind of kung fu action. Four men sworn to battle to the death against these lawless legions of the damned. The Four Assassins.
plan of destiny await the ultimate challenge. Death and destruction were the Manchu order. They murdered their way to victory. Nothing could stop them until they met the five masters of death. Five new men of destiny. Five new deadly ministers of Kung Fu justice. Five new Kung Fu killing techniques. The whipping triple-jointed stick, an avenging reaper of justice. The piercing pole, driving its way to victory. The deadly tiger stork, no one escapes. The crushing crossed fists, pounding up revenge on Manchu murderers. See the five kung fu masters of death defeat the Manchu warlords. See the five masters of death. When you're the best, you do things with style. J.J. McQuaid is the best. He's a lone wolf lawman in the Lone Star State. Even a wolf has his weaknesses. And a powerful enemy. The final showdown belongs to McQuaid. Lone Wolf McQuaid, starring Chuck Norris, David Carradine, Barbara Carrera, and Leon Isaac Kennedy. Or forgive them, because they killed his wife, they raped his daughter. And they deserve to die. So he's doing it again. His way. Charles Bronson. He's the best there is at getting even. Goodbye. Death Wish 2. Rated R. Now playing at the Sacramento Drive-In, Dome 24, Birdcage Walk, and the State in Woodland. Friday the 13th, Part 3 in Super 3D. The all-new process that puts you in the picture. Whether you want to be there or not. It will scare you. Count on it. Friday the 13th, Part 3 in Super 3D. Rated R. Now playing in Sacramento. Check newspapers for theaters and showtime. This is the movie that Rex Reed called the most horrifying motion picture I have ever seen. This film is positively ruthless in its attempt to drive you right out of your mind. Sally, I hear something. Stop! Stop! The Texas Chainsaw Massacre. From New Line Cinema. Rated R. There are killers on the loose, dressed like cops, and they always use a magnet. There's only one cop around who can crack this case. They call him Dirty Harry. In 24 hours, Harry stops a robbery, covers a stake, and prevents a hijack. Clint Eastwood is back, and this time his world is dirtier than ever. Magnum Force, rated R.
opening Christmas Day at selected theaters around the country. theaters.
我本來想推薦你上去但你上頭不批准為什麼呢個人你應該很熟的後天又要走後天去台灣那件事就是帶馬成咯給一個機會的後生者嘛一朝作贼想做好人不容易我已經沒有了世佬我不想連你的朋友都沒有了阿傑我再見我就阿傑阿傑現在大把世界有很多舊客要靠豪哥你拉回來我過來是產生物我啊
记忆中的童年，却能忍心看那昨日的忧愁带走我们的笑容。伸出你的热情，伸出你双手，让我拥抱着你的梦。This is a high jack and some. When there is no hope, no chance. No possibility of escape. Delta Force gets the word. It's a go. Take them down. They're not after adventure or glory. They're fighting to save American lives. You take one of us, you gotta take us all. Chuck Norris, Lee Marvin, the Delta Force, rated R. Starts Friday, February 14th at theaters everywhere. Chuck Norris returns in Missing in Action 2: The Beginning. American MIAs imprisoned and tortured. He's a soldier they couldn't hold. None of you have ever escaped, and none of you will. We're going in. He's breaking out, leading his men, and fighting back. An American hero story continues. Chuck Norris, Missing in Action 2: The Beginning, opens Friday, March 1st, at a theater near you. Three. First, they took the streets. Then they took it all. But their next target may be their last victim. Charles Bronson, where there is no justice, there can only be vengeance. Charles Bronson, Death Wish Three. Now playing. Consult your listings. Starts Friday at the Sacramento Drive-In, 40... One of the ten best films of the year, a high-octane mixture of outlandishly stylized camp and outrageously sensational shootouts. <laughs> Outrageously exhilarating, guaranteed to tingle the most jaded moviegoer's palate. A film concocted with nitroglycerin, the combined energy of the Road Warrior, RoboCop, and the Terminator. Killer is great cinema. The Killer, a thriller comedy that will leave you breathless. a movie that will leave you breathless. Christian Slater, Patricia Arquette, Dennis Hopper, Val Kilmer, Gary Oldman, Brad Pitt. 
Christopher Walken in a Tony Scott film that critics are calling a Bonnie and Clyde for the 90s. True Romance. Rated R. Starts Friday, September 10th at a theater near you. Follow my instructions and we all walk away clean. Domino, you're with me on the side. Shepard, you cover the rear. What do you want me to do? All we want is the money. This is an inside job. Ten million in cash. Let's go home right now. I've seen you two. We're celebrity hostages. <laughs> wow. Oh, thank God. Domino, we are now playing. Reservoir Dogs. Before Pulp Fiction. The original Men in Black shook the world of action cinema in the original A Better Tomorrow. Proudly presents the explosive bullet-ridden sequel, A Better Tomorrow 2. Hong Kong action mavericks John Wu and Troy Hark take the heroic bloodshed genre to the next level and beyond in a violent symphony of destruction that is often imitated but never better. Chow Yun-Fat, Leslie Chung, and T-Long. A Better Tomorrow 2.
He practiced the lizard style. Chameleon. The lizard is a very agile and nimble style. That enables a man to climb like a lizard. David Rockefeller's money couldn't save him. Despite all of the hard work he did for safety. But he's behind the latest accusations. If you disagree, then you must be a Russian agent. That's a bunch of gobbledygook. People peddling that has got to be spooked. There's not an angle I couldn't possibly choose. And if it's coming out of my mouth, it's got to be truth. Let's keep it all cerebral. If I run for mayor, I won't be mayor. I leave it to the people. Consider this a shot across the bow. The sheeple are awake and we gon' shake them up now. Make them well aware you are extreme liars. You create smoke, then you're like a screen fire. Like we can't see who living. It shows like a Saturday Night Live skit. Okay, I get it. None of these federal projectors ever want to speak. Even though I come and visit them like once a week. Not a single thing I say is tongue-in-cheek. The NYPD just sprung a leak. Not one of these federal projectors, they want to speak. Even though I come and visit them like once a week. Not a single thing I say is tongue-in-cheek. The NYPD just sprung a leak. Bastard. You did it again. You a real hard bastard. When will it end? I must say bastard. You did it again. You a real hard bastard. Now tell me when will it end? <laughs> All right, welcome to the show. I am the hard bastard. We're going to start out with some polling here. Donald Trump leads Biden, Harris, and Newsom in hypothetical matchups. Donald Trump holds the lead over Joe Biden, Vice President Kamala Harris, got to get the name right, Governor Gavin Newsom in a hypothetical presidential election matchup. This is an Emerson College poll. The poll published Friday finds that 45% of the 1,225 registered voter respondents surveyed support Trump in a race against Biden, who draws 44% support. Another 11% of poll participants are undecided. Trump's advantage falls within the 2.7% uh, credibility interval. Trump's slim edge grows by one point when the field widens to include third-party candidates. He leads the pack with 40 percent, 
followed by Biden's 38%, and independent RFK at 7%. And then Jill Stein and Cornell West are at 1%. Furthermore, a plurality of voters, 45%, predict Trump will be the next president, while 42% think Biden will be. Another 14% say someone else will emerge victorious in November. Emerson polled hypothetical matchups of Trump with other top Democrats around the country amid national scrutiny of Biden's mental acuity and age following special counsel Robert Ehr's damning report on the Biden classified document case and the president's disastrous press conference addressing it. They all trail Trump and perform worse than Biden does. In a two-way race between Trump and Harris, the 45th president takes 46% of the response to Harris's 43%, while 11% are undecided. Newsom performs worse against Trump than Kunt Mala. Uh, of the respondents, 36% would back the California governor. 46% would vote for Trump. The share of undecided voters is 18%. Finally, a hypothetical uh, matchup between Trump and Governor Gretchen Bitchmer finds her trailing Trump uh, 33% to 45% with 22% of voters up for grabs. Emerson also found Trump has a towering lead over Big Teeth Nikki Haley. Let's get into uh, Big Teeth Nikki. She's uh, looking to get destroyed in South Carolina. Trump boasts a 62-point lead over Big Teeth Nikki in this poll. This is a, uh, um, which, wh whose poll is this? Do they say? They usually say. They're not saying. Oh, morning consult. All right, it's morning consult. Um, let's see. The uh, the argument that Big Teeth Nikki is making about Trump being too old has a uh, small audience. Only one in four Republican voters believe Trump is too old. Trump also has a much higher favorable rating than Haley as 79% view him favorably compared to 47% who view Haley in a favorable light. More than one-third, 36% view Haley unfavorably compared to 20% who said the same of Trump. The survey was taken February 9th through 11th among almost 4,000 Republican voters. Uh, it's going to be fascinating to watch. She's probably going to stay in the race even after she gets destroyed in South Carolina. We'll see. All right, so the AIDS judge, the completely illegitimate AIDS judge, has rendered his bullshit verdict of <clears throat> 350-gorillion-fagillion-nigillion dollars. you got to watch out. Nigillion is a amount of money so big it'll steal your bike. Trump fined 350-gorillion-fagillion-nigrillion dollars in civil business fraud trial, banned from doing business in New York for three years. This is likely going to get overturned. On top of it, I don't have an article, but apparently, I'm not 100% on this, but there seems to be a merger Trump just pulled off with Truth Social that was approved that, at least according to reports, would have Trump gain uh, $4 billion. So, uh, you know, that's pretty funny if that's true. Uh, like I said, I don't have confirmation yet, but I've seen it in multiple places. That'd be pretty hilarious. That would be pretty hilarious. So even if this did, if this did stand, you're, you're not looking at uh, uh, anything that's going to uh, cause him to go broke or anything like that. Um, former President Trump was fined hundreds of millions of dollars in a civil fraud trial on Friday. 
uh, and was banned from running his business in the state for three years. Judge Aides ordered the former president and the Trump organization to pay more than $350 million in damages. The illegitimate judge, who's a pervert, banned Trump from serving in top roles at any company in the state for three years. Ooh. An extended punishment for a two-year period of both his sons in order they both pay more than $4 million. I, I mean, really, who cares? It's probably going to get overturned. And, and you got normies. You got normies who are calling bullshit on this. And I've said it before. There was even there was a New York Post article not long ago interviewing people that hated Trump that competed in a cutthroat manner with Donald Trump. Hated his guts. Who said, this is crazy. You can't do this because it's going to fuck everybody. Okay, and then you have Kevin O'Leary come out and he's like, this is bullshit. If this stands, you're going to have to arrest everybody. This is crazy. So the likelihood that this stands, I think, is is uh, is slim just because of the precedent it would set. Not impossible. I mean, these people are crazy. Um, but this is mainly all of this shit is for headlines. Uh, and so, yeah, they got their headline. They got their hair on fire coverage, and uh, that's really all it is. The uh, banning him from serving in a top role for three years, <laughs> okay. So you just put a guy in there that is gonna do what you want him to do? Oh, okay, anyway, this is all bullshit. It's illegitimate, and uh, I say, who cares? Who cares, who cares? Uh, Trump came out and responded, of course, he said the justice system in New York State and America as a whole is under assault by partisan, deluded, biased judges and prosecutors. That's true. Uh, racist, corrupt AG Letitia James has been obsessed with getting Trump for years. Also true. And used crooked New York State pervert Judge Engeron to get an illegal un-American judgment against me, my family, and my tremendous business. I helped New York City during its worst of times, and now, while it's overrun with violent Biden migrant crime, the radicals are doing all they can to kick me out. The decision is a complete and total sham. There were no victims, no damages, no complaints, only satisfied banks and insurance companies, which made a ton of money. Again, true. Like... I, I, Look, if Trump says things that are not true, like, for example, sometimes he over-exaggerates how much of the wall was built, okay? I admit that. I don't care. He, he talks big. He exaggerates. That's what he does. This shit, though, what he's saying here is true. There are no victims here. This is fucking ridiculous. Um, there's no victims, no damages. He paid back the loans. It's hilarious. The whole thing is hilarious. Um, he said, great financial statements didn't even include the most valuable asset, the Trump brand, ironclad disclaimers, buyer beware, do your own due diligence, which the banks, of course, do, and amazing properties all over the world. All, other, uh, uh, all the other side had, had was a ridiculous $18 million valuation, which, again, is ridiculous. Now, is Mar-a-Lago worth $1.5 billion? That's probably on the high side. That's probably on the high side. You know, you take Forbes. Forbes is not credible. Forbes has it at 400 million. So it's probably 800, 900 million. Regardless of where you think it is, first of all, you're allowed to estimate, okay? There's nothing illegal about Trump saying, hey, it could be worth anywhere from 800 million to 1.5 billion, okay? And it'll say, uh, you know, it's, it's worth what someone would pay for it. He could probably get a Saudi to pay 2 billion, whatever. Okay, fine. You're allowed to estimate uh, number one and number two, regardless of where you, know, you you think the number actually is, 18 million is ridiculous. It's fucking ridiculous. But again, it does, it's just this it's, is all stupid. The commies are rabid. And uh, anyway, he continued. He said uh, he said talked about an unconstitutional gag order, a consumer fraud statute never before used for this purpose. 
No jury allowed in a refusal to send this disgusting charade to the commercial division, where it would have been put to a deserving end. This case is over ever since the appellate division ended it on the statute of limitations, also letting my daughter Ivanka out of this witch hunt. The Democrat club-controlled pervert Judge Engeron has already been reversed four times on this case. A shameful record. He just ignores it. A a shameful record, and he'll be reversed again. We can't let this injustice stand. We'll fight crooked Joe Biden's weaponized prosecution at every step. Make America great again. Yeah. Um, Now, what's, uh, what's interesting is after this, he went to a sneaker convention in Philadelphia. I think he's there now. I like how Trump is targeting areas of voters that that a Republican normally wouldn't, because we're in a completely unprecedented time. Uh, Joe Biden is the worst president ever. Uh, normies are absolutely, um, not all of them, but some of them, especially in cities, are going through shit they've never gone through before. Even in a city where there's a lot of crime, you know, you can say, oh, New York City is the crimes resurgent, like the 70s. Apparently, the 70s was insane before Giuliani came along. Okay, but but what's unprecedented is on top of that, uh, you now have all these illegal immigrants and you have these like moped gangs. It's just next level. So going into these areas and campaigning is a great idea. Going into a sneaker convention is a phenomenal idea. So first thing they did is they released a shoe at the convention called the the Never Give Ups or something. It's fucking hilarious. They're like gold shoes with a T on them. They're $3.99. Now, look, I would never pay $3.99 for a pair of shoes. Um, uh, I will say that is for a sneaker convention, $3.99 for a pair of shoes is on the low end. Sneaker conventions are crazy. People spend $1,000 for a pair of shoes. I don't care. I, I don't get it. I always buy Chinese knockoffs for 60 but do what you want. I do like sneakers. I like uh, uh, Nikes, and I, and I don't, I would not go to a sneaker convention, especially in Philly. I stay out of Philly, but um, that's a great way to try to get young people to vote for you. That's ap- And it's young men. It's young entrepreneurial men. This is the exact target audience that Donald Trump should go after, because a lot of these people, they flip sneakers and even if they don't like Trump, they can respect the fact that he's a business guy. It's a great idea. So he goes there and releases a fucking shoe. Where's Joe Biden's goddamn shoe? He doesn't have a shoe. Trump has a shoe. It's, it's fucking hilarious. So great idea. Great idea. Go to the sneaker convention. I don't know if he's given a speech. That would be great if he did. And uh, yeah, go to all that shit. Go to the sneaker conventions. Go to the Bronx. Go to the Bronx, Trump. It's going to be amazing just to watch the media. So anyway, it's, uh, it's uh, pretty interesting. Okay. Now, <laughs> this was the worst. So, by the way, the media got their, got their marching orders. The media got their marching orders. And the marching orders is to defend this fat pig. This corrupt fat pig that admitted to stealing money from her campaign on the stand. Because she's like a 7 IQ. Um, I said before that um, when the corporate media is covering a live event and something unexpected happens, uh, you get a window for honest opinions. And there was a brief window where I think two people on MSNBC gave an honest opinion that, like, this is a disaster. Now, at some point, the talking points went out to protect Ass Willis, and which is great because I love watching them have to defend insanity. They have to defend one of the worst testimonies 
look, I, I'm not a I'm not a law tuber. I don't cover a lot of trials, so I don't know where this would be as far as the worst. This is really up there, and this was after Nathan Wade, which was a disaster. So here we go. It's a lie. If S. Willis explodes on the witness stand, and the judge had to step in. Now, you know, the judge, these judges are corrupt. This judge might be corrupt. He might say, he might do the, um, the Hillary Clinton thing, the Joe Biden thing. What would that be? Well, you know, this is unseemly, but, you know, it's not enough to disqualify them. You know, like Joe Biden, classified documents, Hillary Clinton, classified emails. Well, you know, they did do it, but it, that could very well happen here. But even still, getting this to hold, I, I don't see how. Fulton County District Attorney S. Willis exploded in anger while on the witness stand Thursday, prompting Judge Scott McAfee to step in and call for a short recess. S. grew increasingly rattled as she was being asked by defense attorney Ashley Merchant about her relationship with Nathan Wade, the man Willis tapped as special prosecutor in her sprawling election interference case against Donald Trump. She said, let's be clear because you lied. It's a lie. It's a lie. While she held up documents. Um, the DA says, you've been intrusive. The S. Willis says, you've been intrusive into people's lives. You think I'm on trial? I'm not on trial, no matter how hard you try to put me on trial. Judge McAfee stepped in and called for a five-minute recess, seemingly so S. could cool down. And upon returning to the courtroom, the judge informed Willis he'd be forced to strike her testimony if she engaged in any more outbursts on the stand. Holy shit. During another tense moment on the stand, Ass maintained that she was not being a hostile witness and accused Merchant, uh, who's Michael Roman's attorney, of having interests that are contrary to democracy. So you're against democracy if you don't go along with a fat pig's corruption, okay? In case you were keeping track, Ass took the stand in the evidentiary hearing after McAfee earlier this week found that it's possible that Ass and Wade could be disqualified in their case against Trump. He, he said, I think it's clear disqualification can occur if the evidence is produced demonstrating an actual conflict or the appearance of one. And the filings submitted on this issue so far have, been, have presented a conflict in the evidence that cannot be resolved. Notably, S. has been accused by Roman of having a romantic relationship with Wade prior to hire him, hiring him as special prosecutor and then financially benefiting from the relationship. Um, since Roman's initial filing, Ass has confirmed that she and Wade did indeed have uh, a romantic relationship. And in this part, this was wild, Ass Willis admits to taking campaign cash and keeping it in her house. On Thursday, Fulton County District Attorney Ass Willis testified under oath that she kept some of the cash from her first campaign. This resulted in others questioning whether or not she violated Georgia's campaign finance laws. The comments were made during the explosive conflict of interest hearing that could disqualify Ass from presiding over the Trump 2020 Georgia election case. A judge ordered the hearing after it was revealed that Ass hired prosecutor Nathan Wade, who she was um, paying to fuck her. Trump's co-defendant, Mike Roman, exposed information on the love affair and his attorney filed a motion to dismiss. The motion alleged that Wade and Ass had a financial conflict of interest in prosecuting the former president while testifying about cash payments made to Prosecutor Wade in which the district attorney told the judge that it's common for her to be in possession of large sums of cash. Willis testified, when I took out a large amount of money on my first campaign, I kept some of the cash of that. Like to tell you, I just have cash in my house. 
District Attorney S. did not provide further clarity on what she meant. She said, I kept some of the cash. When she said, I kept some of the cash, Georgia campaign finance law prohibits candidates from pocketing money meant for their campaigns. Um, one user commented on the admission made by S. and wrote on Twitter, I caught that as well, and for personal use, thereby admitting under oath she committed campaign finance violations. Isn't it a crime? Didn't she just incriminate herself? Um, this would not be the first time Ass, who took office in 2021, has been accused of violating campaign finance laws. Earlier this month, uh, Marjorie Taylor Greene called for a full investigation into allegations that she violated Georgia Government Transparency and Campaign Finance Act. We'll see what happens, um, but uh, a hell of a thing to admit uh, on on the uh, in the box, I guess, as they say. Um, this was such a disaster. She was supposed to come back the next day to testify. They were like, "No, uh, we're going to pass on that." So she will not return to the witness stand. Um, Ask Willis decided or the district attorney's office decided not to put S. Willis back on the witness stand Friday after the DA's explosive testimony Thursday about her relationship with Nathan Wade. The decision to keep S. off the stand comes after multiple portions of her Thursday testimony became heated and were a goddamn disaster. So, you know, on the one hand, I don't see how you possibly keep her on, but, you know, these people are corrupt as hell and they love to gaslight, so you never know. You never know pretty funny. All right, so it's roundup season in addition to rounding up his political opponents, uh, uh, not just Trump, but pretty much anyone. You could be anti-abortion, you could post memes, you could be arrested. Um, now the uh, whistleblower, an informant who blew the whistle on Joe Biden getting uh, bribes, has been arrested. Amazing. And now, after the arrest, Joe Biden says, well, now you have to drop the impeachment. Joe Biden called on House Republicans to drop their impeachment inquiry into him Friday after an informant who gave the FBI information about alleged corruption involving the Biden family was charged this week for lying to federal authorities. Special Counsel David Weiss charged Alexander Smirnov with a false statement and creating a false and fictitious record related to allegedly false information that he gave to his FBI handler about Joe Biden and his son Hunter Biden's alleged business dealings with Burisma. Um, the pedophile-in-chief said, an FBI informant at the center of the impeachment inquiry into you has been indicted for allegedly lying. Oh, a reporter asked, excuse me. Your reaction to that, should the inquiry be dropped? The pedophile-in-chief said he's lying and it should be dropped. And it's just been an outrageous effort from the beginning. We did nothing. Uh, the indictment says that Smirnoff was warned by his FBI handler nearly two dozen times over the course of a decade that the information he was relaying to the Bureau must be truthful or else he would face criminal consequences, meaning you better give us information about our political opponents and not Joe Biden. We don't care what you know about Joe Biden. Uh, Joe Biden gets special protection. He was arrested on Thursday at Harry Reid International Airport in Las Vegas. He provided information to the handler that he knew was being used in various criminal investigations conducted by the FBI. The indictment says he was authorized by authorities to engage in certain criminal activity for the sake of assisting law enforcement in their investigations. He provided false derogatory information to the FBI about Joe Biden. Right, yeah, I'm sure he did. 
The indictment says the allegations that Smirnoff provided were fabrications. In truth, in fact, Smirnoff had contact with executives from Burisma in 2017 after the end of the Obama-Biden administration, and after then, Ukrainian prosecutor general had been fired in February 2016. In other words, when Joe Biden had no ability to influence U.S. policy and when the prosecutor general was no longer in office. In short, Smirnoff transformed his routine in unextraordinary business contacts with Burisma in 2017 and later into bribery allegations against Joe Biden, the presumptive nominee of one of the two major political parties for president after expressing bias against Joe Biden and his candidacy. So there you go. There you go. Make up some bullshit about Trump. You will be rewarded. Tell the truth about Joe Biden. You will be arrested. Hell, make a meme about Joe Biden. You'll be arrested. Um... Now, the next guy that they're probably going to arrest is uh, Tony Bobolinsky. And you can kind of get a read for it with how the Democrats acted. They were threatening him during this closed-door hearing. House Democrats belittled and chastised Tony Bobolinsky, a former Hunter Biden business associate, during a closed-door interview with lawmakers assessing Bobolinsky's claim that Joe Biden and his son were involved in an influence-peddling scheme, Bobolinsky testified to the House Oversight and Accountability Committee on Tuesday, asserting in his opening statement that Chinese interests successfully infiltrated and compromised the Biden family and the Obama White House. Democrats on the committee, including Dan Goldman and, and uh, uh, pubic hair toupee wearer Jamie Raskin, were decidedly hostile to Bobolinsky while questioning him, according to the interview transcript and sources who were in the room. With the uh, interview, one of the people says, we've never seen Democrats act as absurd and childish as they did during that interview. It was truly an embarrassment to the institution and the norms that Democrats claim to care so much about. Well, norms are there to just beat you over the head and control you. They don't have to follow them. Um, Let's see. Um, at one point, they threatened Bobolinsky, which is ultimately, I think, a sign that there is a very good chance that he gets arrested, because that's that's the playbook that the Biden regime is using right now. So this will probably either get buried, or they'll say, oh, Tony Bobolinsky, he said Joe Biden did nothing wrong at all, and now he's going to be arrested. Amazing. Um, this was a disaster. Joe Biden went to East Palestine, and they were not having it. A lot of Trump flags, a lot of anti-Biden signs. Wouldn't be surprised to see the residents of East Palestine arrested over that. Residents of East Palestine, Ohio, gathered to protest ahead of Joe Biden's scheduled visit to the town Friday, needling the administration's response to a toxic train derailment that occurred over a year ago. Um... I, uh, one person says, I've talked to some people in the town and people have reached out to me and I've said the slogan is, too little, too late. It took a year for you to come here. It's amazing. Now you're coming here just around election time. Biden announced on January 31st he would visit the city, uh, fulfilling it March 2023, more than a year later. He's been trying to make some efforts behind the scenes to send different people in to help us, but the story goes he's overseeing all that, but as far as the interacting with residents goes and trying to calm their fears, that hasn't been happening. Uh, he's only coming because it's election season. He doesn't care, but should have come a year ago like he was supposed to. So, yeah, not. I don't know what the hell. That was a stupid idea. You're just pissing people off more. No one's buying this. No, no one 
I mean, who likes Joe Biden at this point? So here's another threat from Democrats. If you don't obey them, they're going to kill you. Senate Democrat says Americans will be on the front lines fighting Russia if Ukraine doesn't receive more aid. Go fuck yourself. How about that? Senator Chris Coons warned Friday that troops could be involved in direct combat with Russia if Congress fails to send additional support to Ukraine. Coons, a member of the Senate Foreign Relations Committee, told CNBC while attending the Munich Security Conference that the U.S. must continue funding Ukraine and its European allies to fend off further Russian aggression. He called on the House to pass the $95 billion foreign aid package. He says in the next front against Russia, it'll be Americans on the front lines. We are best off investing in the Ukrainians who are fighting bravely for their own freedom than allowing Vladimir Putin the opportunity to spread further chaos and violence across Europe. So anyway, total bullshit. Um, I hope they don't pass this. We'll have to see. But uh, yeah, keep threatening, faggot. All right, this is pretty good. Governor Abbott announces a new Texas military base on the U.S. border. Texas Governor Greg Abbott announced Friday his administration is building a forward operating base in the Del Rio sector to house Texas National Guard soldiers who have been deployed to stem the illegal immigration crisis. Abbott said at a press conference that the new Texas military department base camp will assist in the state's efforts to secure the border. The governor's office said the Texas military department acquired 80 acres of land in Eagles Pass to build the base that will regularly house up to 1,800 to 2,300 soldiers if needed. Good. That's good. Fuck Joe Biden and uh, amass your troops, Abbott. Um... This is not at all surprising because it's literal child trafficking. The Biden regime failed to vet adults housing migrant children. Oh, I can't believe it. Who could? This is the least surprising news of the day. The Biden regime failed to properly vet and monitor adults in homes where they placed migrant children in 2021. Basic required checks like criminal background checks were not performed on some adults who ended up housing children, according to the report. Uh, not surprising. This is what they do. It's literal trafficking. And uh, if you don't go along with it, you're a racist, apparently. Amazing. Uh, no surprise there. Uh, very good to see Mike Benz go on the Tucker Carlson show. Uh, Mike Benz does a very good job of explaining in detail exactly how the censorship apparatus works. It's very deep. It is, uh, it's crazy. And what was great about this interview is Tucker Carlson allowed him to talk because Tucker Carlson knows how to interview people. Um, so that was great to see uh, an actual good interview. Uh, Mike Benz has gone on some other shows and he gets like 30 seconds to talk because the hosts of those other shows, like the Tim Pool shows, are constantly masturbating and, and uh, fart huffing. So this was great to see. Uh, I highly recommend the interview. It was like an hour and a lot of information in there. Tucker Carlson exposes national security state as the main driver of censorship and election interference in the U.S. In an interview posted on Friday, Tucker Carlson spoke with Mike Benz, executive director of the Foundation for Freedom Online, on how the national security state in the U.S. acts as the main driver of censorship and election interference in the country. Benz began by noting the story of Internet freedom and how it switched from Internet freedom to Internet censorship. 
He noted that free speech on the internet was an instrument of statecraft and that free speech was championed more than anybody by the Pentagon, the State Department, and our sort of CIA cutout NGO blob architecture as a way to support dissident groups around the world in order to help them overthrow authoritarian governments. Essentially, the internet free speech allowed a kind of instant regime change operation. He noted that Google, which began as a DARPA grant by Larry Page and Sergey Brin, when they were Stanford PhDs and quickly grew to using CIA satellite software for Google Maps and became a military contractor, all of the internet free speech technology was initially created by our national security state. VPNs to hide your IP address, tour the dark web to be able to buy and sell goods anonymously, end-to-end encryption chats, all these things were created initially as DARPA projects or as joint CIA-NSA projects to be able to help intelligence-backed groups to overthrow governments that were causing a problem to the Clinton administration or the Bush administration or the Obama administration. Noting conflicts and wars such as the Arab Spring and the 2014 conflict in Ukraine, Ben said, it's infinitely cheaper than conducting a military war to simply conduct an organized political influence operation over social media. The crisis moment occurred in 2016 with Britain's Brexit movement, as well as other right-wing populist groups popping up around Europe and the world, with NATO declaring the biggest threat NATO faces is not actually a military invasion from Russia, it's losing domestic elections across Europe to all these right-wing populist groups. From the perspective of financial stakeholders in the IMF or World Bank, if the military did not begin to censor the Internet, all of the democratic institutions and infrastructure that gave rise to the modern world after World War II would collapse. There began to be a more diplomatic debate about the censorship industry after Brexit, Ben said, adding that it became full throttle when Trump was elected. What little resistance there was was washed over by the rise and saturation of Russiagate, which basically allowed them to not have to deal with the moral ambiguities of censoring your own people. Because if Trump was a Russian asset, you no longer really had a traditional free speech issue. It was a national security issue. It was only after Russiagate died in July of 2019 when Robert Mueller basically choked on the stand for three hours and revealed he had absolutely nothing after two and a half years of investigation that the foreign to domestic switcheroo took place where they took all of this censorship architecture spanning DHS, the FBI, the CIA, the DOD, and the DOJ, and then the thousands of government-funded NGO and private sector mercenary firms were all basically transited from a foreign predicate, a Russian disinformation predicate, to a democracy predicate by saying that disinformation is not just a threat when it comes from the Russians, it's actually an intrinsic threat to democracy itself. And by extension, of course, that means we are all a threat to democracy itself, because what they call misinformation is true things that they don't like. And so by that, they were able to launder the entire democracy promotion regime change toolkit just in time for the 2020 election. So, yeah, highly recommend the interview. Tucker, let him talk. Let him go over the whole thing. Let him go over the whole timeline. Very good information from Mike Benz. And uh, that's good to see. I would love to see him get on Rogan. Uh, he, like I said, he does a lot. He, he does a good job of explaining exactly how it works, who's doing it, how they do it. The more people that know this, the better. And uh, it'd be great if he could go on Rogan. We'll have to see. All right, this is insane, but not surprising, because pedophiles are in control. Canadian intelligence admits to spying on parents who oppose child sex changes. 
It has been revealed that the Canadian government has been keeping tabs on those in the anti-gender movement that oppose child sex changes, suggesting that they pose a violent threat to the country. Reports from the Canadian Security Intelligence Service and Integrated Terrorism Assessment Centre claim that the ideology of parental rights and opposition to the modern gender movement were tied to far-right groups, including neo-Nazis and white nationalists. In a document compiled by the ITAC and obtained by the C CBC, uh, noted... Trans and drag communities in Canada have been the target of several online threats and real-world intimidation tactics in recent months. <clears throat> the outlet reported the document spoke of how the ITAC, made up of intelligence authorities, is set to keep tabs on threat actors and their intentions to target pride celebrations. Anti-2SLGBTQI plus narratives remain a common theme in violent rhetoric espoused by white nationalists, neo-Nazis, the freedom movement, and networks such as Diagolon and QAnon. Oh, networks such as Diagolon, you say. <laughs> Incredible. Incredible. Yeah, from my understanding, that's a complete meme. That is a complete meme. It's like the, it's like, it's like the okay sign of terrorist organizations. It's completely made up. It's not at all a terrorist organization. It's a meme. And I think they even fucked with a guy <clears throat> legally over it. The guy makes a meme. That's what I'm saying. It's no different in America. You make a meme about something, you joke about something, they'll put you in jail. They don't give a fuck. They put the diagonal guy. At least they tried to put him in jail. I think he's out. The report took particular aim at those who support religiously motivated violent extremism, such as people who view members of the LGBTQ as desirable targets. In an email... Spokesperson uh, Eric Balsam said the agency assesses that exposure to groups and individuals espousing anti-gender extremist rhetoric could inspire and encourage serious violence. Um, so, yeah, if you oppose their mutilation of kids, you are a terrorist, according to them. Citing the case of a student at Waterloo University who attacked a gender study uh, class last year, and has since been hit with 11 terrorism-related charges. Balsam noted the ecosystem of violent rhetoric within the anti-gender movement, compounded with other extreme worldviews, can lead to serious violence. Right, like if you don't want to fuck kids, if you're against kid fucking, if you're against child mutilation, you are an extremist, according to these pedophile homosexuals. Um, they continue, CSIS assesses that the violent threat posed by the anti-gender movement is almost certain to continue over the coming year as that violent actors may be inspired to carry out attacks. Um, there have been numerous documented, this is the, the article now, documented incidents of those opposing the modern gender movement finding themselves on the receiving end of attacks from members of the uh, LGBTQ community. They, of course, do not care about that. They root that on. It's uh, crazy. They're doing. I mean, they're spying in America too. Uh, this is not at all surprising because, again, these organizations are run by literal pedophiles, out-and-out out pedophiles, proud pedophiles. Convicted child sex predator welcomed at the Human Rights Campaign Gala in North Carolina. A convicted child sex predator was invited to attend the Human Rights Campaign of North Carolina's annual gala last week. Uh, Chad Severance Turner was welcomed by the organization despite his criminal convictions. Photos show him in attendance at the Without Exception Gala. So the deliberate inclusion of pedophiles. This has always been the, the, the 
conservative Christians of the 70s were warning about this. They said, this ends with pedophilia, and they were correct. Uh, they were mocked and ridiculed. They turned out to be correct. They weren't correct about every little detail. The whole marrying your pet thing didn't really take off. There was a little bit of that. It didn't really take off. Um, but the fucking the kids thing and the uh, mutilation thing, it's, well, the fucking the kids thing they called correctly 100%. The, um, the mutilation thing, I don't know if they, I don't think that was, I don't think it was talked about as much. Um, so I don't know if they would consider it worse than they thought it would be, but it's pretty fucking bad. Anyway, um, so there you go. You got a guy, literal pedophile, welcomed with open arms, uh, arms by a radical homosexual political group. Now this is, uh, this is pretty entertaining. All right. Got some blacks and some Jews going up against each other. It's like a video game. That'd be a hilarious video game. Leading black church pours salt on Jewish wounds with mass genocide claim. Oh, man. Don't the blacks in this church, don't they know they're talking about our parents? Oh, man. The Council of Bishops of the American Methodist Episcopal Church, a leading church among African Americans, issued an extraordinary statement Thursday accusing Israel of mass genocide. Oh, exacerbating a rift between black Americans and Jews. Oh, you mean you're not going to be able to team up like John Stewart wants you to? John Stewart wants you to team up against the whites? Oh, that was a normal thing for John Stewart to say. John Stewart. Yeah, that's normal. Totally normal. That's his real name. Um, so, yeah, they called out Israel. Oh, how dare you call out our parents? The statement also refers to Jesus Christ as a Palestinian Jew, reflecting the false claim of Palestinian nationalists that Jesus identified as Palestinian. The term Palestinian was not used until a century later after a failed revolt by Jews against Romans. Israel is a multiracial society. You know, it's Breitbart, so they're going to obviously. But I, I just am covering this because I find it entertaining. So some of the blacks going up against some of the Jews. Who will win? Oh, man, what a battle. What a battle. Place your bets. And uh, it'd be great if there was some sort of, like, racial battle simulator. You know, like, what if sports? There's a site, what if sports? It's like a sports simulator. It'd be hilarious if you could, like, build <laughs> ludicrous teams of, like, black supremacists to go up against Zionist supremacists, Jewish supremacists. You know, you pick Farrakhan and, you know, and it, it, it can be dead people, too. So you bring, bring up uh, Khalid Muhammad, you know, and, and just build your own uh, lunatic black team to go up against the lunatic Jewish team and then see who wins. That'd be amazing. That would be amazing. It would be like um, there's a survivor simulator. You can put any. Oh, that. Oh, that would be funny. There it is. There's your answer. Remember the uh, Biatch Championship? So during the Biatch Championship, uh, which we didn't finish, unfortunately, I think we got to like the third round, kind of petered out. And it's what it is. That's what happens. It peters out. I thought it was a good idea. Well, probably wasn't the best idea. I enjoyed it, though. I enjoyed doing the research for those matchups. <laughs> I did that. Anyway, um, I, I, I uh, found this simulator. It's been on the Internet for years, and there's multiples. It's, um, it, was, uh, it was based on the Hunger Games, I think. 
Um, but you can put anyone in, or or what the movie originally was called, Battle Royal, and they just copied it. But whatever, copy what you want. But anyway, it's more of a Battle Royal uh, simulator. And what you do is you just put any person in, in the, the matchups and they fight each other. We should do a racial, like do like a racial thing. That would be hilarious. Have like Sharpton go up against Rabbi Shmuley. That would be fucking... Yeah, I'm going to look into that. All right, now back to the real world where insanity is happening. And, and, and when I say that these places are being run by literal pedophiles, I am not in any way exaggerating. Not at all. I'm not exaggerating at all. Here's an example of how you can exaggerate because this is literally happening. An assistant principal publicly said eight-year-olds should have access to pornography and dirty magazines. There it is. There it is. Right in front of your face. Nothing's probably going to happen. Literal pedophile. A proud pedophile. An assistant principal says Tuesday, eight-year-olds should be able to access books referencing pornography and dirty magazines during a hearing before a school board in Florida. Terwigler Elementary School assistant, but not middle school, not high school, wouldn't make a difference to me, but some people like to split hairs. Okay. Elementary school. Assistant Principal Garrett Jones, literal pedophile Garrett Jones, was grilled on whether sexual literature should be allowed in schools after the book Melissa, featuring a trainee fourth grader, sparked backlash among the Alachua County Public Schools, according to a petition about the hearing. Quote, one woman asked, So do you think an eight-year-old would be an appropriate age to be reading about pornography in dirty magazines from school? Jones first attempted to dodge the question stating it would open up a conversation that we would have when asked whether he would find it appropriate if his children brought home the LGBT book. He said that he voted for the three to five age group to be able to access the material, clarifying children ages eight to 12. The book Melissa was located and temporarily removed from the K through five library at the elementary school. Um, Objectors of the material cited excerpts about underwear, male genitals, and dirty magazines as justification for the removal. Melissa is about a boy named George who identifies as a blah, 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 who fucking cares. Get this shit out of the schools. Get this shit out of the schools. Insanity. So again, literal pedophile. Hopefully this guy gets fired and arrested. But, you know, we're in clown world where pedophiles usually don't get arrested. Sometimes. Sometimes they get arrested. Sometimes. Not all the time. Not enough. Not enough times. All right. Now, this was interesting. At first, the rabid pedophile homosexuals in Minneapolis did not want Muslims to be able to opt out of mandatory LGBT lessons. You know, all the things that they said they would never do. And all the things, not all, but a lot of the things that the conservative Christians said they would do. The conservatives were right. And now they're doing the very thing that the conservatives said that they would be doing. You know, they would be like... Uh, uh, critics of the Christians would be like, well, what do you think? They're going to do mandatory LGBT lessons? That's fucking what they're doing right now or what they're trying to do. But now the Muslims, they don't play this shit. The Muslims don't have the problem that a lot of uh, white liberals have. Um, they, you're just not going to fuck with their kids. Um, white liberals are happy to sacrifice their kids to the gender cult, but uh, Muslims are not playing that shit. So... They fought back, and they finally got Minneapolis, uh, a Minneapolis area school district, 
says it will let Muslim families opt out of LGBT lessons. They should let every... First of all, it's not, it shouldn't even be an opt-out issue. This should be dismantled and removed from the school completely. But obviously, if you're going to have this insanity, which you should not, and you should be arrested for it, but again, they're not going to do that, anyone should be able to opt out of this insanity. A Minneapolis area school district says it will let families opt out of LGBT curriculum materials after several Muslim families threaten to sue. South Park Public School District just west of Minneapolis said it would allow families to opt their kids out of reading books with LGBT themes. Somali Muslim families had threatened to sue the district, alleging that not allowing families to opt out potentially violates the Constitution and state law. On November 2nd, the family's attorneys sent the district a letter explaining Islamic teachings about gender and sexuality and outlining the timeline of parents' complaints about the LGBT books. Some of the family's elementary school children have been exposed to LGBT characters in picture books, which caused significant confusion and distress, according to the letter. Back in October... Several St. Louis Park Elementary schools reportedly introduced a number of LGBT books. Um, parents claimed that they had requested their children be opted out of reading these books, but two elementary school principals refused. Insane. Insane. So they got them to at least agree to let them opt out. But it is, uh, this is outrageous, absolutely outrageous that they're doing this. And now we got New York. A penis is a penis. New York student fights back against tranny identifying student, uh, students' access to opposite-sex bathrooms. During a school board meeting, students in the Clarkstown Central School District in upstate New York fought back against the district's policy of allowing uh, students to use bathrooms that correspond to their gender identity, which is a completely made-up concept, rather than their biological sex. The district states in its regulations that harassment could be based on any characteristic included but not limited to a person's actual or perceived and then they list all the fucking things um a uh, female student says i'm here to express i no longer feel safe within the four walls of the middle school and i feel that my freedom's been taken away from me i have been waiting since second grade for swimming during school and only now to find i am sharing a locker room with a trans female who may still have a penis I do not feel comfortable being exposed to that, and I no longer feel safe. This has nothing to do with anyone being a bad person. It's simply that I do not feel mature enough to view any man's penis, whether they identify as a female or a man. A penis is a penis. Private spaces are one of the most important things in a growing boy or girl's life, another student said. Private spaces we as children go to recognize and, and, change, uh, and we have changes. Everyone should feel safe, but I and my fellow students are being forced to sign petitions to allow these things to follow through. It becomes bullying. <clears throat> well, it's predatory. It's predatory. You have predators among you. You're not teaching me to be okay with who you are. You're pushing me to show my vulnerable parts to someone I may not trust. Yes, these are literal predators making these rules. Literal predators. And if they're not literal predators, they're predator adjacent. The pedophiles are in control and they are uh, they're puffing their chests out. It's a hell of a thing to watch. He says, but this is not hate speech. This is a 15-year-old student who's affected by the decisions you push upon us. Not accepting the tranny cock is hate speech, I hate to tell you. But that's okay. Hate speech is awesome. Hate speech is fun. And the best thing about hate speech doesn't exist. It doesn't exist. He's, he says, I'm, on, I'm a child on the other side of this, and my friends want our sense of privacy to be valued by the higher-ups. Central to the debate is the issue at hand for allowing individuals who are biological men or women to enter bathrooms or locker rooms that do not align with their biological sex. 
This practice leaves many feeling, uh, this is a third student, uh, many feeling vulnerable and breaches of moral and ethical boundaries, suggesting that those who identify differently should utilize single occupancy bathrooms. See, that's the thing. That, that's an easy solution to the problem. But the predators don't want that. They must force girls to look at penises. Understand what's happening here. The obvious solution to the problem is what this student says, which is they should have to utilize single occupancy bathrooms. What kind of a predator doesn't want to use single occupancy bathrooms? Okay? But the predators, they don't want to use single occupancy uh, bathrooms. They want to expose their penises in front of girls. Um, it's insane. It's completely insane. So then they had some more students, and good for the students to speak up. They'll probably be targeted um, for their uh, not wanting to go along with the tranny bullshit. But it's insane. And the people running these schools should be in jail. All right, so this is not surprising. In addition to accepting the tranny cock and uh, going along with all this insanity, letting them take your kids, groom your kids, fuck your kids, you also have to go along with AIDS. This is what I mean. The Biden Justice Department sues over Tennessee's HIV prostitution law. You must allow homosexuals to infect people with AIDS and not tell them. You must allow that. That's under the umbrella of LGBT rights. Under the umbrella of LGBT rights is not only child grooming and influencing your children at schools, but you, you must allow them to freely spread AIDS around as much as possible. I'm not being hyperbolic. I am not being hyperbolic. This is where we are. The Biden regime's Justice Department filed a lawsuit Thursday against Tennessee's aggravated prostitution law for people with AIDS. The law, which imposes tougher penalties for engaging in prostitution while knowingly infected with HIV, according to the lunatics in the Department of Justice, violates the Americans with Disabilities Act. <laughs> You must allow the AIDS patient to spread their AIDS to whoever they choose. You must accept the AIDS and the cock. Cock and AIDS, that's what you must accept now. The department said Tennessee's law elevates the crime simply because the individual has AIDS, regardless of any actual risk of harm. People living with AIDS should not be subjected to a different system of justice based on outdated existence and misguided assumptions, said one of the lunatics. Tennessee's law, passed in 1991, raises prostitution from a misdemeanor to a felony when knowing that such a person is infected with AIDS, the person engages in sexual activity as a business or as an inmate in a house of prostitution or loiters in a public place for the purpose of being hired to engage in sexual activity. The law also requires people who are convicted of engaging in prostitution while HIV positive to register for life as a violent sex offender. Um, much of Tennessee's prostitution occurs in the Memphis area, so they want black people to get as much AIDS as they can, just like they want to kill as many black babies as possible while pointing their finger at everyone else and calling them racist. Oh, it's amazing. The Justice Department's lawsuit includes details about an anonymous black tranny who found out he had AIDS in 2008 and was arrested in 2010 for prostitution near a church or school, ultimately pleading guilty. The man has been homeless at times, has trouble finding a job, and is barred from seeing his nephew alone because of his conviction, the lawsuit says. The department's law, well, don't, don't give people AIDS. How about that? Don't, don't try to give people AIDS, you fucking retarded tranny. How about that? 
The department's lawsuit demands Tennessee get rid of the law and also expunge the conviction of the AIDS-infested tranny. State Attorney General's office has said it's aware of the complaint and plans to review it. In December, the Justice Department warned Tennessee about the law, saying the state could face a lawsuit. Oh, man. What a time. What a time going after state laws who are trying to prevent AIDS. Incredible. You must have AIDS. You must get more AIDS. Now, the other thing they're doing, they're trying to up the amount of mental disabilities. Now, it's certainly keeping track of mental disabilities or whatever. I don't have a problem with that. But to deliberately manufacture more cases than there actually are, that's ridiculous, and that's what they're doing. The Biden regime wants more black veterans declared mentally disabled in the name of equity. Oh, I'm sure, yeah, this is going to be fine. A new equity initiative at the VA aims to declare more black people to be mentally disabled. They're not the racists. We're the racists because we make fun of them. Black veterans currently receiving disability payments for mental health conditions are, twi uh, are at nearly twice the rate of whites. But the Biden regime equity assessment uh, released Wednesday said in order to attain equity, the number needs to be even higher. So we're just going to manufacture mental disabilities. Uh, so you might not want, if you're not mentally disabled, you might say, well, I don't want to be considered mentally disabled because I'm not mentally disabled. Well, apparently you're just going to have to. Joe Biden, uh, is, he, he needs the numbers to go up. So you're going to have to now be a black mentally disabled person. <laughs> if you want to keep getting your benefits, they're going to have to, you're going to have to go along with this. It's incredible. Look at how Democrats help black people. Oh, Democrats helping black people since Klan rallies. Anyway, um, the justification used a tortured logic in which, although there's a large discrepancy in blacks' favor when it comes to actually being granted government disability checks, the Biden regime sliced the numbers until they found a secondary metric in which blacks were slightly behind. The percentage who apply for disability but are deemed ineligible. The grant rate means the portion of people who sought a disability rating would have it granted by the VA as opposed to the VA saying the evidence did not support finding the disability. Oh, so people who don't qualify for VA benefits are going to get them. Meanwhile, white people that actually qualify are not going to be able to get them. You can see exactly how this is going to play out. Oh, amazing. That's equity. White people taking it in the ass. That's equity. Amazing. Um, so they're going to rebrand fact checks because fact checks have been completely destroyed because they're not fact checks. They're lies. So now they're going to call them confirmations. So the propagandists, the David Pakmans of the world, the destinies of the world, uh, uh, they're going to say, well, it's been confirmed. It's a confirmation. And now you can't argue against it even if it's demonstrably false. A study published this month in Nature looks into how reframing a fact check as a confirmation helps those behind this activity increase engagement with their output, uh, what's termed corrections of information. In other words, what effect does different framing as confirmation or refutation have on the likelihood that people will share, like, or comment on the handiwork of fact checkers? Well, fact checkers have no credibility, so this isn't gonna change anything. It doesn't matter what is coming from the fact checkers. They're not credible. They lie all the time. And all you have to do is look into what they say and you'll see that they're lying. That's it. That is it. So good luck on your reframing, fuckers. Um, Colorado has a bill 
that's supposed to empower the Attorney General to study online misinformation. A controversial proposal that dedicates $150,000 to a Colorado Attorney General-led study on online disinformation and misinformation sparked animated discourse centered on the challenges of free speech. This move was accompanied by criticisms concerning the budgetary implications of the proposed legislation, particularly in light of Colorado's delicate financial situation. The recently advanced Senate Bill 084, approved by the Senate Judiciary Committee in a 3-2 vote, places a mandate on the Attorney General to develop initiatives encouraging respectful engagement while researching web-based information dissemination practices. The Attorney General's office is expected to furnish the legislative body with the study results on March 1st, 2025. Upon deliberation, um, they've, um, the Republicans voiced concern regarding the proposal's sheer cost. The concerns were only about the money, not the potential threat to free speech. Ridiculous. Utterly ridiculous. Um, they stressed their commitment to the First Amendment and dismissed the concerns, stating, I believe deeply in the First Amendment and its protections for individuals to be able to speak their minds. No, you don't. No, you don't. No, you don't. So there you go. That's uh, at the state level. It looks like they're going to try, but... Yeah, it's not going to work. You're, you're going to need... There's too many social media companies not going along with this shit now. I don't know if it's going to work, especially if Trump gets into office. There's going to be less of an appetite for it. It's not going to go away completely, but there will be less of an appetite. So we'll see. We'll see what happens. All right, let me put the uh, speakers on. Let's get into uh, some videos. And, oh, they... Watching these people defend Ass Willis is incredible. So... Ass Willis has a meltdown. Nathan Wade was a disaster. She should clearly be disqualified. There is a good chance she's disqualified. That's how bad it was. The initial analysis from MSNBC was, was oh, yeah, this looks bad and it's no good. And then the talking points went out, and now it's a 180. Oh, come on. She's a stunning and brave black woman. And it's a black thing to steal money and keep it in your house. And you're a bigot if you don't go along with it. Oh, hilarious. Here is uh, Rachel Maddow's sister. That's next. If you're expecting some explosive moments in the criminal trials of Donald Trump, today in Atlanta was quite a day. There was drama, there was yelling, and none of it involved Trump. Wasn't even there. The center of all this fire and fury, the person being scrutinized on the stand by multiple lawyers, was the woman who is prosecuting Donald Trump, Fulton County District Attorney Fonnie Willis. By the way, I think she had her dress on backwards or something. <laughs> I object to you getting records. You've been intrusive into people's personal lives. You're confused. You think I'm on trial. These people are on trial for trying to steal an election in 2020. I'm not on trial. Yeah, no you can tell because there's a zipper. There's a zipper right there. How hard you try to put me on trial. So my question was, do you have any problem? I object to getting any personal records of mine. What was that? How did we yeah, get- Yeah, that shit's on backwards. Here, well, of all the criminal faces, cases facing Donald Trump, the election racketeering case in Fulton County, Georgia, seemed in many ways the most damning. I mean, that was the one where Trump plotted to steal the state's electoral votes in 2020 and- uh, Totally made up. No, he didn't. Actually, in this case, there was Trump on tape literally telling the state's top election official to find him exactly the number Again, of you're taking it out of context. It was an hour phone call. What's he needed to win? There were four 
co-conspirators in that scheme who pled guilty and started cooperating with the prosecution. But now the case is in complete jeopardy over allegations of Really? You're saying it's in jeopardy? ...conduct by Willis, the DA who brought the case. And that was the subject of today's hearings. Lawyers for the defendants say Willis accepted favors and carried on an affair with a lawyer named Nathan Wade, seen testifying there, who she then brought in to work on the Trump prosecution. Willis was on the stand today for just over two hours, where she admitted to a romantic relationship with Wade, but said it started after they were working together and ended last summer, around the same time the Trump indictment came down. The romantic relationship ended before the indictment was returned, yes or no? To a man, yes. Well, to a man, yes. To you, no? She's explained this, Mr. Right. Sedan. She's explained this. And did the, and the, did the forthcoming indictment have anything to do with that? Ooh. Or was it just a coincidence? <clears throat> Mr. Let's go on and have the conversation. I'm just asking you whether or not it was a coincidence. Had absolutely nothing to do with this. Willis arrived fired up, ready to parry with the defendant's lawyers. People didn't know if she was going to take the stand. In fact, at one point she was ordered to the stand and the, the office objected and she was like, I want to talk. And as those lawyers repeatedly asked probing questions about Willis's like real intimate personal life, they scrutinized her spending, her romantic and sexual habits, her trips, each and every place she lived, which was quite a few, after she said her address was publicized and she began to re receive threats from pro-Trump extremists. And through it all, they demanded to know about her outside the office encounters with Wade. Mr. Wade visits you at the place you laid your head. When? Has he ever visited you at the place you laid your head? So let's be clear, because you lied in this, this. Let me tell you which one you lied in, right here. I think you lied right here. No, 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 no. This is the truth, Judge. And this it, is, it, it is a lie. It's a lie. It's a lie. It We're is a lie. Well, Mr. Sena, thank you. We're going to take five minutes. Attorneys to the defendants came back again and again to the meals and the trips that Willis and Wade took together. Your two, uh, tw uh, 2022 disclosure form did not list any of the thousands and thousands of dollars that Mr. Wade li uh, paid for on trips that you were on. Yeah. Isn't that correct? That's because Mr. Wade was paid that money back or he was paid uh, due to the fact that I bought the plane ticket or I paid for the hotel. There, there was never money that he gave me. That, that wasn't the nature of our relationship. So there are some serious questions here. Maybe that Willis's answers are not satisfactory. There is, at the very least, an appearance of impropriety. But as you heard her say, she is not the one on trial. Remember what this is, a racketeering case against Trump and 18 associates who were accused of conspiring to steal Georgia's 16 electoral votes away from their wife, rightful winner, Joe Biden, but more importantly, away from the voters who voted for Joe Biden. It is an unprecedented, unquestionably necessary case to press for the future of democratic elections in the United States. What's mind-blowing is that these searing, probing questions into the personal life of Trump's prosecutor could possibly sink that case? Katie Fang is the host of The Katie Fang Show here on MSNBC, as well as an attorney. Melissa Redman is a University of Georgia law professor who actually worked in the Fulton County DA office with Fonnie Willis. They both join me now. Katie, I'm going to start with you. You're down there. You were covering it all day. And before we get into some of the details here, I just want to, I think I watched the whole thing not knowing what is the threshold legal question here? What has to be demonstrated 
to get it over the line such that Fonnie Willis is disqualified from this case. What do they have to show for that to be the case? And I'm grateful, Chris, for that question because it is all about the law. This was a legal proceeding that took place today, an evidentiary hearing. In Georgia, the law is as follows. To disqualify a prosecutor from a case, you have to have an actual, not a speculative or theoretical conflict of interest. When do you have that conflict of interest? Well, for example, when a prosecutor has a personal financial stake in a defendant's conviction. And so the defense has the burden in this case, Chris, to be able to prove through evidence, not through innuendo, not through salacious rumors about when affairs were had or not. But evidence has to be entered into the record. It cannot be... Well, she, she admitted to the affair. ...hearsay. It has to be first-hand eyewitness, first-hand testimony and evidence about what has occurred. And the reason why I emphasize the law is because even though you even suggest that perhaps there's an appearance of impropriety, it doesn't make a difference unless there's an actual conflict of interest. Right. And the law in Georgia, Chris, actually says that married couples can be on opposing sides of a case and that in and of itself to have that romantic relationship does not constitute disqualification. The stakes couldn't be higher though, Chris. If DA Fonnie Willis is DQ'd off this case, her entire office in Georgia, that's the law, mm. her entire office is off the case and it gets reassigned. And so what the judge needs to do is determine the credibility of these witnesses. Who's lying? Who's telling the truth? Who has the incentive to lie in this instance? And then apply his determination of those witnesses' credibility and the facts and the evidence to the law in this case. Melissa, let me ask you, as someone who worked in this office and knows Fonnie Willis, I mean, it, it was striking just at a sort of personal level uh, to see her chomping at the bit to go defend herself today, even when, if I'm not mistaken, I think her office's lawyer objected to her sitting and she went in for two hours. Well, I'm just curious, as someone who knows her, what you thought of that. Well, I, I have to clarify, I don't know her personally, but I have seen her in action. And what we saw today was basically how I would see her in trial um, and basically ready for war. Um, she has had her integrity questioned. She has had her decision-making in question. Sometimes her How dare you question, ask Willis. Intelligence question as to why she made the... How dare you question the intelligence of a person who can't even put their clothes on properly? <laughs> decision she made as a duly elected prosecutor uh -huh. in one of the largest counties in Georgia. And so you can imagine she is offended. And she oh, she's a... How dare you? ...to have an opportunity to tell her side of the story. I would think it's akin to a defense attorney telling their client, let make the state prove their case, make them put up their evidence first before we decide whether or not you need to testify. The attorneys, I'm sure, were saying, well, this motion to the subpoena should be quashed. You don't need to testify. This is a fishing expedition. Um, but Ms. Willis apparently took the, the view that, no, they, they want to have this conversation. Let's have it. And that's what we saw play out in court. So let's get back to this, this, again, this threshold legal question about a conflict of interest. The, the, the allegation, Katie, by the defense is that the sort of actionable conflict of interest here is, is what specifically? Well, your guess is as good as mine, right? Because if you really think about it, Chris, this is what the allegations are, but I'm not really understanding it. She hired her then-boyfriend to be a special prosecutor so she could reap the financial or pecuniary benefits of that relationship. And yet you've heard now 
Fannie Willis say under oath, she's her own woman. She makes her own money. She doesn't need to be a kept woman at the hands of Nathan Wade. In fact, she... <laughs> you think she's a kept woman if you don't go along with her stashing cash from her campaign in her house. Gave him cash. Cash that she was taught by her daddy to make sure she had so she could keep her independence and the financial independence that it merited. And I think what's amazing here is that she's had to defend decisions that otherwise would be so personal and intimate that we never would know. For example, Special Prosecutor Nathan Wade, Chris, today was the first time anybody heard, at least for those of us as Joe Q public, that Nathan Wade was battling cancer in 2020 and that is the reason why he didn't venture out into places that wouldn't be sterile during a pandemic we mm, didn't need to know that nathan yeah. wade was battling cancer that kind of information should yeah. never have made it into public consumption and yet it did today and so what is this benefit that she derives if he makes it clearer that even though he may have maybe reserved the tickets or booked the tickets she compensated him fairly for it she made it clear chris that there really is zero financial benefit she derived from that relationship with him. Yeah, and just the, Melissa, the sort of, this kind of, the spectacle of it was, was it felt like a kind of, I mean, again, she is an elected leader and, and, and is subject to oversight. So I don't want to like treat this with kid gloves. Like she's a, she serves the public. There's an allegation of impropriety. This is a procedural hearing under Georgia law. Watching it felt like this sort of tawdry public humiliation. It was like a little like the star report or something. Did you have the same feeling? Absolutely. It was tawdry. And I think one of the purposes would be a public humiliation because of the standard for disqualification in Georgia, even if they were in a relationship when she entered the contract, even if the money for the vacations weren't perfectly evenly split, you would still have to show that she spent two years investigating a case, several months presenting it to both a special uh, purpose grand jury and a and an indictment jury for the purpose of, she did all of that because of this relationship and to benefit from these trips right. or from these dinners or whatever you can say. And then when you think about the absurdity yeah. of having all to absurd. show that actual conflict, that this relationship, whatever it was, whatever they did during the course of their personal lives was somehow for the purpose or somehow impacted right. whether or not these accused were fairly um, indicted and whether this case is being prosecuted absent any personal relationships the attorneys on either side may have then it kind of brings home why are we doing this why are we hearing all of these personal details from these attorneys as Miss um, Willis stated are not on trial Katie Fang and Melissa so then uh, who was next this was um, oh Lawrence O'Donnell Licking Fannie Willis's ass. Coverage of two important hearings today involving the criminal prosecutions of Donald Trump in two states. A politician running for office this year was in court today trying to get out of trouble. You're confused. You think I'm on trial. These people are on trial for trying to steal an election in 2020. I'm not on trial. No uh, bitch, right now you're on trial, you dumb whore. How hard you try to put me on trial. No, technically, Fulton County District Attorney Fawny Willis was not on trial, but her judgment was, in effect, on trial in a hearing 
that has the legal potential to delay the trial of Georgia versus Donald Trump and his co-defendants possibly indefinitely. The defendants in that case are seeking to have Fawny Willis and Nathan Wade, who she hired as a special prosecutor in the case, disqualified from the case, which would mean an entirely new legal team would have to take over the case. But at the close of today's hearing, MSNBC's Katie Fang, who was in the courtroom and is a lawyer, said she did not think that the defendants met their burden oh, of proof. Big surprise. Um, the Zoom masturbator on CNN, he was like, so what? Who cares if she took money? <laughs> to have the district attorney disqualified from the case. District Attorney Willis's testimony will continue tomorrow at 9 a.m. Katie Fang will join us later in this hour, along with Charles Coleman and Gwen Keyes, to discuss what happened in that Georgia courtroom today which included the single most dramatic entrance I have ever seen in a courtroom. None of us have ever seen a hearing like today's hearing in Georgia held to determine if the district attorney's romantic relationship with the special prosecutor she hired somehow prejudiced the proceedings somehow. in the case against the defendants. A private attorney representing District Attorney Willis was on her feet arguing against the defendant's subpoena to force the district attorney to testify. Fawny Willis's lawyer was actually in the middle of her argument to the judge to block the subpoena of Fawny Willis when the district attorney Willis came walking into the courtroom without her attorney apparently knowing it, interrupted her own lawyer, spoke directly to the judge saying she would drop her objection to testify Hilarious. and voluntarily walked straight up to that witness What stand a goddamn disaster. As you just saw and took her seat. It was instantly clear that Fonnie Willis was there ready to fight for her reputation and to fight to preserve the case she built against Donald Trump and his accused co-conspirators. This was also in effect the first day. So that's a Hail Mary. Because uh, the thing is, her testimony was so bad, it overshadows Nathan Wade's. Nathan Wade's was a disaster. Remember, the, the MSNBC, when they had an honest moment and, and talked about how bad this was, that was after Wade's testimony. So she, so it, it was so bad that she was like, I got to do a Hail, Hail Mary, and I just got to go up there and try to talk my way out of it. And that did not work. Of Fawny Willis's re-election campaign as district attorney this year because it is the first time Fulton County voters have heard their district attorney speak directly about the accusations against her. Some of those voters will recall candidate Fawny Willis when she was running for district attorney in 2020, saying this. Supervisors under my leadership that are not encouraging and building up my staff will not be supervisors long in my administration. And um, I certainly will not be choosing people to date that work under me. Let me just say that. If District Attorney Willis had chosen to actually live by that personal rule of not dating anyone who was working under her, she would not have been in court today. <clears throat> well, at, the, the way she argued, well, he's an agent. He's not under me. You were under no him, though. proof in court today that she actually violated any of the actual rules of her job yeah. or the law. No proof whatsoever, just admitting, you know, you took campaign money. Uh, uh, you, you, you guys are uh, 
I don't know what you want to call it, but it's shady as hell when you have uh, a guy using the business cards to pay for lavish trips uh, um, on the taxpayer dime, and then uh, he's giving you back, or, or excuse me, you're paying him back w with stacks of cash. And you have no receipts for anything, but then when you paid other people, you always paid via Cash App. Oh, nothing to see there. No evidence at all. We will get into Fonnie Willis's testimony and Nathan Wade's testimony in depth. But first, there was another politician. So then that was, uh, that was best off the hammering. Here's Morning Joe. This was hilarious. Today, from Fulton County District Attorney Fonnie Willis. Her appearance on the witness stand came in a hearing connected to the Georgia election interference case. It was incredible. <laughs> Plus, <laughs> yes, oh, it was so good. It was incredible, according to Leaker. A key source for House Republicans in their investigation into President Biden and his family is now charged with lying to the FBI. We'll go through that significant development straight ahead. Good morning and welcome to Morning Joe. It is Friday, February 16th. And wow, Willie, what a Friday it is. There is so much to cover. With us, we have the host of Way Too Early, White House Bureau Chief at Politico, Jonathan Lemire, and Pulitzer Prize-winning columnist at The Washington Post, Eugene Robinson. I will tell you, Willie, um, when Fonnie Willis stood up, came into the room and said, I'm here, I'm going to take the stand. I thought, oh boy, everybody, <laughs> everybody sit back. This is going to be something. She was defiant. She was upset. She was angry. Um, and many would say she was asked a lot of degrading questions. And the entire thing was a bit of um, a you know what show. Uh, that she doesn't have time for, but uh, she she gave it to him. I'll tell you that. Yeah, it was an incredibly dramatic scene. As she said, she testified later, she'd been pacing back and forth in her office listening to the previous testimony, and she went in, and remember, she was not supposed to appear. She wasn't going to appear right. for the subpoena. And she said, I'm ready. I want to do it. And just went mm -hmm. and sat down in the witness oh. stand. And it will continue this morning. She's not done yet. So Fulton County District Attorney Fonnie Willis took the stand in Atlanta and delivered testimony in the evidentiary hearing regarding the misconduct allegations against her. This is an effort by Donald Trump and several of his co-defendants to have Willis disqualified and the election interference case dismissed. D.A. Willis, who initially tried to quash the subpoena for her testimony, withdrew that objection yesterday and accused the defense of lying about her relationship with Special Prosecutor Nathan Wade. Mr. Wade visits you at the place you laid your head. When? Has he ever visited you at the place you laid your head? So let's be clear, because you lied in this presentation. <laughs> you lied right here. I think you lied right here. No, 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 no. This is the truth, Judge. And this it, is, it, it is a lie. It is a lie. It's a lie. D.A. Willis holding up three pleadings filed um, by the defense there. Last month, Trump co-defendant Michael Roman, a longtime Republican opposition researcher who worked in the Trump administration, accused Willis and Wade of having an improper personal relationship and claimed Wade was hired for the job because of it. Willis did admit to the relationships, but she said it started after Wade was hired. Trump Which was a lie. And several other co-defendants joined Roman's motion to try to remove Willis. When Roman's attorney, Ashley Merchant, accused Willis of not wanting to turn over records, Willis reminded her 
that she is not the one charged with a crime. I object to you getting records. You've been intrusive into people's personal lives. You're confused. You think I'm on trial. These people are on trial for trying to steal an election in 2020. I'm not on trial, no matter how hard you try to put me on trial. Earlier, Mr. Wade took the stand and testified to the timeline of his relationship with Willis and how the pair split the costs of trips and their dates with Willis, he said, paying in cash. She confirmed that later. Before that, a former friend of D.A. Willis, who also worked inside the D.A.'s office, her name's Robin Yerty, testified that Willis and Wade began dating in 2019 disputing the timeline the couple had given. When pressed, it was revealed that Yurti had a falling out with Willis after she was forced out of the DA's office in 2022. Mm -hmm. Okay, with all of that said, let's bring in former <laughs> U.S. attorney and MSNBC legal analyst Joyce Vance, former assistant U.S. attorney for the District of Columbia, Glenn Kirshner, he's an MSNBC legal analyst and former litigator and MSNBC legal correspondent, Lisa Rubin. Okay, let's begin left to right. How about that? We've got so many great legal minds here. Joyce, I'll start with you. Uh, the conventional wisdom seemed to be after Mr. Wade's testimony. Some said that this case was dead because of inconsistencies in the way that they were describing the relationship because of the previous testimony. That, that legal expert that they had on, she's probably going to get fired. Miss Yurti saying, no, actually, they were dating a long time before this. So, yes, maybe this was an improper relationship. Did D.A. Willis's testimony after Mr. Wade's do anything to change your mind about that? So, you know, it may have changed the public impression of the hearing, but from the get-go, this was about whether the defendant could prove a conflict of interest uh, existed under Georgia law that warranted disqualification for Fonnie Willis. And at least based on what we heard yesterday, maybe they'll have more today, but they came up short. They yeah. came up short in yeah. Wade's mm -hmm. testimony. The, the witness, the friend who took the stand was impeached. And, and this is the sort of thing that when you're presenting evidence, you don't want to have happen. But it turns out that this witness resigned in lieu of being fired from the district attorney's office. That threw her testimony about the, the timeline of the relationship into doubt. Ultimately, at the end of the day yesterday, it was just a big nothing burger, Willie. Yeah, big was... nothing burger. Everything is fine. Don't worry about it. And so this also, this narrative that this is all fine, puts pressure on the judge. They love to put pressure. And I wouldn't be surprised if you start hearing as you get closer to the judge's decision, they're going to say, whatever the guy's name, you know, he has a really good reputation. Basically things like, you know, it'd be a real shame if he would do anything to, you know, tar his reputation or whatever. That They're going to do that. Uh, it's basically a threat that if you don't rule the way we want, we're going to destroy you. Nothing that showed that Fonnie Willis and Nathan Wade had the sort of financial conflict of interest. Yeah, that no conflict of interest at all. Just taking the money and going on lavish vacations. She's just said publicly that she's going to take her time with this and this uh, uh, case is going to go on well or this trial is going to go on well after the election. Nothing to see here. Georgia law recognizes something akin to a prosecutor who only gets paid if they win a case. 
That's the classic case at Georgia law where there's a conflict that results in disqualification. That just wasn't there yesterday in the courtroom. And no money at so all. Glenn, Joyce is right. We got deep, deep in the weeds about how much cash did you pay for this dinner how a couple of years ago. And D.A. Willis was saying, I, I don't remember. I don't keep receipts. She said she keeps large Totally amounts. normal to not keep receipts for business expenses. That's totally fine. Totally. If this was Donald Trump, they will be calling for indictment on just that fact alone that he didn't keep track of business expenses. Cash By the way, people also were pointing out that, you know, you're saying this shit publicly. Now, Democrats get special protection, so it's unlikely the IRS would, would look into her. But uh, right there, that, that's, that should be red meat for the IRS. You're taking business expenses and you're not keeping track of them? What are you, insane? Homes and often pays uh, her way in cash, splitting the bill with Mr. Wade in these dates. So you kind of got mired in all these details. But to pull way back, what did you see yesterday? What were the stakes? And did you see anything that would get rid of this case that would push it down to someone else who may not take it up? You know, Willie, as is always the case, I agree with Joyce. Um, this is going nowhere. <laughs> it will very soon be yesterday's news because there is no conflict, yeah. financial or otherwise. Not at all. There's nothing that I saw. Oh, the there's nothing that Kirshner saw. Amazing. Testimony thus far, recognizing additional witnesses will testify today, and the hearing is expected to go into next week. Uh, but I've seen nothing that has inured to the detriment of any defendant in the case. So I don't think the defense. So I've said it before. They will defend their side. I mean, it, this is nothing compared to what they've already defended. These people have already defended murderers. They've already defended uh, uh, kid fuckers. So the fact that they're uh, defending a corrupt fat pig, that's kind of mild compared to the other things they've defended. Defense will be able to carry the burden. What I, what I do think is what we saw yesterday is a tribute to the value of cameras in the courtroom because mm -hmm. as you watch right guys it was a good thing just like the invasion is a gift that we need to be thankful for according to chris hayes same thing here oh guys this was great oh stunning and brave black woman da willis testify um i would be hard pressed to to believe that anything she said was a misrepresentation was inaccurate right. so so now the judge if he doesn't obey them gets destroyed was that's why there is a chance that she gets away with this too truthful she was angry and she had every right to be angry she was holding up public court filings yeah how dare you question her she contended um contained she will uh, fuck who she wants and spend your tax payer money on whatever trips that she wants okay all sorts of and she doesn't even have to worry about what con continent any of these places uh, are on she's going to go to belize and she's going to eat caviar on the taxpayer dime and how dare you question her you're a racist Lies. and you're anti-democracy and once they go out into the public square people are going to believe those lies she was hot but she had every right to be hot she remained respectful but oh she was so and, respectful and i don't think this hearing will win the defense any relief whatsoever 
It's so interesting because um, you can you could definitely get uh, from her testimony, Lisa, that she was angry for a number of reasons, and many of them she didn't bring up. Um, she obviously doesn't like being lied about. She obviously doesn't like having her personal life just her personal life dragged out into the open and also lied about. She mentioned several times in her testimony that she's had to move a lot because of death threats. Uh, oh, even she had to move seven times? The election trial began because of other trials that she's presided over. Right. I mean, this has been a tough job for her. And then to hear, you know, this sideshow happen to try and delay the election interference case, this is her point of view, she was just, you know what? absolutely PO'd oh, and got up on the stand because yes. she was like, damn it, I'm just going to have to tell She's brave and stunning. My own story to these people. These Let's people. Talk about these people. The Trump attorneys seemed bumbling. They seemed Yes, they didn't make any. They were incoherent. Do you notice a pattern? Trump attorneys, according to the corporate media, never make any legal arguments and are always incoherent. And should be sanctioned. That's what they. That's what they say every time. They seemed completely surprised that she took the stand and had absolutely nothing prepared for her. Yeah. They kept asking her the same questions. Right. They had nothing prepared for her. Over and over again, and they would talk about her cash, the cash that she kept yeah. in her home. How um, dare you talk about her cash? That's a black thing. You wouldn't understand. Um, through the course of her life, she said she had anywhere between $500 cash during hard times, up to $15,000 maybe in her apartment during really good times, maybe on average six to $9,000. But she never walked around with it except on vacation. At the most, she spent $2,500 cash when they went on a trip that was to pay him back for it. This but is amazing. Time, she didn't carry around this cash, but she kept it where she lived. And let's talk about where she lived. She couldn't live in her home. Right, because of white supremacists. She couldn't live in her home because this election interference trial <laughs> has caused a danger to yes. her Yes. Oh, yeah. Totally made up. So if you're wondering why she's angry, yes. is that this, this is, is all Donald Trump's fault. Led to such an and it's white people's fault that she has to keep cash in her house. Evil in her life in so many different ways to serve and to try and, and take this case to fruition and then to have this happen, that would cause someone to be very, very angry. What a victim. Now she's a victim. I'm going to get to a question, but I just want to point out, you know, it's bad when you turn on Fox News and they start talking about her demeanor, her behavior, yeah. her look. Yeah, how dare you talk about her insane demeanor? I mean, it, uh, it shows that there's probably a problem with the case that they think they have against her. I thought she was fiery. I thought she said important things. I yes. think that she set herself up for a lot of criticism. Especially the part where she said she took campaign cash and kept it. But I think this is a woman who doesn't give a damn about that. How do you think she did, Lisa, in the face oh, of... Oh, wonderful! Uh, everything that came at her yesterday. Would you have adjusted anything? You know, it's really hard to say, Mika. It's really hard to criticize somebody's performance, given the... Well, because you're not allowed to criticize them. Otherwise, you're not going to be invited back on the show. ...accusations that have been 
thrown at her and Nathan Wade. If Fonnie Willis were my client, I probably would have advised against two things. I would have advised against some of the shows of anger, and I would have advised her against some of the detail that she provided. There were times in which that detail was helpful and humanizing to mm -hmm. her, and there were other times where it was just unnecessary explanation and almost gave the other attorneys more license to probe into her personal life. But I'm glad that you put the focus on her safety. Yes, oh, she's unsafe. What she was going through yes. at the time. And, and, and let me add an additional lens of COVID because at the time that oh, she moved into the yeah. safe house that became the subject of some of the questions yesterday, she reminded everybody who was watching that was peak COVID. That mm. was a period of time where she was, as she put it, really lonely. And oh, because she was living alone in the That safe makes it okay. House, her father continued to live in her primary residence and she just seemed in that moment very human mm, but it's easy for human. me as a lawyer and litigator who watched this to criticize in retrospect it's another thing to have lived this and i think to bring yeah. oh, a different don't question her lived experience lens to it one of the reasons that the attorneys on the trump side seem so flummoxed by her is that they lack a certain cultural competence yes it's because they're racist they don't understand black people Black people don't use banks, and they can't get ID. <laughs> Depending on how you grew up, where you grew up, and even things like who your community was, the yeah. practices that Fonnie Willis was talking about right. in terms of keeping cash <laughs> in your home, and those might resonate differently with you. Stupid bitch. Lots of people don't trust banks. Uh, it's a good idea to not trust banks, okay? But the idea that this is solely a black thing, that's fucking crazy. Absolutely crazy. Unbelievable. Depending on your upbringing. And so a number of attorneys in that courtroom were completely stymied by it. That didn't seem to make sense yeah. to her. But when she explained how she was raised by her father and how important it was for him to see her grow Guys, up... Guys, it's okay for her to money launder because she's black and... Cash is a black thing, so don't worry about it. Black people don't have to keep records. Unless, of course, they're conservatives, then you're going to get audited if you don't. A, independent, and financially independent at that as a black woman. Yes, financial independence as a black woman. The difference for me and I think for others watching Yes. Mm-hmm. Gene, we really do have to take a step back here as we spend hours Now let's talk to the frog guy about how everyone's a racist questions and discussion about whether D.A. Willis split the check for dinner on the trip to Belize oh, or, or if Mr. Wade God. paid yeah. for dinner on the cruise to the Bahamas. Yeah. Yeah. Let's take a step back. This yeah, is a case stop asking them how they were using taxpayer money. In which Donald Trump is on tape. Right. It's Donald Trump's fault, okay? Asking the Secretary of State of Georgia to steal the election. That is, okay, so Willie, you're a ridiculous faggot. That is a blatant lie. That is not what's on that tape at all. You're totally making that up. Let's remember what we're really talking about here. Well, that's not what we're really talking about, because what you just said is totally made up. understand this is a tactic that the Trump team is trying to get this case moved out, at least from D.A. Willis's office, and maybe gotten rid of altogether. 
This is a uh, a case that scares Donald Trump, and that's why they're resorting yeah. to these tactics. Very scary. He's on tape. Doing uh -huh. it. Yeah. He's on tape doing it, and these are state charges. Which, if he were reelected president, he couldn't attempt to pardon himself. Yeah. And so, and what the fuck does that mean? What are you going to do? You're going to what? Georgia is going to stop Donald Trump from being the president if he's elected. <laughs> from uh he would he would be yeah. if, he, if he were convicted so yeah uh, I, this is serious for trump and and as you said there's there's evidence on tape that's about as good as it gets this was uh you know i think those trump lawyers had no idea what was coming out yeah them. they they didn't say anything they were incoherent they were just mumbling it was bizarre yesterday so i just true. don't think they anticipated that at all i think they probably uh thought that she would uh it, it sounded as if the judge might rule that she did not have to testify and so uh i think that's what they were anticipating and she shows up and she sits down uh without being instructed to do so and she's like come on come yeah on. total no know, totally normal uh, uh, i'm here and we're gonna we are gonna do this and uh so it it, it seemed to be a pretty disastrous day for the Trump lawyers. It was I mean, it was a it was a disastrous day, not for Fannie Willis, excuse me, not for Ass Willis, but for Trump's lawyers. One of the biggest meltdowns in history is bad for Trump. Amazing the propaganda. You are at North Korea levels of propaganda. I did not, a non-lawyer, I did not hear any of the sort of conflict of interest nah, that you would need. The just financial. going on uh, expensive vacations with the money. That's all. No big deal there. Conflict of interest you would need uh, under Georgia law to, to, to actually have her bounce as a prosecutor. We will see what the judge does. But a question for, for Joyce Vance. So how much more of this does the judge intend to put up with or have to put up with I, I i heard at the very end he was asking each side how many more witnesses do you want to call uh, is this going to go on and on and on or or can he or should he just cut this off at some point uh, because one thinks that everybody has heard enough at this point Right. We've heard far more uh, about Fonnie Willis's personal life than she should ever have been forced to divulge. Oh, of course. Um, and I think it's a great question for this reason. This is a judge who, although he's young, is savvy. He's a former federal prosecutor and he's building a record. He's See, here it is. I told you. It, and again, it's I'm not a prophet. It's the these are the most predictable people in history and they all play from the same playbook. Liars play from the same playbook, whether they're in politics, whether they're in any other industry, whether it's a religion, it doesn't matter. They all do the same shit in the exact same way. Sometimes the terminology might be different, but it's very similar. So now the threats to the judge. Now the threats to the judge. He's building a reputation. So this is a dog whistle. This is a message to the judge. You will obey us or we're going to fucking destroy your career. Giving the defense here, he's giving Michael Roman's lawyers every opportunity to put evidence into the record to show that there's a conflict of interest. And if they continue to fail to do that, 
if this judge rules, as, as I think we're expecting him to do, that although Fonnie Willis may have shown some poor judgment in her personal life, dating someone she worked with, that nothing rises to the level of disqualification, then there will be an evidentiary record that will support the judge's decision if there's a conviction and the case goes on appeal. And that's what trial judges think about. Am I creating a record that will get me affirmed on appeal? So as much as this is a, a painful spectacle in many ways, and certainly no one would, would hope, or at least no one... Who what do you mean a painful spectacle? I thought it was bad for Trump and his lawyers. Now you're on the other side of that. Isn't that interesting? thinks about the criminal justice system in the way that I do would ever want to see a prosecutor essentially persecuted yeah. like Willis. Oh, she's being persecuted now. And this may well it's only okay to persecute our political opponents, especially when they're innocent. Fit the case in the long run. We'll see what happens today. We're going to talk about this a lot. What a fucking joke. Hilarious. Absolutely hilarious. And then, uh, let's see, is this, uh, was this, which one was this? This was, I think this is about the case. Last night we brought you the yes. story of the wildly embarrassing bombshell that has blown up the right-wing case against President Joe Biden and the sole survivors. Oh, no, no, no. This is about the indictment of uh, the whistleblower. Okay, let me uh, read some of these super chats and then we will uh, get to this. So we're taking super chats on Streamlabs. Link in the description on Rumble. Also link in the chat on YouTube. We're also taking them through Entropy. Link in the Rumble uh, description for that. We're also taking Rumble rants uh, on Rumble. Also on the bottom left of the screen, you'll see in yellow, we're 30 out of 50 for uh, rebuilding the bathhouse. So we have 20 left to go. Thank you very much, everybody that has signed up so far. So the reason we're doing that is YouTube banned the Soft Gentleman's channel. And with the Soft Gentleman's channel uh, was the bathhouse, <clears throat> which was the membership thing that we had there, which was about 25% of our monthly income. So we're trying to rebuild the bathhouse. So we're more than halfway there. And so if you want to help with that, you can go to Subscribestar, subscribestar.com slash hard-bastard, or you can click the red subscribe button on Rumble, and apparently Rumble does not take anything for memberships, and that's for the rest of the year, so good on Rumble for that. Also, you can download the guide that the soft gentleman wrote, again, my left-wing homosexual Democrat brother who may or may not be alive. We'll have to see what happens, uh, but, you know, who knows. But anyway, he's despondent after being uh, banned by YouTube because he was such a good boy. He was such an obedient Democrat. But anyway, he wrote a guide on how to be a virtuous liberal. You can go to Rumble, rumble.com slash user slash hard news network, and then uh, click the description. It's like the fifth or sixth one down. You can download the PDF, uh, what a bigot would say, as a guide on, again, how to be a virtuous liberal. You can also download the guide that I wrote called What a Liar Would Say, which is uh, a guide about different propaganda tactics that the corporate media uses. Also, there's a new show. Uh, we're about four episodes in. If you want to check that out, it's called The Hard R Hour. It's a completely different format, shorter format, uh, shorter clips, um, shorter segments, and... Um, that's available on BitChute, bitchute.com slash hardbastard. It's available on the archive sites as well, Rumble and uh, pill.net as well. All right, let's see. What is the date? This is the 17th, right? February 17th. Let's see. Ghost of Shaniqua. 
Says, HB, get my wife's name out of your mouth. Admittedly, Jen Psaki is a hard smash for me, even Governor Capis, that is my governor. But you said you would smash Simone Sanders. That's almost bestiality. Oh, I have no room to talk. I'm not one to I'm not one to pass judgment on people for their smashes or passes because I have some doozies. And that's one of the worst ones. I, I can't explain it. I don't even understand it at all. She looks like King Hippo from Mike Tyson's Punch Out. But she's got huge cans. And there's something about the I don't know what the hell's going on there. It's uh it's uh, it's disgraceful. AOC is another disgraceful smash. What do you, it's just uh, it's a hell of a thing. But, uh, yeah, I, uh, so that's interesting. Now, you have Governor Catpiss, and uh, who was the other one? Let me uh, bring this back up. Governor Catpiss and uh, Jen Psaki. Well, look, I, yeah, I, I, I got no room to talk. I got no room to talk, so there you go. Um, Cobra says, just read a confirmation that Iran plans to transfer its most advanced anti-air systems to Syrian and Lebanese armies. And Syrian government has already acknowledged it's ready for a war with Israel. We're one step closer to ultimate chaos. That's not good. That's not good. Hopefully that can somehow get reversed. I don't want to see that at all. That's uh, it's crazy. No longer gay Gary says, hi, everyone. I'm a former AIDS enthusiast. Yeah, I used to take it in the ass all the time. I used to take massive loads on my face and in my mouth and smear it all over my body. Anyways, I know all about AIDS. So I invented the AIDS meter. The AIDS meter is, as Jesse Lee Peterson would say, amazing. Here's how it works. If you're thinking about saying something and you're not sure how AIDSy it is, just pop it, pop it in the AIDS meter and it'll give... An accurate reading in what percentage of AIDS? Amazing. Oh, that sounds like a, sounds like an, someone should make an AI of that. That'd be great. An AI AIDS meter, and you can put in your uh, post that you're going to put on the internet, and it'll give you an AIDS rating. That's a great idea. How AIDSy is this, or how gay is this? You know, something like that. All right. Well, thank you. No longer gay, Gary. Sounds interesting. Now we have Grandpa Uger. Oh man. Chank Uger's grandpa? This is going to be interesting. He says, Hey everybody, this is Grandpa Uger. Chunk Uger is my grandson. I really need to clear the air about some dark family secrets. Yes, you guessed it. This is about Chunk's horse fucking. But there's more to the story. A lot more. It hurts me to say it, but horse fucking has been a part of the Uger family for many generations. From what I have learned about my ancestors, this all started 400 years ago when the first members of the Uyghur clan were living. They were living high up in the snowy mountains of rural Turkey. There weren't many women up in them parts, but the men all had horses. Well, rather than do without, the men began marrying their horses and to keep warm during the coldest winter months. This is disgusting, I know, but the men even began sleeping with their horses that's how it all started. Eventually, my ancestors moved away from the mountains, but like a dark family curse, the horse fucking has stayed with us. Wow. Well, myself, I never would fuck a horse, but little Chunk always seemed to have a thing for, horse, for a horse's ass. I tried to get him interested in girls, but he always drifted back to the barn when he could smell and feel the horses. Chunk's really not that bad of a kid, but I won't defend the sick and disgusting things he does with our four-legged friends. Wow. 
Well, there you go. Grandpa Uger with a bit of a history lesson on the Uger's horse fucking. Man, that's a hell of a thing. So it looks like it goes back uh, hundreds of years. Wow. Uh, it, it makes sense. That sounds about right. Something like this has got to be true. Um, Ghost of Shaniqua says, Can we mix in some Rashad Ritchie or TYT toilet bowl into the clips portion since there's no SG show? I miss such gems as uh, It's a Child. Pac-Man's gaslighting and bald fuckface repetitive smug routine has been feeling like a struggle session. Thanks, HB. Yeah, I can do that. I can have a look through. I did look through Rashad Ritchie's uh, uh, channel a couple, uh, about a week or so ago. Wasn't anything too crazy in there. I mean, oh, well, let me rephrase. It's crazy, but there wasn't anything. It, there was a lot of like um, short fuck white people uh, segments that are just not. They're like they were like, oh, Karen does this and Karen does this, like whatever. But uh, yeah, we can do that. Suki Johnson says, HB, why did they even bother to run cover for Ass Willis? Every time they do, they're so retarded. It just makes people look into the real footage and info. And then they get even angrier and more retarded. It's the same for whatever they uh, damage control. Well, the thing is, this is going to be um, a, a headline trial if it happens. Um, does the public buy, if there's a conviction, does the public buy... The whole thing is legitimate. And even if before Ass Willis had a meltdown, even before that, I would say people uh, don't view this as legitimate. This makes it even worse for them. And they're going to be like, well, I don't understand. He's convicted. Why don't they understand that he's been convicted? It's not going to work. Soki also says, I'm curious, HB, it's illegal to hang black people in public. Is it illegal when you hang yourself like Ass Willis did? Isn't she being a black face of a white supremacy by committing such a self-hate crime? How dared the media cover such self-bigotry? I mean, she did. She, in a sense, metaphorically hung herself. And uh, but here's the thing: you have a judge who's being threatened by the media, and he is going to now decide between doing the right thing and his career. And most of the time, people choose their career over doing the right thing. So it's very possible that he lets her stay on. Um, Aids horrific Aidsenstein says, dude, someone needs to make a rap song using Ass Willis's testimony as the lyrics. That shit would go hard. Oh, that would be fantastic. Sounds like a job for the Dilly Meme team. I believe they made that um, Trump Ass Willis. I think it was off of a Kanye West song. It's actually, it's so well done. It really sounds like Trump is rapping. Like, it really sounds like Trump. It's crazy. It's abs that that's that's some crazy shit. That's some next level AI shit. And it's funny. It's like fucking the way they did that. It's like fu very rarely do I hear a song parody and like it. It's cuz I'm the one with the problem. I I just I I just whatever. It's just I'm most music to me is AIDS. Um even song parodies that are like supposed to be funny. But that one, that one's funny. Like, I got to give it to them. I mean, I'm not going to be playing it over and over again or anything. But I was like, this didn't make me want to kill myself. And it actually made me, like, kind of laugh. Because it's Trump. Trump's hilarious. <laughs> and even the AI Trump. Just the way, it's really funny. I was surprised. So good on them. Um, Michelle Kincaid says, so they met at a function in 2019, but waited until 2022 to start fucking. 
They did the let's just be friends thing for three years, LOL. Yeah, what are they, Jehovah's Witnesses? <laughs> She's been divorced since 2005. He just seems kind of dumb and wussified. They probably went home together that night. Oh, absolutely. The whole thing is just not believable. But again, you know, you got a, you got a possibly corrupt judge, maybe likely corrupt judge. He's probably going to, um, if he's corrupt, just let it slide. But yeah, it's not believable at all. And they're like, oh, we didn't see anything that uh, that was a problem. Soki Johnson says, HB, as I was told, as was told to us by the amazing Chappelle show, skit about reparations. It's not that black people don't trust banks. It's that banks don't like black people, which is why they all cash their checks at the liquor store. <laughs> that's a great, that's a fantastic. That is a fantastic um, skit. Those first two seasons of Chappelle Show were classic. Let me uh, just double check here. Let me uh, refresh Entropy. And then, uh, what's this, the 17th? Let me just uh, make sure we're good here. One second. All right, that's Rumble. Um, Mojack420 says, How low is your IQ if you put your dress on backwards? I'm not a moon cricket, so I, I can dress myself. Is it a black woman thing or a nigger thing? And again, I'm quoting. Uh, I think it's a fucking dumb retard thing. Uh, again, as I understand it, most black people can dress themselves. Wouldn't be surprised, though, to see a virtuous liberal say, no, it's a black thing. Uh, uh, actually, you know, it's funny. You could reference uh, an old rap group from the 90s, Crisscross. They would wear their clothes backwards. You could do that if you wanted to. It would still be retarded because... I don't see black people walking around with their clothes on backwards. Back in the day, well, it was really, you know, it was mostly high school kids. Um, yeah, none of the black, there weren't a lot of black kids in the high school. Um, none of them wore their clothes backwards. Um, where we were, like, we didn't like crisscross. And we didn't, like, we didn't like crisscross. We didn't like Young MC. We were very angry when Young MC won the uh, Grammy over Public Enemy. Because uh, we were stupid and we didn't understand that, like, all of the award shows are total bullshit. Like, we, we thought they were, like, they, they could actually win because we were idiots. And uh, so we didn't, we didn't like the, like, Criss Cross and Young MC were, like, pop wrapped to us. We didn't like that shit. So there weren't really people walking around with their clothes on backwards. Um, it just wasn't a thing. But that was a, that was a thing back in the day. And that shit was stupid back then. That shit was stupid back then. And uh, it is what it is. Although a lot of people liked... Uh, what was this shit? Jump? Yeah, I didn't like it. Come on. It's just uh, it's whack. Uh, but to each his own. Like what you want. Uh, I realize with music, I'm the one with the problem. Uh, Cooper Sees the Truth says, uh, Listen, guys, it's very simple. The person accused of receiving a monetary gain, i.e., ask Willis, from appointing her boyfriend as a prosecutor, just said she didn't. Oh, well, case closed. So I guess if Trump says, no, I didn't break the law, it's also case closed, right? Yeah, of course. <laughs> Total double standard. They will, yeah, they will not, uh, it doesn't matter what they show with Trump. He's guilty no matter what. It's crazy. Extraordinary Jackson says AOC could have been uh, cast for a Apocalypto. <laughs> Is that the Mel Gibson movie about the Aztecs or whatever, where they were like cutting out people's hearts and shit? This is a wide nose having Amazon basin looking motherfucker. That's fucking hilarious. She's an Amazon. I don't think I've heard this before. An Amazon basin, basin looking motherfucker. That's fantastic. Yeah, that's probably about right. She's got crazy eyes too. But again, great rack. 
great wreck. It's just, I don't know what it is. I, I wish it wasn't that way. I wish titties were much more logical than they are. But they're not logical at all. They're just illogical. Makes no sense. It's a hell of a thing. Oh, here we go. Uh, breaking news from Mojack420. Uh, breaking fuck AIDS. I want VADES news. Oh, vaccine-induced AIDS. Yeah. Oh, my God. Are you serious? Talk about people getting what they deserve. Yeah, this was one... Look, I'm, I'm not saying everything that is said that I believe, you know. There's some things I'm skeptical about. Um, th th some, th some of the more far-out theories that you can find on the Internet uh, doesn't mean I believe them. But I am, I am no longer in a position to condemn something. I don't condemn. That's gay anyway. I don't... Uh, I try not to dismiss things, even if they sound far-fetched. This is one of the reasons. Because I remember when it was first talked about that the vaccine was giving people AIDS. I was like, come on. I was like, that's so crazy. No, it's true. It's true. It blows out your immune system. It's true. I cannot fucking believe it, but it's true. Because that's, that's kind of like the... the uh, and Alex Jones would turn in the frogs gay was kind of another one of these things. Because that sounds... On its face, I understand why people go, what the fuck are you talking about? Turning the francier? It was actually turning them in, like, tran in, a, in a trannies. But what Alex Jones was talking about, he was right about it. You know, he might not have been 100% technically right because they weren't turning the frogs gay, they were turning them trans, if you wanted to make that argument. But for the most part, his argument was that they were putting astrazine in the water and it was fucking up the frogs. That's 100% true. That's 100% true. So he was right. You know, I don't think it's honest. Like, it's one thing if you want to, like, if you want to get technical and bring out maybe some technical aspects he didn't get right. I don't have a problem with that. But if you use that to argue that his overall point was wrong, then that's dishonest. And uh, so anyway, yeah, the, the AIDS thing with the vaccine. I was like, all right. So, you know, I don't know. Um, I'm not a flat earth person. But I, at this point... I, I don't assign much percentage that it could be true, but uh, I, I, ha, have fun. I have no problem. And, like, what's the harm in keeping an open mind? And I haven't even looked into it, okay? I'm just saying. I don't, like, I'm just done with all of this, like, assuming because something sounds crazy that it must be false. I'm done with that. Fuck that shit, okay? Uh, unless it's something, uh, well, obvious stuff. Uh, like, for example, well, it's not even that... that the obvious, I was going to bring up like biology, but biology is settled. Biology is not like a unsettled thing. Um, so that wouldn't count as like, uh, you know, if I, what are you saying that uh, if someone says they're a man and they're actually a woman? No, that's, that's impossible. Uh, that's not something you can't, you can't show me one time when it comes to humans that they've changed gender. Like that's never happened. Uh, it has happened, I think, in the insect world or the animal world, but I'm worth, I don't know what to tell you. It hasn't happened with human beings. Anyway, Amy Schumer says she developed VADES after a third booster. Yeah, I, this is not surprising at all. Amy Schumer has revealed she developed full-blown vaccine-acquired immune deficiency syndrome as a direct result of getting multiple COVID jabs. Yeah, and I'm telling you, I know some people, and also as I watch Normie YouTube, 
So I don't always watch political stuff. When, it, when I'm done for the night and I'm like trying to go to sleep, I don't put political shit on. I can't because I'll, I'll just stay up because it, it's constant political shit and watching political shows is like a constant endorphin thing. I don't know why. I'm glad it's never gotten old. I don't know why. It's probably not healthy, but I'll take it. It's, it's fantastic. But when I'm trying to fall asleep, I put on like normie shit. And I'm telling you, and this is something that I have noticed now that I, that was not happening before, which is people, a lot of, not everybody, but a lot of these people, they're just always sick. They're always sick. And they didn't used to be always sick. Some of these people have a cough. And I know I have a friend who's taken many of these shots and he has a cough too. Now, I'm not saying this definitely proves it. I'm saying these are anecdotes that have never happened before that I'm noticing. I'm not making an overall argument. First of all, the overall argument about the uh, vaccine is the deaths and, 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 and I don't care how you parse the numbers. <clears throat> I'll give you 75% of the deaths if you just give me 25 and I'm being overly generous, whether it's VAERS, whether it's the, was it the red card system in Europe, take either of those and I'll give you 80% of the deaths. We'll just ignore 80% of the deaths and just focus on 20%. It's still a fuck ton of people, okay? So there's no way out. So, so that's the evidence that I think is most compelling. Not my anecdotes about YouTubers. But I'm telling you, I am telling you, it is a pattern of people always being sick. And again, I know some people who took a lot of the jabs, always sick. Or they get COVID like four times. And uh, it is really interesting. And so now, what, the one guy with the cough, he, it was, it was wild. Uh, he was like, you know what? He, he just, it was, we were like drinking, this was a while ago. We were drinking and uh, it, we, we're not, like he's kind of a normie, but he's cool as shit. And so I don't really give a fuck about, like the political disagreements we have are at, on like a normie level. Like he doesn't give a fuck. He voted for Biden, but he doesn't give a fuck about Biden, he, he doesn't, like, he's not like a Trump derangement person. He's just like a normie. He doesn't really pay that close attention to politics. So he voted for Biden, you know, and, 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 um, but then when I was showing him clips of, like, Biden saying retarded shit, he was laughing. He thought it was hilarious. You know what I mean? So he's like a normal person. But anyway, he took, um, I think five, six, and, and he got, it was like, it was the, it was after the third time I think he got sick with COVID. He was just talking, you know, and he was kind of drunk. And he's like, you know what? He's like, I'm, I don't think I'm going to take any more of these things. And I was like, yeah, I think that's a good idea. Because I'm not a, I'm, I don't, I don't tell people what to do. Okay. I'm not like, you know, if he asked me, it's one thing if he would have asked me, hey, should I take the vaccine? I'd be like, you probably shouldn't. But he had already taken it. And he's like, yeah, I just took it. I'm like, well, what am I going to do? Um, there's nothing I could do. Um, it was just one of those things that just wasn't, it's just not the type of, it just wasn't a circumstance where it was appropriate, in my opinion, for me to interject because he didn't bring it up in a way like that. If he would have brought it up in a way like that, I would interject it. But anyway, he was just kind of like talking out loud, you know, after a few drinks. He's like, yeah, he's like, he's like, yeah, and I got it a third time. He's like reasoning with himself, I guess, for the first time over this. And he was just like, yeah, he's like, I don't think I'm going to get any more of these. And I was like, yeah, it's probably a good idea. It's probably a good idea. <clears throat> but he has a cough. He has this cough. Won't go away. Just like some of these normie YouTubers, they have a cough that won't go away. Could could be a coincidence, maybe it's something else. But these motherfuckers always sick. 
they're always like, oh, excuse me, I'm, I'm getting over a cold. And it's like once, once a week? It's fucking crazy. Anyway, Amy Schumer has revealed she's developed full-blown vaccine-acquired immune deficiency syndrome as a direct result of getting, getting multiple COVID jabs. The comedian was forced to come clean about her diagnosis when people began speculating about her poor health after a recent appearance on television where she appeared extremely bloated. Oh, she, bro, her face is swollen. Look at her. That's her face is fucking swollen, man. And look, she look, Amy Schumer's a fat pig. This is a swollen face. She could barely look at her eyes. Holy shit. She says, thank you so much for everyone's input about my face. I've enjoyed feedback and deliberation about my appearance, as all women do for almost 20 years. Shut up, bitch. And you're right. It's puffier than normal right now. I have endometriosis, an autoimmune disease that every woman should read about. The sharp decrease in immunity following vaccination is caused by altered cytokine responses. Cytokines are small proteins that are produced in our immune system in response to infection. The more jabs a person receives, the more depleted the immune system becomes, resulting in VADES. Um, Dr. Jebra Fauci a gender study academic, wrote on Twitter, I'm going to need all surgeons and doctors to weigh in here. Serious question. What happens to what happened to Amy's face? Is it normally this side? size? Sarah Absher, a registered nurse, uh, honestly, it looks... Wait, Deborah Fauci? Is that the... Uh, I think that's the... Uh, I think that's the um, satire account. But it's hard to tell because you can't satirize the left. So it's like impossible sometimes. Sarah Absher, a registered nurse, says, Honestly, it looks like what is referred to as moon face, a condition associated with long-term steroid use. Despite facing criticism and speculation on social media, Amy received support from fans and healthcare professionals alike. Many voiced their solidarity with her, condemning the normalization of commenting on women's bodies and emphasizing the importance of empathy and understanding. Stupid whores, it's the internet, people are going to say things, okay? There's nothing you can do about it. People are going to say things, and you're going to get every fucking opinion about the subject that you could come up with. There's always going to be a different... No, it's not possible for everyone to praise you 100%. It's ridiculous. People have different opinions. It's on you to process it. It's not on them to cease talking. Get out of here with this. And also, you're like a rude bitch, so obviously people are going to be looking for uh, ways to dunk on you. Despite facing criticism and speculation on social media... Oh, I read that. Uh, Dr. Tatiana Prowl, an, an oncologist, said, Let's not. Instead, let's stop normalizing commenting on women's faces and bodies for sport. You have no control over it. You have no control over it. Okay? It's going to happen, no matter what. Let's stop inviting doctors to speculate about the diagnosis of people whose history they don't know. Let's stop inviting trolls to fat shame people. Let's be better. The, the trolls don't need an invite. They're going to just say what the fuck they want to. An Olympic skier, Lindsey Vaughn, says maybe just let her live. Oh, let her live. Why do people feel the need to judge people's physical appearance? Because that's what people do, whore. That's what they do. You have no idea what's going on in her life, so any comment is pure speculation, unnecessary and hurtful. Welcome to real life, you dumb whore. Amy's willingness to address her health issue publicly contributes to raising awareness and breaking the stigma surrounding chronic conditions. Amazing. Absolutely amazing. Not surprised. Not surprised at all. 
Holy shit. All right, that was breaking news from the internet from Mojack420. If you have an article that you want uh, read on stream, 10 and up, details in the description on Rumble. Also, the bot should also have the link in the YouTube chat. Uh, okay, here is now. So Joe Biden locks up his political opponents. Oh, this whole thing with Navalny. It, Joe Biden has no room to talk about Navalny. And Ben and Ben Shapiro made a very revealing post, which is not surprising. I don't like Ben Shapiro at all, where he was defending our system compared to Russia's. And he was like, oh, all of the people that Joe Biden's arresting are going to get full trials. What the fuck? Any person that adds legitimacy to these trials is a fucking traitor. How do you add legitimacy to these trials? What are you kidding me? You've got to be fucking kidding me. Yeah, fuck Ben Shapiro, but I mean, that was obvious. Ben Shapiro's always been horrible. Anyway, the only difference is like, it seems like, at least for now, Putin's opponents end up dead mysteriously. Whereas most of Joe Biden's end up in jail with that, or prosecuted or fucked with in some way. Um, there are some deaths, the guy in Utah who posted the memes. I mean, it does, there are some deaths. It just, there's not as, there's no prominent uh, deaths as far as I'm aware, as far as like, you know, Navarro and Bannon and Trump, like they're all alive. Um, I wouldn't be surprised to see Biden go to the next level, but for now, but he has no room to talk about uh, Vladimir Putin. Um, anyway, so now there's a whistleblower that exposed Joe Biden bribing uh, Ukrainians uh, or, or getting bribes from Ukrainians. And uh, that guy's now been arrested. So they're like, OK, case closed. We've arrested the guy. Nothing to see here. A special counsel investigating the Biden. I'll be back in a minute. Trump appointed U.S. Attorney David Weiss has now indicted his own key informant for lying. 43-year-old Alexander Smirnov was arrested Wednesday and charged on two counts for feeding the FBI false information. Smirnov's allegation that Joe and Hunter Biden received $5 million bribes from a Ukrainian company has always been manifestly absurd. And yet, it was the central point of the Republican argument for President Biden's impeachment. Republican politicians and the right-wing media relied on this discredited informant to make their case over and over and over again. A veteran FBI informant alleging both the president and Hunter Biden each took $5 million in bribes. The details come from an FBI informant who is very trusted. A highly reliable informant that has always checked out all the information he's ever given us has checked out. We. Uh, have determined that whistleblower is extremely credible. This is a very crucial piece of our investigation. A confidential human source that had been reliable previously to the FBI. A confidential informant that they had on the payroll. Documented allegations of bribery from a trusted FBI confidential human source has now finally been released. Now its contents are devastating. Trusted. So trusted, so reliable, highly credible. In fact, in just one year, Sean Hannity, that guy you just saw there, promoted the bogus claims of that so-called trusted informant no less than 85 times on his show. 28 of those segments were Hannity monologues, long ones, on the topic. And of course, it was a joint effort between Fox News and elected Republicans like Texas podcaster Ted Cruz, who talked about it ad nauseum on his thrice-weekly program called The Big Cushy Chair, or whatever it is. 
So you might think, given the fact that their entire case just fell apart in the most public and embarrassing way imaginable, that at least some of these people would feel they had to address it. Say if you were a Fox News broadcaster who had been repeating what you now know to be a lie to your audience for months. No, of course, they didn't even mention it. As of last night, at least. Fox News, take a look at what they were talking about last night when the story broke on Fox News. And welcome to Hannity, and today was an unmitigated disaster for Fulton County DA, Fawny Willis. Fanny lines blurred, allowing a county DA to bring charges against a former U.S. president is absurd and destructive. Fanny and the lover boy in the hot seat. The Trump Georgia case falls apart. But remember, this isn't a Fannie and Loverboy scandal. It's a Biden scandal. We also have to remember that Joe Biden at this point is essentially a vegetable. And another knock on Joe Biden's leaky bucket of a brain. Obama and the CIA caught cooking the books. Brand new bombshells. Just the usual charming content across all of Fox News primetime last night during this big story. There were zero mentions of their favorite FBI informant. Zero. Now, I think tonight they might get to it once they've gotten their stories straight. Break it to their audience. The person they've been relying on for over a year with this ludicrous claim wasn't telling the truth. Has in fact been arrested for making it up. But, you know, we know this. Fox News is not a journalistic organization. Their purpose is to create an alternate reality. So this propaganda piece, uh, w what they did is they played a bunch of things that happened that are true. And then he throws in the CIA thing as if that was made up too. Ridiculous. ...for their viewers where they hear only what the conservative movement wants them to hear. We know that because they... Total projection. ...paid out the largest media defamation settlement in all of U.S. history to the tune of nearly $800 million create, for creating the alternate reality the election was stolen from Donald Trump. Bullshit. And we know they knew that was false. And believe me, they saw the news about their number one informant yesterday. They just chose to ignore it. How embarrassing. Now he's the number one informant. Here I was thinking Sean Hannity always wants to set the record straight. Again, on this show, we always want to set the record straight. Shocking and awful news out of Russia today where state... Okay, now... That's, okay, this was uh, Joy Reid. And uh, let's see. Oh, yeah. She is a wonderful, brave black they woman. They were prosecuting O.J. Simpson. I highly doubt, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, that O.J. Simpson would have had a cause of action to say throw this case out because the two of them were sleeping together. And so my question is, so what? If after he became a prosecutor on the case, they developed a personal relationship, so what? Uh, so what indeed, Joy? Because I'm even older than you. I remember that case well, and I worked as a prosecutor in two different offices. In both of those offices, like in many other workplaces, there were romantic relationships. Stuff. Yeah, guys, this is totally normal. These romantic relationships happen. Oh, halfway house Paul is having connection issues. I guess the Wi-Fi at the halfway house is not very good. Oh man. We're going to hope that, oh, the internet is, the internet has stolen Paul Butler. The internet has stolen Paul mm. We're going to fix Paul Butler's audio. We're going to get back to him. But that's the so what of it. There's another piece oh, of We haven't seen Halfway House Paul in a while. This, Aaron, and it was, to me, the attitude of the people questioning Fonnie Willis toward her 
and her response to it. Let me play this clip of Fonnie Willis speaking to the lawyers questioning her about what they're not going to do. You don't have to yell at me. I'm able to understand. <laughs> they weren't yelling. <laughs> so I would ask you to not yell at me. And what? They weren't yelling. Please do not yell at me. Hey, do you hear his voice? Okay, you stupid whore. He's not yelling at all. So I would ask you to not yell at me. And please do not yell at Did me. Did you hear his tone? He's not yelling at all. Aaron. Let's talk about Fonnie Willis as a witness and Fonnie Willis as a prosecutor, because that, to me, that tells me she's nothing to play with. Yes. Uh -huh. Yeah, I mean, Joy, I think watching this, uh, you can see, yeah. you know. Come on, uh, lady with the pedophile glasses. Let, let us know what's going on. Fonnie Willis was. She's wearing it, 70s pedophile glasses for some reason. Standing on business was a witness. <laughs> that was what we saw today. <laughs> and what we also saw today, frankly, was a clinic in black womanhood, and particularly <laughs> I love how they take the worst examples and they're like, oh, this is like all black women. This is like all black women. <laughs> You're a black woman in this country. You don't have to be a district attorney prosecuting the former president of the United States to really understand what it means to have your integrity or your professionalism. Oh, yes, you are not allowed to question black women for any reason. Uh, or the urge to defend your character mm. or reputation, right? And so that's what you really saw on display. Yes, all black women by default have high character. Yes, she was angry, but she was also insulted. Just like all white people by default are evil. She was offended. Uh, you know, if, if, if somebody thinks that they're being lied on, you know, oh. and especially Fonnie Willis, prepare to defend yourself because that was exactly what she came to that stand prepared to do today of her own free will. Well, and the thing is, Katie, you as a woman of color who have to stand in a yes, courtroom, you know a woman this of color, too well. just like Nikki Haley. Yeah, look, I have a book about this, about the way they did this with Marley Evers Williams. Be pretty, but not too pretty. Be, you know, forceful, but not too forceful. Don't be loud. Don't be angry. Excuse me. How dare you don't want people to be loud? Oh, loud people are so pleasant. Me, if you're questioning my integrity and accusing me of hiring somebody that I was having an affair with, when I'm telling you the timeline and then asking, did my kids live at my house? You want to know how much money I have? Is he giving me cash? She was insulted and rightfully so. This idea that women of color have to sit there and be demure and take yes, it. they're just racist. There were people on social media. Right, women of color should not have to live up to the standards of normal people. <laughs> they should be able to behave however they want to. We're saying, oh, she's coming in too hot. No, she wasn't. She was offended, and she had a right to be offended. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah, so, you know, there is something to be said about decorum and professionalism, but you didn't hear anything that wasn't decorum and professionalism from Fonnie Willis. Yeah, it was all professional and a, a master class on decorum. How did you bring up this example of being a woman of color, especially in a courtroom? There are more women that are Yes, involved. tell me how a rich Asian is oppressed. I can't wait to hear this. You're a rich Asian, okay? Oh, I can't wait to hear this. Amazing school today than there ever were when I was in law school. But yeah. Oh, it must have been so difficult. When it comes to women of color, we're so sorely, sorely underrepresented when it comes to court, <laughs> especially, especially, Joy, when it comes to trials, when it comes yes. to trial lawyers. And so for a woman to have to defend mm. oh. the fact that she makes her own money. Oh, no one gave a fuck that she made her own money. It was how she made her money. 
Her daddy told her to make sure that she had some money. Yeah. My mom told me the same damn thing. Oh, yes. The same thing. Sure that you have money. Only white people go to the bank. Ashed away to take care of yourself because you shouldn't count on someone else. Right, Aaron? Mm. And that's the thing. Yeah, right, Aaron. Why should anybody have to defend this? But under the law unfortunately <laughs> because the other side made these representations that met this threshold that forced this evidentiary hearing to have to come to pass that is the reason why Fonnie Willis and Nathan Wade got dragged into court but I will remind our viewers too Joy under Georgia law you do not disqualify a prosecutor simply because there is a personal relationship but that's not what they're arguing in fact in this case you have lawyers on the defense side that are married to each other. You have lawyers on the defense They're not taking money, taxpayer money, and going on lavish trips. And if they are, they should also be removed. Defense side that are dating each other. And yet nobody has made a big stink about that. It is only the defense making a big stink about that for Fonnie Willis. The important thing that everybody has to remember what Fonnie Willis said today is this. She's not on trial. It's the people that tried to steal an election, the state of Georgia, that wow. are on trial. This is a sad, sorry sideshow that needs to end. <laughs> let me, amen, let me. That's a threat to the uh, judge. All right, halfway, Paul, House Paul is back. back. Go ahead, Paul. So on that point, I think I would have coached D.A. Willis to be less emotional because it can come across as being defensive. She has to think about the jury pool, so I think Part of this was her desire to present herself as a public official who's honest, who acts with integrity, and who the defense attorneys are dragging through the mud because they don't want to focus on their clients. And that's absolutely true. But I understand why she's angry. And I think DA was, was challenging a society where black women don't get to oh, be angry. She was challenging society. Even when that anger is righteous. Mm. So I think in the end, she came across as credible. Yeah, and again, I will again yeah, state that the two of the prosecutors who prosecuted O.J. were having a relationship. I'm going to go to you, Aaron, because we're seeing this throughout, not just with Corey, not just Were with they going on lavish trips on the taxpayer dime? I don't think they were. Uh, Fonnie Wills with Cori Bush. You know, if she was not a black woman, I, they would be calling her relationship with her the bodyguard. That oh, she's got this handsome, you know, guy who's her security. She falls in love with him. They're trying to turn that into a scandal. Fonnie Willis, she's not even with this guy anymore. This is her ex. Uh, you know, it, it is it is it is so offensive. I think to a lot of women who are watching this. Oh, and black so offensive. Women in particular to watch her oh, go through this. Oh, how dare you? Yeah, and I think that was why you saw. Uh, you know, she was up there trying to clarify, trying to correct the record as she saw it. Black women are never going to answer a question with a simple yes or no, because it's usually yes, never... Yes, all black women will never answer a question with a simple yes or no. That simple for black women, right? Yes, black women. I mean, to Katie's point, there was a lot of focus You on are the arbiter of black women and the representative of black women. Funny, right? I think about, you know, Fonnie Willis was thinking about you know her career how, how how much work it took to get where she oh, is yeah. investing fifty thousand dollars of her oh. own money just to even win this da race and now she has to sit in this courtroom and kind of defend her credentials defend her reputation that certainly would explain partly oh, yeah. why she was so upset and 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 the clip that you played uh a lot of people of color especially you know black women were raised by black parents of a certain age who taught us to always keep cash and to never depend on another person <laughs> for anything <laughs> She was literally insulted by the insinuation that Nathan Wade was taking care of her. Oh, my God in heaven. Like that was part of the reason that they broke up. 
but but to Paul's point too, I mean, this was a collective moment for Black America. Oh, it was a collective moment for Black America. Oh, Black people, aren't you so proud of who have been designated your representatives? <laughs> oh, this would be like if uh, if like uh, I mean, I don't care group identity. I think that uh, we're headed to a place where it looks like it's going to matter. Especially if you continue to have equity fucking white people in the ass. Um, but in general, like, I was raised in the JWs. We were just, it wasn't anything. Even though, like, we had Italian dinner on Sundays. It wasn't referred to as Italian dinner. There was, no, there was just no group identity when I grew up. I don't have a problem with people that do group identity. I think it's fine. But I didn't personally. But if I did... This would be like if they were pointing to, I guess, like the rabid homosexuals in Florence, Italy, and they would say, look at these wonderful stalwarts of Italians. Look to these people, the rabid homosexuals, taking it in the ass nonstop in Florence, Italy, so much so that the, 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 the derogatory slur for homosexuals back then was Florenzia. That's how gay it was. Even San Francisco is not as gay as Florence, Italy was, which is, like, mind-blowing, okay? So I guess that's what that would be like. If you care about group identity, and then these people are showing you the worst possible, maybe not the worst possible, but some of the worst possible people. And they're like, look, black people, this is, look, look, at, look at your wonderful role models. Black women, for many of them, this was Fonnie Willis taking the stand even though she didn't yes. want to be there, but showing that she was there. Oh, I'm sure, yeah. There is no black women embarrassed by Fannie Willis. <laughs> she was compelled to say, not today. They all liked her. They all were like, oh, this is great. And happy Black History Month to all. Aaron Haynes, thank oh, you. Oh, yes. Oh, my God. North Korea, levels of propaganda. It is really utterly incredible. Now, what's interesting is TYT's coverage, I think they're looking for op opportunities to pivot um and we'll see what happens if uh you know the screws get put on them but right now their coverage well we'll see what their coverage was this is it's not looking good for fanny willis this was um right after and then i think there's another video where they cover msnbc's pivot because remember msnbc when you have a live event being covered by the corporate media and something unexpected happens, you have a small window to get actual, honest opinions of the people on the panel. And you got that from the blonde girl on MSNBC, who's probably going to get fired now because the narrative has completely shifted. And uh, so you got, and also there was that other guy, uh, Chuck Rosenberg, I think. And uh, I don't remember what CNN, the only coverage of CNN I saw was, was uh, Zoom masturbator saying that uh, who cares, you know, she could do whatever she wants or whatever they were saying. So, but TYT noticed that too. So this is going to be interesting, but not in this video, it's in the next video. So here's their initial coverage of Ask Willis having a meltdown. No, 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 look, I object to you getting records. You've been intrusive into people's personal lives. You're confused. You think I'm on trial. These people are on trial for trying to steal an election in 20. 2020. I'm not on trial, no matter how hard you try to put me on trial. 
A very fierce Fonnie Willis, of course, the DA from Fulton County, Georgia, who decided to prosecute Donald Trump and his co-conspirators in the election interference case. An incredibly important case, and the reason why you see her on the stand testifying is because some information came out in regard to the lead attorney that she hired for this particular case, and that is an individual who she was engaged in a romantic relationship with. If you look at how much he had charged Fulton County for his services relative to the other attorneys on the case, he charged around $750,000, whereas others charged around $75,000. And then information came out about Fonnie Willis going on romantic getaway trips with him. And if he is paying for those trips, after she hired him to be the lead attorney in this case, well, there are ethical concerns there. Corruption, self-dealing, you get the point. So this whole hearing is meant to figure out whether the judge believes that Fonnie Willis should be taken off the case as a result of these conflicts of interest or potential conflicts of interest. Now, I'm gonna be honest with you, I watched the hearing today, I watched her testimony, I watched um, everyone, everyone's testimony, and uh, it, in my opinion, does not look good for Fonnie Willis, despite what you might see online with the partisan brain rot. I'm just okay. We'll see. We'll see if you hold on to that position. Keep it at long real. term. You have a lot of people on the left, broadly speaking, who think, no, 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 this is totally fine. Why do we care about her personal life? I don't care about her personal life. No one should care about her personal life unless her personal life ends up melding into this incredibly important election interference case out of the state of Georgia. Now, with that said, before we get to more details about the court hearing today, I think it is worth going back to discuss the background of why we got to this point in the first place. So Trump co-defendant Michael Roman, who's a former Trump campaign staffer and a one-time White House aide, alleged that Fonnie Willis and Nathan Wade, so the lead attorney that she hired for this, had been involved in an improper romantic relationship that began before Nathan Wade, before he had been hired by Fonnie Willis. And that's an important allegation to keep in mind because there was conflicting testimony <clears throat> today. The motion says that Willis paid Wade large sums for his work that then benefited her personally when he paid for vacations that they both went on you know, during their romantic relationship. They both claim that they're no longer in a romantic relationship. Again, that's just documented, that's documented. Relationship, that that relationship ended in the summer of 2023. So before I get to today's testimony, Cenk, do you wanna jump in with some thoughts? Yeah, first I'm gonna quote somebody from YouTube Super Chat here. William G, atheist number one, wrote in, they were close friends long before the intimacy started after they spent long hours in the office on the case. This stuff happens all the time, I think it's beautiful. Okay, so brother, I think that you got the issue reversed. First of all, I like your title though, okay, but it, the a lot of the crux of today was did the relationship start earlier or after he was already hired? Because if that's if it's after he's already hired, yeah, there's some issues about office relationships, etc. But I, I wouldn't sweat that. I get it. People are human beings. It's not that big a deal. And you could argue with that because she's kind of technically his boss, but he's a contractor. It gets complicated, right? But if they were going out before. Then she hires him and funnels a giant amount of taxpayer money to him. Yeah. And then he uses some of that on her. 
No, that's not kosher. That's okay, so again, no problem, but I want to see how long they hold this narrative for. Because if, if um, this is where the media is going as far as what we saw in MSNBC, they will eventually get in line. They, they almost always do. Outside of like, there are a couple exceptions on things like crime with, with Kasparian, but for the most part, they do go back on narrative. So we'll see. That's not beautiful. I don't mind their relationship. Their relationship can be beautiful. I mean, I don't, I mean it's not my business. You right. know me, I'm a progressive. I don't give a damn at all, right? But I care if it, it abuses the public trust. But I also want to say to the Republicans, what does this have to do with Donald Trump? Like, if you it want doesn't. to, go, if you want to go ha ha to Fonnie Willis, okay, fine, go ha ha, right? But I think a lot of them genuinely believe that means that Trump is innocent. No, it doesn't. <laughs> what they're hoping, what? what they're hoping, yeah, just the corrupt prosecutor. Uh, you know, that has no bearing on Trump's innocence. A fucking corrupt prosecutor. For in my opinion, and I'm seeing this all over the internet, is that. If it is determined that Fonnie Willis was uh, in an improper relationship or that she made her hiring decision based on the relationship, romantic relationship she had with Nathan Wade, well, that means that this case is going to be thrown out. No, this case is not going to be thrown out. The no, that's only not the argument. The argument is if she's disqualified, the whole uh, office is disqualified and it would, the venue would change. And then it, it, there are plenty of places that they could change it to where the prosecutor is not filled with AIDS and then they will dismiss it. The thing that they're trying to adjudicate right now is whether or not Fonnie Willis will remain the district attorney or the attorney, uh, the prosecutor, uh, you know, overseeing this case. Yeah. That's the main thing. And so in a sense, she is on trial. So she makes it like, oh, I'm not on trial, but, but you kind of are in this case, right? Like, so should you still be the lead prosecutor or shouldn't you? I, look, I don't know if they can, but First of all, I think they got to take out either Willis or Wade, and I would say Wade. I would keep. I mean, I would reverse it, right? Mm -hmm. And then later, if you want to punish Willis for doing an inappropriate uh, <laughs> situation where you make, you're misusing taxpayer money, okay, that's a fair question. You know, question at least to investigate. But it doesn't have anything to do with Trump's guilt or innocence. But one thing that it can do, which sucks. And that's why people should be kind of mad at Fonnie Willis. I am. I yeah. am mad at Fonnie Willis. This because, was super irresponsible. Because if she withdraws, then that causes a massive delay in the trial. Yes. And that's, yes. Oh, <laughs> yes. what have you done? What have you done? Why didn't you just hire a normal person that wasn't your well, boy? Because then they would not have been able to go on those trips. Friend, to lead this incredibly important case. 100%. <laughs> you seem frustrated. I totally agree with that. We might have millions of people watching this Chilling. show, but Let you can be a different. Merits of the prosecution against Trump at all. But this has now become a major distraction, which could potentially delay this incredibly important case. Now, with that said, Willis and Wade maintain that their relationship actually began in 2021 after Fonnie Willis had already hired him to be the lead attorney in this case. Now, Wade says that he and his wife had both agreed that they would divorce back in 2015 after she was found to have had an affair. They did not divorce right away because they both wanted to wait until their children were all 18 years or older. And so they waited several years. Now, the reason why we know about Fonnie Willis's relationship with Nathan Wade is because there was information disclosed during his divorce proceedings from his wife that was then 
seized on by uh, the Trump camp seized of this trial. On. And they're like, wait a minute. You know, Wade's soon to be ex-wife is now alleging that he went on these romantic getaway trips with Fonnie Willis. Fonnie Willis hired Nathan Wade, what's going on here? So that's how this all came up. Now the reason why it's important to know what the timing is of their relationship is because again, Nathan Wade, Fonnie Willis, they say they started dating after Fonnie Willis had already hired him for the Trump case. But in a sworn statement attached to the filing, Wade said the relationship began in 2022 after he was hired as special prosecutor and that he and Willis shared travel expenses and never lived together. We'll get to the travel expenses in just a moment. That's a huge part of the story as well. But there was some testimony today that contradicts this notion. Um, Robin Yerdy, a former friend and coworker of Fulton County District Attorney Fonnie Willis testified that Willis's personal relationship with a special prosecutor began before he was hired in the Georgia election interference case against Donald Trump. Let's take a quick look at that testimony. And do you understand it, that their relationship began in 2019 and continued until the last time you spoke with her? Yes. So their relationship, according to a close friend and colleague of Fonnie Willis, began in 2019. That's devastating. So. Look, if you say, oh no, we started after the trial, 2019 ain't nowhere near the trial. So either her close friend is lying or Fonnie Willison and Wade are lying. Why would the friend lie? I mean, unless later they prove that she took like some sort of massive bribe or something, I see no reason why the friend would lie. So it's super damning. I see a lot of reasons why Fonnie Willis and Wade would lie, right? So that was the backbreaker right there. So there's more. Now, Fonnie Willis and, and Wade, they maintain that in regard to their romantic trips, they went to Belize, they went, to, um, they went on a cruise together, they went to Aruba. They claim that Fonnie Willis paid him back, that he didn't spend any money on her. Mm, this is where it's gonna get ridiculous. Okay, so let's go to Nathan Wade's testimony about how he was reimbursed for these trips. You said in the affidavit that you roughly shared travel though, correct? Yes, ma'am. Okay, so this roughly sharing travel, you're saying she reimbursed you? She did. And where did you deposit the money she reimbursed you? It was cash, she didn't, she didn't give me any checks. So she paid you cash for her share of all these vacations? Mr. Schaefer, you'll step out if you do that again. Yes, ma'am. Okay, and so all of the vacations that she took, she paid you cash for? Yes, ma'am. Now, obviously that's very convenient because you pay in cash, you don't have a paper trail indicating that Fonnie Willis has in fact reimbursed Wade for these trips. And then later when she testifies, she explains why it is that she carries so much cash with her. We'll get to that in a moment, but Jake, what are your thoughts yeah, on what he said there? This is what the kids call sus, <laughs> or they did at least a couple of years ago. So guys, come on, really? So you have to understand something. When they you say, oh no, no, it's okay, it wasn't inappropriate. He wasn't paying me with taxpayer money that I gave him and then he took me to Aruba. No, 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 I was paying him back. The very first thing a prosecutor is gonna ask you or an investigator is gonna ask you is, "Oh, you paid him back, great, where's the bank records, right? Oh, I don't have any bank records. And well, okay, well, he's probably got the bank records if you paid him, right? Oh, he doesn't have it either. So what would you make up? The only thing you could make up is, it was in cash, 
It was in cash or maybe gold bullions. Right, and even <laughs> when it comes on. to cash, you know, the during cross-examination, like the, the attorneys asked, okay, well, if you like to carry cash with you and you pay that way, I mean, there would be records in your checking account of you withdrawing cash in order to pay him. <clears throat> and she said, no. No, I just had a cash that magically appears into my house. That basically- and if you question that, well, you're a racist. She has kept certain amounts of cash at home, it fluctuates. And sometimes when she goes grocery shopping, she kept mentioning Publix, which made me very hungry because they have the best subs. But nonetheless, that's a side point. Um, <laughs> that she would, you know, you buy your groceries and sometimes it asks you if you- Publix has good subs. Of course, they live in LA. I, don't, I doubt you can get a good hoagie in LA. You never know, you never know. Want to take some cash out? And that she would always take a little bit of cash out and then she would take that cash home and, you know, she would stash it away. Actually, one of the best hoagie places of all time was Atlantic City, New Jersey. I forget the name of that place. The White House or something? That place was fun. I think it's gone. That was crazy. Unbelievable. Top three all time. And then when she would reimburse him, she so she tried to make it seem very complicated how she acquired that cash and, and how it would be difficult to determine the money that she withdrew from her account because of the different ways in which she withdrew it. I want to be fair to her and, and note that that's what she claimed. And she claimed that her dad taught her to keep- uh, Well, we got those videos. Okay, yeah. <laughs> I, I, just, I think it's absurd. Look, if it happens once, like, hey, you went to Vegas, you want some money, it happened to me once, once, right? And then and then you use that cash for a little while, you give some to your wife, whatever, for uh, some, yeah, okay, right. But you do this all the time. And then you pay the other people on Cash App. And it's never come up before, but the one time that the whole country's watching and you need financial records, now you invent a story about how you always keep cash around just in case you need, come on, all right, maybe, but like very unlikely. So in this next clip, you're gonna see Fonnie Willis explain why it is that she tends to have cash on her and more importantly why she made a point to constantly reimburse Nathan Wade for the trips that they went on. Let's watch. For many, many years I have kept money in my house. That money in my worst days has probably only been $500 or $1,000. At my best days I probably had $15,000 in my house at cash. At all times there's going to- Did she say a key? I probably had $15,000 in my house at cash. A key? You got keys of cocaine in your house? Did you have a Freudian slip there, asked Willis? At all times. You know, apparently she went after the gangs uh, as a prosecutor, and it makes me think that she probably went after the gangs that didn't pay. There's going to be cash in my house or wherever I'm laying my head. The money that you paid Mr. Wade, the cash, in October of 2022, you do not know where that money came from. I do know where it came from. It came from my sweat and tears. You know which job it came from. Did it come from Fulton County or did it come from a private job? It came from, I don't, I'm not a, what are you talking about? So it, it could have come from, from a private job because before I was DA, I was in private practice. So the testimony would become combative at times and you got a little taste of that. But I want to go to the next video dealing with Fonnie Willis paying Wade back because she really wanted to, like she insisted on sharing some personal details about their relationship dynamic and why it is that she always paid him back. So let's watch the next one. 
It's interesting that we're here about this money. Mr. Wade is used to women that, uh, as he told me one time, the only thing a woman can do for him is make him a sandwich. We would have brutal arguments about the fact that I am your equal. I don't need anything from a man. A man is not a plan. A man is a companion. And so there was tension always in our relationship, which is why I was give him his money back. I don't need anybody to foot my bills. The only man who's ever foot my bills completely is my daddy. Yeah, I, I would not have told that story, <laughs> but I, it, it, but it's kind of mixed because on the one hand, it made looks Nathan Wade look terrible. Under look, that bus. Oh, wow, Flat the only thing a, a woman can do is make me a sandwich. Jesus Christ, what is that? Okay, but uh, you know, it makes it slightly more believable. She did throw him under the bus and her saying, no, I'm a proud woman who uh, pays uh, my own way. Okay, that's the first believable thing I've seen. Yeah, I, I, that's the reason why she shared that incredibly uncomfortable story, right? Yeah. To, to make a point about how she ensures that she pays her own way because she's trying to make a point to a guy who I guess is a misogynist and doesn't think that women are capable of doing that. Anyway, <laughs> that was amazing. She hired him and became his boss. I wonder if he still thinks that, I don't. Yeah, now look. If you're overwhelmed with where you are politically and that's kind of clouding your analysis of, of how today went down, I will turn your attention to MSNBC. Now we know that MSNBC is notoriously in favor of the Democrats, provides cover for the Democrats, endless nonstop anti-Trump content. But even with that in mind, here's how one of their analysts looked at the case today and commented on it. This is epic, this is monumental. If things are going in the direction we think, uh, Fonnie Willis lied to the court, it's game over for her. She will be disqualified um, if they had a relationship prior to when they uh, represented to, to the court. It's, it's a huge deal, I, I can't overstate it. And that wasn't the only legal expert who made that point. Uh, CNN also had a panel of legal experts and it seems like People who are grounded in what the- Now that was before the narrative shift. Laws are and what the ethics are, saw today's proceedings and felt that she should be taken off the case. Yeah, um, so look, no one can know for sure, uh, but it looks terrible. Uh, and look, I with MSNBC, you never know, they might be out. So, because what happens on cable news is that when news breaks, Someone will accidentally be human and tell you something that's true. True, yes. And then by the next morning, Scarborough's team will be out there going. No. Yeah, he he even knows. No, he really, you got to. And Cenk's an idiot. He even knows. It. Remember Joy Reid, etc. You got to defend Fonnie Willis here. Fonnie Willis is good. It's, I don't know. But the bottom line is, uh, even by introducing this huge issue into the case, she's mucked things up. Yeah. I mean, of all of the lawyers in Atlanta, the one person you hired to lead the case was your boyfriend? Nah, that's a terrible idea. And so now she might be in a lot of trouble, the case might be delayed. But again, it has absolutely no logical bearing <laughs> on whether Trump did it or didn't do uh -huh. it. He did interfere with- He, again, election interference, it's not a real thing. It's like hate speech, it's not a real thing. Election officials in Georgia, he did try to fix the election. Bullshit. He did have fake electors. And, and the last thing is, if, hey, you Republicans out there, you know that uh, Marsha Clark and Chris Darden, the prosecutors of OJ. I don't give a fuck about them. 
Simpson. We found out after the trial they had a relationship. Who cares? And that's why OJ was innocent. <laughs> well, that's your logic, right? I'd, I'm not even making an argument. I think OJ did it. <laughs> if the prosecutors had a relationship, then by definition, the defendant must be innocent. Now, that logic makes no sense. I mean, sense. I don't care if OJ did it. It's at all. I think OJ's hilarious. And if you apply it to OJ, they'll go. And in he fact, sends knife emojis to people in DMs. That's fucking hilarious. Anyway, now here's the follow-up. Yesterday on the program, uh, we start talking about Fonnie Willis, and uh, it looked like she had a really bad day on the stand. And we weren't the only ones who thought that. Um, almost everybody uh, did. And MSNBC, which normally protects Democrats, that's the <coughs> business they're in. We tell you that all the time. Um, but you do that too. You're just for some reason being honest about this, which maybe it's an area you think you can safely pivot. Even to. their legal analyst said, "Oh, that was pretty terrible." Now listen to what they said yesterday and what I said at the end of that clip. Then I'm going to come back and show you what they said this morning. Now we know that MSNBC is notoriously in favor of the Democrats, provides cover for the Democrats. Endless, nonstop anti Trump content. But even with that in mind. But that's you. That's you. Here's how one of their analysts looked at the case today and commented on it. This is epic. This is monumental. If things are going in the direction we think, uh, Fonnie Willis lied to the court, it's game over for her. She will be disqualified um, if they had a relationship prior to when they uh, represented to, to the court. It's, it's a huge deal. I, I can't overstate it. Look, I am, with MSNBC, you never know. They might be out. So, because what happens on cable news is that when news breaks, Someone will accidentally be human and tell you something that's true. True, yes. And then by the next morning, Scarborough's team will be out there going, no, you really, you gotta you remember Joy Reid, et cetera. You, know, you gotta defend Fonnie Willis here, Fonnie Willis is good. Now, uh, Scarborough's team includes, of course, his co-host, Mika Brzezinski. So let's see what she did this morning. It's so interesting because um, you can you could definitely get uh, from her testimony, Lisa, that she was angry for a number of reasons, and many of them she didn't bring up. Um, she obviously doesn't like being lied about. She obviously doesn't like having her personal life just her personal life dragged out into the open and also lied about. She mentioned several times in her testimony that she's had to move a lot because of death threats, uh, even before the election trial began because of other trials that she's presided over. I mean, this has been a tough job for her. And then to hear, you know, this sideshow happen to try and delay the election interference case, this is her point of view. She was just, you know what, absolutely PO'd and got up on the stand because she was like, damn it, I'm just going to have to tell my own story to these people. Let's talk about these people. The Trump attorneys seemed bumbling. They seemed unprepared. They seemed completely surprised that she took the stand and had absolutely nothing prepared for her. Told you. <laughs> okay, so yesterday their legal analyst watches it and says that was devastating against Fonnie Willis and the other side seem to prove their point uh, really well. Uh, this morning, they've got the talking points in order now. No, it turns out Fonnie Willis was lied about. She's the victim. She has such a tough job. And the other side is a bunch of bumblers who had nothing at all, okay? Funny how that turned around overnight. And you could have different opinions on whether Fonnie Willis uh, actually 
hired her boyfriend and whether they were going out at the same time. And and, and I think it's a little bit closer than either one, either the legal analyst or uh, Mika's making out to be. But Mika's not done yet. So watch one more. This election interference trial has caused a danger to her life. So if you're wondering why she's angry, is that this has led to such an upheaval in her life in so many different ways to serve and to try and, and take this case to fruition. And then to have this happen, that would cause someone to be very, very angry. I know I'm going to get to a question, but I just want to point out, you know it's bad when you turn on Fox News and they start talking about her demeanor, her behavior, her looks. I mean, it, uh, it shows that there's probably a problem with the case that they think they have against her. I thought she was fiery. I thought she said important things. She said important things. Yesterday we were telling you that it seemed like she was lying when a legal analyst was being honest for a second. Now all of a sudden we're turning around and say she's being lied about. She's the victim. And they're making comments about her appearance. Racist. That's not the so this is one of the rare times that you have Chank Uger actually telling the truth about something. I think it's a broken clock scenario. Issue. Okay, but look, there's two reasons why we're telling you this. Number one, let's be honest, hashtag Cenk was right. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay, now in all seriousness, guys, there's a real point in here. Now, why do we show you our predictions and then show you them actually coming to fruition. This is, I think, the first time that that's ever happened. I think this is the first, I, I don't recall this ever happening before. Not to brag, but so that you guys know that this- You've is, done it before, but you've misrepresented what you said. It's predictable. When you have an agenda and you're not doing actual- But you're part of that agenda. For some reason on this topic, you're deciding to pivot. But I'm skeptical that it lasts. I think you'll get right back on narrative. News, you will always go back to that agenda. So no matter what happens, and we it's not just MSNBC. We've shown you this uh, on Fox News too. An, a live event happens, someone is human for a second, goes, oh man, Trump looks really bad, right? And then by the next morning, they've recalibrated, they've got their new talking points. Trump looked right. fire. This is like exactly what you did on election night of the midterms of 2018. It was bad for Democrats, and then you were, you were you went on a rant about how bad it was, and then the next day you were like, oh, there was a blue wave. We just didn't realize it. Ridiculous. And fantastic, and that was just him being passionate, right? So they all do this, and I'm sick of it. None of them are in the news business. They're all in the propaganda You're business. You're in the propaganda business. It's just different people that they're doing propaganda for. All right, uh, Ray, what do you think? I felt like I was losing my mind when she said, well, you look at the coverage on Fox News and they're just talking about her demeanor. And then she just immediately starts talking about her demeanor just positively. You're doing literally the exact same thing. And I would bet my bottom dollar that uh, a majority of the MSNBC audience and all of the Fox News audience, they have no idea that this is a motion hearing over whether or not she unjustly enriched herself. Because they're not talking about that. And if you act like if you want to say that their attorneys for the defense were bumbling, you could actually point to the fact that they presented 
very little substantive evidence to suggest that she did or even attempted to unjustly enrich herself, regardless of how you feel about uh, the the potential misconduct. So that's total bullshit. So she's on narrative, Chenk is off narrative. Conduct of the relationship. I mean, but that's not necessarily the goal of the defense's attorneys. Their goal is to create this, you know, circus. Their goal is to uh, discredit Fonnie Willis as a uh, prosecutor. And they're doing it successfully, and partially because mainstream, uh, even mainstream, I don't want to call them left wing media because I don't think that's, uh, you know. Yeah, there's no left wing media. They all help conservatives. Entirely accurate. But, you know, the, these Democrat supporting mainstream media entities aren't even covering it in a, in a meaningful way. They're covering it that plays ex in a way that plays exactly into what the defense attorneys are hoping they will in a way that we're not talking about substantively whether or not there was a, an argument presented to show that she had somehow unjustly enriched herself. We're talking about, you know, some some slay queen girl boss bull about her demeanor on the stand and then complaining that the other side is doing it in a way that just didn't paint her in a good light. It's it's ridiculous. Yeah, Ray. Yeah, I'll yeah. just say one quick thing about that. You're so right because they're not talking about the issue. They're talking about are you pro Fonnie Willis or anti Fonnie Willis? Are you pro Trump or anti Trump? Yes, but brothers and sisters, concentrate. What did they do or not do? And it's amazing how little they care about that, Jackson. Well, I think it's what you pointed out about are you pro or anti Fonnie Willis or are you pro or anti Trump? Things always get boiled down uh, to be that simple, especially with the right wing, because if not, then how could you not have turned away from Trump at this point? Given the fact that pretty much any other Republican is like, he's like what you get if you mix AIDS, Millie Vanilli, Colin Kaepernick and a three musketeer together. It's ridiculous. 98, 97, maybe 89 percent on board with his policies that they voted with him while he was in uh, while he was in office. So it, it really is just the you know dumb brute analogy of this is my sports team versus yours, but that really kind of felt like we were watching The View or something or some type <laughs> of like gossip talk show where they were just defending their friend like how Ray pointed out uh, kind of like the girl boss type of thing. But at the end of the day, I mean, this seems like a situation that Fonnie didn't really need to be in. I mean, it, this seems to have been something that is uh, avoidable. So, and unfortunately, uh, this is one of the more important cases, one of the more important criminal cases for Donald Trump. Mm -hmm. One of the ones that holds the most weight that people are really looking at. So it's unfortunate that this has to happen with this one, but I mean, this is a result of her actions. So it is what it is. See, that's a fair way of handling it, right? <laughs> Saying, hey, I think, we, I think that all three of us think that Trump did it, right? Based on the publicly available evidence. Uh, but that doesn't mean you should hire your boyfriend. But we don't know if uh, they were boyfriend girlfriend at the time, and you saw some conflicting testimony. I had the sense that they probably were going out earlier, and that it was probably wrong of Fonnie Willis uh, to bring him onto the case. There's tons of lawyers in Atlanta. You didn't have to hire that one guy. Uh, but but you know others have defended her in a way that was substantive and interesting, where you know talk about uh, the culture of keeping cash in your house and it might depend on. You know your background, etc., and she made it a spirited defense. But guys, that's not the point. The point is, are you analyzing the actual issue and trying to bring people real news in a way that's honest, or are you just picking sides? So you're not honest, and it'll be interesting to see how long it takes before they pivot back and they get 
uh, uh, within the media narrative. We'll see. It'll be interesting. All right, let's get to some uh, breaking news from the internet from the Lord of the News, Gun Fox. Let's have a look here. Um, this is uh, Jerome Powell plans to cut interest rates despite persistent inflation, and the American people could lose big. Oh my God. Not surprised. Federal Reserve Chairman Jerome Powell is not known for his resolve. It's the main reason why the new and emerging consensus among Wall Street Fed watchers is that he will cut interest rates at least twice this year, despite signs of persistent inflation. Um, if the CEOs and top executives who follow the Fed can be believed, and these folks have sources inside the central bank's uh, building in Washington, D.C., Powell is already brushing off last week's high inflation reads as likely an anomaly. They're going to fuck us so hard in the ass it's going to be. We, we, we'll be able to feel their cock in our throats. It's going to be unbelievable. And while they're doing it, they're going to be like, oh, that's not, that's not. No, that's normal. That's not, that's not, that's normal. Hey, this is great. You should be thankful for what we're doing to you. You should be thankful. Um, his first rate cut, uh, since he started to raise them in March 2022, will come in June, they say. It'll be followed by a second one in September, and maybe a third one in November after the election. Consumer the loser, politics and Powell style as Fed chair are both at play, these people say. And in the end, the big loser could be the American consumer if he misjudges once again the economy's inflationary threat. I think we're going to see $10 peanut butter uh, by, the, by, the, by the end of the year. So right now, and again, this is this is regional, so it might be different where you're at. Could be higher, could be lower. But one of the products that skyrocketed, which was already high as hell, that has fucking skyrocketed for some reason is peanut butter. So the big peanut butter, whether it be Skippy or Jif, used to be $5.99. Now, that's high. It used to be $3.99 when, you know, before all this fucking bullshit... And then, you know, it slowly went up to $5.99. And it was at $5.99 for a while. Now, that's still taking it right in the ass, okay? $6, that's fucking crazy. A couple weeks ago, I went there. It's seven fifty now. Normally, the prices, they're still going up, but they're going up $0.10, cents, $0.05, cents, $0.15, cents, depending on what it is. This shit went up $1.50, like, instantly. So I'm thinking it's going to be $10 by the end of the year. Unbelievable. And there's you know plenty of other examples you can point to. That's just the one that struck struck me because I kind of limit what I buy. I just buy like staples and that's it. I'm trying to uh, have the supermarket rape be as um, as uh, low as possible. But um, yeah, seven fifty. So seven fifty peanut butter bread is like six four to six depending on um, what kind you buy. It's like you're dropping like $30 on peanut butter and jelly sandwiches for the week. $30. Unbelievable. This is so fucked up. Anyway. Um, new, more worrisome inflation data could force Powell to go hawkish, but it would have to be, it would be really worrisome, the Fed watchers say. Powell's style, of course, is uh, one of telegraphing to the markets, even if that's not part of his job's description. 
The Fed's dual mandate is achieving price stability while maximizing employment, not making traders rich. That said, Pal, if anything, is consistent to a fault, and he hates throwing curveballs at the markets because he thinks wrongly that the financial asset price stability is part of his job. His recent statements are all consistent with at least two smallish rate cuts later in the year as other data emerge to support or rationalize his core belief. Uh, that inflation is uh, subsidizing and he needs or subsiding, excuse me, and he needs to protect against a recession. Further rate cutting heat will come from the increasingly toxic political atmosphere in D.C., particularly over the Biden presidency. Powell has been known to cave in the past. Former President Trump mean tweeted Powell into reversing course on raising rates during an economic boomlet a few years back, and as the 2020 election loomed, maybe the worst example of pandering by any Fed chief in recent history. By cutting rates in late 2019 for no good reason other than to shut Trump up, the Fed was left with fewer options when rates really needed to be slashed a few months later during the height of COVID. The Biden White House knows Powell's an easy mark, and they also believe lower rates are the way to win re-election in the fall because they need to change the conversation about Sleepy Joe and fast. Biden's lack of mental acuity is no longer being whispered about in Dem circles. It's now full-on panic. That special prosecutor's report on whether Biden properly handled classified documents confirmed what most Americans have witnessed. The president is a feeble old man with lapsing mental acuity. Uh, Dems need something to run on. They think the economy is their last best hope. (laughs) How could you run on this economy? How the fuck are you? And you're going to do some shit that makes it worse? Good luck. Good luck. That's why Biden's handlers are leaning on Powell publicly and privately to cut rates. These people are very stupid. They believe the headline numbers are strong and can get stronger with a push from the Fed with easier money. The markets will love it. And who knows, people might actually forget about the still sticky inflation to vote for Sleepy Joe. Who would possibly, other than rich people, not think about inflation? You've got to be kidding me. Yes, a roaring job market, another bull market in relative economic stability isn't a bad selling point over someone as volatile as Trump, who carries his own baggage, both both personal and legal. Miscalculations. Well, the problem with Powell is if he miscalculates. Remember transitory inflation? Yeah, it was a made-up concept like hate speech and assault weapon. Well, one reason Powell has slammed the brakes so hard on liquidity uh, is because he misread the economic indicators back in 2021. Powell thought for only reasons he knew that the glut of fiscal and monetary stimulus, both during and after the worst of COVID and its lockdown, wouldn't destabilize prices. Insane. Simple economic and common sense teaches you that that much money chasing the same amount of goods and services, or fewer because of the lockdowns, always leads to massive inflation, as it did. The rate of inflation is finally lower. That's the good news. Yeah, it's still going up, though. The bad news, prices for necessities like food and energy remain wickedly high. Another reason Biden's polling is horrible going into an election year. The CPI and PPI spikes this past week underscore the dicey nature of inflation. It never dies an easy death, which is why the history of fighting is never a straight path. Recall how the great Fed chair Paul Volcker had to make at least two runs at it with massively higher rates to tame the price spiral of the late 70s and early 80s. It was messy for a couple years, but once inflation was tamed, we had decades of economic growth. The great economy was achieved because, was achieved because he withstood political pressure, actually thumbed his nose at it, and focused on his job. Well, that's not what Powell's going to do. If Powell cares about his legacy, he will do the same. Zero chance he does the same. But we'll see. 
Fucking crazy. Absolutely insane. All right, let's get to some more breaking news from the internet from Gunfox here. Trump thought New York City was his playground. Now it's his nightmare. Yeah, if this holds. If this holds. I'm not convinced um, that this holds. Oh, written by the faggiest of faggot AIDS commies, Bill de Blasio himself. Oh, is there not a more disgust? How disgusting is Bill de Blasio? Bill de Blasio is so disgusting. He's just one of the worst. Fuck Bill de Blasio. Man. All right. Um, New Yorkers are no stranger to Donald Trump's legal problems. Starting decades ago, knowledgeable residents of the Big Apple uh, witnessed the Trump family cheat and rig the system for their own benefit. So what's truly interesting about Friday's uh, fraud decision is that Trump and his co-defendants are finally being held financially accountable to the tune of over $350 million. Hopefully one day you're held accountable for poisoning all those people while eating a hamburger and french fries like a disgusting animal. How about that? How about that, you fucking bitch? Anyway, I hope Bill de Blasio goes to jail again after a fair trial. Humanely, legally, and politically, of course. Trump actions have consequences, and New York's hardworking residents deserve to know that the rich and greedy don't get to play by a different set of rules. This is such propaganda. As Kevin Wallace, a, a lawyer in New York Attorney General Letitia James' office said during closing arguments, Trump's misconduct prices out honest borrowers and can lead to more catastrophic results. That's totally made up. That's completely made up. Furthermore, an entirely new generation of New York public servants, yeah, communists, full-blown AIDS commies, not steeped in the traditions of going along to get along, have emerged to fight back. Their actions this week confirm a long history of corruption is finally being overcome. Pervert Judge Arthur Engeron, a classically blunt New Yorker, has consistently shown he's not overawed by the powerful man whose fate he holds in his hands. And James, who, like me, started her political career and an insurgent city council member, stood her ground against Trump in a way her predecessors never managed. But she didn't always work this way. Well, she can always uh, see what's coming because her eyes, she's got googly eyes. she got Admiral Akbar eyes, so she can see around her differently than other people. 1973, a federal investigation probed the racially discriminatory practices of Donald Trump and his father, Fred. The feds took exception to the Trump family habit of steering black and Latino applicants away from their building. Who would do that? For no reason at all. Where white people lived. Oh, I can't believe they did that. Man, that's crazy. Trump ultimately got a slap on the wrist, never acknowledged guilt, and kept on discriminating. That was just the beginning. The lesson Trump learned early on was bending the rules does pay. It's a philosophy that has framed a lifetime of business dealings in which at least may be catching up with him, cut quarters whenever you can, play fast and loose with the rules and worry about the consequences later. Uh, on this journey, he brought along his consigliere Roy Cohn, who got his started uh, uh, advising the eventually discredited Senator Joe McCarthy. Yeah, I, I like McCarthy. <clears throat> I think uh, McCarthy was... was McCarthy and Nixon, it seems as though they did these gay ops on, on them, and then they did them on Trump. 
And there's probably some people scattered in between. They did this, these gay ops on as well. But, uh, yeah, I think, uh, I think McCarthy was definitely on the something, just like the uh, 70s Christians were on the something. Uh, doesn't mean they were right about everything, but they definitely were on the something. If you think undermining democracy is something new for Trump, again, totally made up, Look no further than the fact that he gainfully employed one of the prime architects of the McCarthy era. Well, that's not a negative. That's not a negative. Trump realized early on he could get away with almost anything so long as he was ready to retain enough pricey lawyers and donate to all the right political leaders. And party registration had nothing to do with it. He and his minions happily supported Democrats and Republicans, depending on who would help him the most. When it proved painless to beat the housing discrimination rap in the 70s, Trump decided to branch out. He allegedly cheated employees out of wages and tips and stiffed contractors. He has called mobsters very nice people. Oh, how dare you? How dare you be diplomatic and try to negotiate? He allegedly found colorful and creative ways to evade taxation. That's a blatant lie. That's a massive lie. At one point, his father purchased millions of dollars of Atlantic City casino chips he never intended to use, gifting them to his son to help his young developer make a bond payment, according to an investigation by the New York Times. What's so striking is how we New Yorkers become accustomed to the city of allegation, investigation, and the Houdini-like escape. Well, this isn't over, you fucking retard. Maybe you should have wrote this article after it's it's certain that this uh, holds. There's a very good chance this does not hold because the precedent it sets is going to fuck a, fuck a lot of powerful people and they are not the people that end up getting fucked usually. Usually it's working people that get fucked in the ass. So yeah, this I think this is massive overreach. We'll see what happens. The pervert judge, massively overreached. Maybe if it was his New York connections or donations. In 1989, with no evidence to guide him, Trump... Trump pulled out full-page ads in the New York City newspaper calling for the death penalty for five young black men who were falsely accused of raping a white woman. This sickeningly brilliant propaganda act helped. You know, it's hilarious that they pretend at the time that they were on the other side. They didn't go on the other side until later there was the whole DNA thing, which apparently, at least according to Ann Coulter, is not as it seems, uh, but whatever. Uh, that's uh, I'm not here to litigate that. But um, the, Bill de Blasio was not like, this is outrageous in 1989. In 1989, he thought they raped her. He's fucking assholes. Anyway, whatever, who cares? This sickingly brilliant propaganda act helped ensure innocent New Yorkers would spend over a decade in prison. Even when they were later exonerated, Trump continued to blame them. That exoneration is heavily disputed there, sir. And so the pattern became clear uh, to so many of us. Trump believed the laws of New York simply didn't apply to him. He's treated our city like his personal playground. It's no surprise he would later boast that he could shoot someone on Fifth Avenue and get away with it. What a propaganda piece this is. Throughout the 90s and into the current century, the pattern continued. Trump exaggerated his assets. James' investigation concluded that he had cheated his business partners. He walked away from contractual obligations and created an entire university based on fraudulently preying on low-income students seeking a better life. And nothing happened to him that would actually change his behavior until now. You're out of your mind if you think this is changing his behavior. Yeah, he's calling his shot way too early. Bill de Blasio is calling his shot way too early here. And as New York's mayor, I wasn't 
cowed by his power or mystique. It now uh, it seems to spell uh, uh, the spell is finally worn off. Yeah, you were cowed by the cock at the bathhouse. Uh, the complete lack of contrition and remorse borders on the pathological, said the pervert judge, before giving Trump 355 million reminders that he's not above the law. Okay, see if it holds, faggot. See if it holds. I, I, I think there's a good chance it doesn't hold. Also, if it's true, if it is true um, that he merged Truth Social and walked away w with another four billion, then this doesn't matter at all. But I, I, I just, I'm not confirmed on that. I've seen that reported in multiple places, but I, I'm not confirmed yet. That would be hilarious if that was true. All right, let's get to some more breaking news from the internet from GunFox. Appreciate your support, sir. Trump's reported support for federal abortion ban is a wake-up call for uh, Joe Biden. Well, I mean, what, what, what is he going to do? What the fuck is he going to do? Um, on Friday, the New York Times reported that former President Donald Trump has indicated privately he likes the idea of prohibiting abortion after 16 weeks in most cases. Okay, that's four months in. How are you not satisfied with four months in? Four months? You know, it used to be they're like, well, it can't be four weeks or, or six weeks, I think. It can't be six weeks because no woman would know she's pregnant. Okay, I'm not a woman. So let's. I'll just give that to you, no problem. 16 weeks is not enough. You know why it's not enough for these people? Because they want to kill as many babies as possible to fund the baby part industry. That's it. That's it. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. You, this is why you can never negotiate with commies. They have to be fully politically marginalized. That's it. Again, humanely, politically, and legally, of course. But there's no negotiation because they're lunatics. You give them 16 weeks, it's not enough. 16 weeks would make, I would think, a decent amount of, of anti-abortion people unhappy. Okay, what's that saying that in a negotiation, if both sides are unhappy, it's probably a good, good deal for both sides or something like that. So 16 weeks would probably, I wonder how that would poll among the anti-abortion right. I wonder what 16 weeks, I, I, I bet it would be maybe like 50-50, I don't know, I can't really say. But there'd be a lot of people that would not go along with that. Okay, so they give 16 weeks, not enough. They need it up to and including birth because they're lunatics. They're fucking lunatics. Um, his spokesperson did not deny the story so much as to reiterate Trump's current campaign line. He would uh, sit down um, with both sides and negotiate a deal that everyone would be happy with. Yeah, what's wrong with that? We're not allowed to negotiate? Not allowed to negotiate a deal. You must obey. You must give Democrats everything that they want, and you must obey. The Trump campaign also tried to contrast the fantasy compromise with Biden claiming the president supports abortion on demand. But the joke's on them. Biden has specifically opposed abortion on demand as recently as last week. Yeah, in word... So I guess maybe Trump has found an abortion policy that both sides can be happy with. Oh, bullshit. For 50 years, Democrats seeded on the forced birth movement. The forced birth movement. <laughs> uh, when's the forced shit movement happening? The forced shitting. Oh, 
I don't even know. How would they even... I, I, I don't even know. If it, have we found something that's so insane that they, they couldn't argue it? They probably would. If there was some sort of political benefit to shit, they would, they would figure it out. They would figure it out. It probably wouldn't be in regards to shitting. It would be in regards to where people should shit. I would not be surprised if eventually Democrats started advocating for the homeless to shit in the streets. Right now, it's merely tolerated, but I'm not aware that it's promoted. I would not be surprised if there was a leftist promotion of taking a shit in the street. You know, kind of like a reverse of put the poo in the loo, but in reverse. Put the poo in the streets. I bet you. I bet you. You're a bigot if you don't shit in the street. I, I would not be surprised. Look, you can't satirize these people anymore. And you might say, well, that's so crazy telling people to shit in the street. Well, they're trying to make it where you where you have to allow people to spread AIDS in Tennessee. They decriminalized deliberately giving someone AIDS in California. So is that really that much crazier than telling people to shit in the street? I don't think it's that far off. I don't think it's that far off. But anyway, we'll see. Opponents of reproductive freedom, also known as killing babies, encourage this perception of abortion as sinful and violent with their bloody placards and word games. Neither partial birth abortion nor late-term abortion are terms with any real medical meaning. Oh, well, there you go. Case closed. This rhetoric shifted the Overton window further and further away from what Americans, according to polls, have long believed, that most abortions should be legal. That's total bullshit. Uh, most Americans are for uh, uh, the right to abortion, quote-unquote, to exist with restrictions. They always forget that part. Anyway, whatever. Democrats have avoided the stridency on expansive abortion and access because those same polls show Americans can be uncomfortable or unsure about specific circumstances. Well, yeah, see, this is the big game that they play, is that the Democrats, they change the language, they make it flowery. Oh, it's reproductive freedom. This is care, okay? And so people think of that, and they don't think of a baby getting chopped up. A lot of times, though, if they're shown what the fuck it actually is, they change their mind. Because there's something inborn in most people. When they see that, they go, oh, that's not good. Well, yeah, we shouldn't be doing that. That's all. That's all. That's how they hide it. That's how they hide it. Some Americans say abortion should be banned after the second trimester or the first. Or allowed at all times, as long as the pregnancy is the result of rape or incest. Over the years, polling has been inconsistent in framing these options. But consistent in showing the majority of Americans want some restrictions. Clearly, plenty of establishment Democrats have decided that it's easier to talk about restoring Roe rather than championing, championing women's complete autonomy when it comes to pregnancy and risk challenging some restrictions. They still don't really want to think about the realities of abortion. Thus, Biden's few forays into specifics have sounded depressingly familiar. Restoring Roe allows Democrats to, this, to define themselves in opposition to Republicans without talking in detail about what free access to abortion look like, looks like or means. However, designing your abortion policy, according to what Americans tell pollsters, has always been something like the Federal Aviation Administration doing away with co-pilots because nearly 50% of men told pollsters in December they could land a plane in an emergency if they had to. Oh, okay. So now we need to disregard what the public wants. Oh, isn't that amazing? Well, I mean, it's not surprising the very people you want to kill 
that you, you're not interested in their opinion, that doesn't surprise me at all. What someone believes about the world uh, for themselves when chatting comfortably on the phone is not the same as what you believe when your life or the lives of the ones around you are at risk. At the moment, many, if not most, Americans are already on the plane in the midst of an emergency, not on the ground answering hypothetical questions about how they'd prevent a crash. About two in five women are currently living in places where abortions are banned or significantly restricted. Republicans, who are not Donald Trump, have made it clear that they would love to force every pregnant person in America carry their pregnancy to term. Yes, forcing, forcing you to carry your pregnancy to term. The data on what this new reality means. There's just, there's no choice. All of a sudden, women are just pregnant. They just become pregnant, and then they're forced to do it. Oh, man. I gotta watch out for those forced pregnancies. The data on what this new reality means for maternal mortality, for rape survivors, for victims of domestic violence, is slowly emerging. And the data's not good. Stories appear nearly every week about the specifics. Yeah. Show me some real ones. Can you do that? Because the ones you've come up with don't make any fucking sense whatsoever. The honor, the horror of this moment could be a political gift if only Democrats would accept it. They no longer have to worry that a radical position on abortion will turn off voters because it is the Republicans who have taken a radical position. <laughs> 16 weeks is not only not acceptable, it's radical. Again, you're, this is why... In my opinion, you can't negotiate with commies. Now, you can try. Go ahead and try. I'm not opposed. I'm not a leftist. If you disagree and you want to try to negotiate with a commie, do it. Let me know how it goes. Let me, let me know how it goes. Record it if you can, if it's legal. Okay? And, and we can watch it. Because I, I, I don't think... Uh, I, I've never seen any sort of negotiation with an AIDS commie where they're giving up anything. First of all, they can barely speak... Okay, all they do is, if you say one thing they don't like, they start screeching, okay? And then you're going to have to put up with the smell. Good luck to you on that one. That's a whole other thing. Um, Democrats, Biden included, need to boldly talk about why abortion is health care, period. And the government has no business deciding who deserves one any more than it regulates who gets a checkup. They need to be unapologetic about letting women and their doctors decide at what point to murder their baby. If some moderate voters are unnerved by this, what are they going to do? Vote for the folks who have now decided to go after contraceptives as well? Where? Where? What, like a, like a county? A, a woman running for a, 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 an office? Oh, get out of here with this. Oh, right. I forgot. Yes. They don't... Okay, so this is the... Remember that whore... Uh, I forget her name. So the game with the with the contraception is they say that Republicans want to ban it, but what it actually is is Republicans don't want to pay for it, which is completely different than wanting to ban it. They conflate Republicans wanting to pay for it with banning it. Okay, They did it with that whore that Rush Limbaugh got a lot of heat on for calling a slut, and uh, that was hilarious. Um, and uh, yeah. So get out of here. I've I've seen like you'll you'll get like a camera. There's a county in Michigan where a woman, super conservative Christian, was running for something, and she said that if it wasn't even like coming out like oh I'm gonna ban it definitely. She was she said this. She said if the um, legislature had a vote on it, I would vote to ban it. 
Okay, that's all she said. Now, I think banning contraception is insane, and I and like, I'm, I mean, I don't even like. How are you even going to enforce that? You're going to have an underground condom market? All right, so I'll have a bunch of underground condoms. I'm not really worried about it, okay? Because I think this is a scare tactic. Tactic, but politically, I don't think that's feasible. Um, but whatever, I, I don't care. You want to ban contraception? I mean, I'm not going along with that. You banned weed, I, you know. But of course, I follow all rules and regulations for my municipality. But anyway, I don't even think that's an actual threat. But it's very dishonest when they say, oh, Republicans are going to ban it, they want to ban it, and when in reality, it's talking about paying for it. Why should someone pay for your goddamn condoms? Pay for your own fucking condoms. And yet, condoms are expensive. You still got to pay for them. Stop being a fucking bitch. Anyway. The toxicity of the phrase abortion on demand is an artifact of error in which Democrats wanted to appeal to some mythical centrist on the issue, someone who believed in choice but didn't like the idea of just anyone getting one for any old reason. But with abortion access so radically reduced and so many Americans facing the lived consequences of anti-abortion politicians getting to decide who deserves to get an abortion, there are fewer and fewer centrists to appeal to. Right, so if you are opposed to any kind of abortion, you're an extremist, according to these people. Fucking crazy. That was some crazy shit right there. That was some crazy shit right there. Okay. Let's get to the next breaking news article from Gunfox here. This is BBC, not Big Black Cock. British Broadcasting Corporation. Diego Garcia asylum seekers feel unsafe on remote British island territory. Diego Garcia. I don't even know what the fuck that is. A group of asylum seekers on an isolated British island territory have told the UN investigators they feel unsafe and forgotten as they reported sexual assaults and harassment of children as well as self-harm and suicide attempts. Are the uh, UN people fucking the kids and raping? Because that happens sometimes. That happens sometimes. Inspectors from the UN uh, refugee... Agency visited Diego Garcia in the Indian Ocean to check on their welfare. They found that conditions there amounted to arbitrary detention. The Foreign Office said the island was not suitable for migrants to live on. Other than the migrant camp, the island is used as a U.S.-U.K. military base. Thousands of troops are stationed there, usually on a one-year deployment, along with a smaller number of military contractors. For all allegations of sexual abuse or sexual assault and harassment, the alleged perpetrators were other asylum seekers. Oh, interesting. Well, this is what happens when you don't vet. Civilian visitors are not allowed, and the island has officially had no resident population since the early 70s when the UK relocated. Is this like Guarma? Is this like Guarma from Red Dead 2? I don't know. They, the, the, the UK relocated all the people living there so it could develop the base. The 61 people currently in the island camp are uh, mostly Sri Lankan Tamils, and the first of them landed on Diego Garcia in October, in October of 2021, and their boat ran into trouble while trying to sail to Canada, according to migrants and officials. Their subsequent asylum claims were the first ever to be launched on British Indian Ocean territory and are described as being constitutionally distinct and separate from the UK and where the UK government argues uh, that the refugee convention does not apply. Interesting. Why are they fucking with these people? 
Are they not violent enough? Because, you, you know, they'll let the violent ones in. It's the response to the UN report on the asylum seekers, a foreign office spokeswoman said, that it's not a suitable location for migrants um, and that their uh, welfare and safety is our top, priori uh, top priority. Uh, the sexual violence is likely underreported. During the visit, the UNHCR representative heard several allegations of sexual assault and harassment with alleged victims, including young children. In all instances, the alleged perpetrators were other asylum seekers. It adds that there was likely to be an underreporting of sexual violence because of shame and stigma and a view among asylum seekers that they would not be an effective response. It was clear from speaking to asylum seekers, both the general population and those who had made allegations, that they didn't see anything to be gained by reporting, both in terms of justice and safety, including due to the fact that alleged perpetrators of sexual assault remain living in the camp alongside the alleged victims. Uh, this is, well, I, look, the UN people don't give a fuck about the migrants either. That's the big con. Um, it's, this is all trafficking. This is all fucking trafficking. A decision made last July to designate family tents and single male tents was a positive step, but unlikely to be sufficient as a prevention mechanism. In the UN report, the asylum seekers uh, on the island, which is hundreds of miles away from any other population, describe being bitten by rats in a fenced-off camp and say that they're only permitted to leave it under a security escort, even if they just want to walk to the beach. That has led to feelings of despair and incidents of self-harm and suicide attempts, the UN draft report, one of the first detailed insights into the conditions on the island. The group of asylum seekers, which includes 16 children, said they felt bored, depressed, and hopeless. Some said they felt forgotten, with one woman saying, many of us think about ending our lives. Some of the children told the inspectors they had witnessed violence and self-harm and made multiple references to suicide. Some of them recalled a time when a security dog came to visit the camp and they watched it through the security fence. The children said it made them sad that the dog was able to be outside the fence, but they were not. The asylum seekers do not have access to the Internet and have never met their lawyers in person. Until now, details of the conditions they're being held in have been scarce. A process has been established to determine if the group should be sent back to Sri Lanka or a safe third country. The BBC last year established contact with multiple asylum seekers on the island who described conditions as hellish. Um, they reside in a closed place with no possibility to leave at will, which amounts to detention under international law. It's, in its report, the UN agency says the conditions on the island fail to provide the necessary standards of privacy, safety, and dignity. The draft report said asylum seekers are held in a fenced area of about 100 meters by 140 meters and are barred from leaving unless with a security escort. Most of the children have never left the camp. Um, the children showed UN representatives pictures they had drawn depicting the wired fence surrounding the camp and said their lives generally consisted of eating meals with their families, walking to the education tent for classes, and then returning to their own tent. What are they teaching them in the education tent? Like about trannies and gender? I bet you they are. I bet you they are. Uh, living in here is like living in hell. Children go to bed late and in the night and they don't sleep because they don't feel at peace and that's because the children feel that uh, we as parents do not feel at peace. So any of these motherfuckers that proclaim to care about migrants, the f like the number one thing, if you truly did, the number one thing you would want to make sure is that you vetted. Because if you vet, then you don't have problems of 
I mean, not that it would be impossible, but you at least make it a small percentage chance that you're going to have rapists going around raping people. But they don't give a fuck about this at uh, that because this is uh, this is about trafficking human beings, and so they don't give a fuck. So they let everybody in. Crazy. The UN report describes a deterioration in mental health in the camp, and observers saw signs of clinical depression and post-traumatic stress disorder. The draft report says that while children in the camp appeared playful and responsive, there were worrying signs that living in an enclosed environment in close proximity to adults who are suffering from poor mental health was having an impact on their emotional health. Children have witnessed violence and self-harm. They are aware many of the adults, including in some cases their own parents, have tried to end their lives. <clears throat> During a UN visit, one teenage girl said, do you think that if I kill myself, my brother and parents could go to another country where they would have a better life? Asylum seekers, including children, told the UN they feel their suffering is without end and frequently consider the idea of purposely inflicting bodily harm or ending, ending their life. Medical services on the island reported 21 incidents of self-harm. Um, one man says, I feel I'm alive on the outside, but dead on the inside. My body hurts me, and if the pain uh, further increases, I may have to hurt myself to end all this. Um, several people have been transferred to Rwanda. <laughs> Bro, what? Holy shit. This is this is hell. It is it is hell on earth. Where to get some relief or help, you gotta go to fucking Rwanda. Holy shit! Holy shit! Holy shit! This was for medical care. Could you imagine? It's so shitty there. You gotta go to Rwanda for medical care. Good night. Good night. Those who have had their claims for international protection approved are still waiting for a third country. Look, I mean, there is a there is a, a tragedy to all this. There are people who are being tricked. It's a combination. There are evil people. There are evil criminals. There are traffickers, coyotes at the southern border, cartel. There's all these people. There's also innocent people who have been tricked by these NGOs and these evil people and told, oh yeah, you could you'd go on the journey that you'll get taken care of. And now it's true in some instances, depending on where you end up, like if you end up in New York City, you're getting a whole bunch of shit. But a lot of these people are promised something, they're never delivered and they're sold into slavery. <clears throat> and, uh, and, and people who are against that are told that they're racist. Oh, you're anti-migrant. Look, I'm not gonna f moral fag about the migrants. We got our own problems here. But my issue is people who are moral fagging about the migrants are moral fagging for policies that make this kind of shit happen. That's, the, that's just ridiculous. That's ridiculous. Just be honest about what you're supporting. You're supporting worldwide human trafficking by the global homos. Just be honest about it. Just be honest. Just say these people are being used as political tools from my side of the aisle. Just be fucking honest about it. Stop moral fagging. It's so annoying. Oh, my God. It's so ridiculous. <clears throat> UNHCR frequently heard concerns that asylum seekers felt that they had been forgotten on the island and had no way to speak up about their current conditions. The UN report acknowledged that the sudden arrival of asylum seekers on Diego Garcia presented enormous challenges. It says important effects were pursued to ensure that those who wished to make international protection claims were able to do so. Get the fuck... 
if they wanted to, they could get these people off this island. If they wanted to. These people are of no importance to the UN, and they're going to be put there to rot and die. Okay? That's, that's it. They could absolutely, if they needed to, get these people off the island. So, this is ridiculous. <clears throat> they're, they're, they're of minor importance, and they are expendable. Uh, and so, this is what you get. Its, uh, its draft report calls for the asylum seekers to be urgently relocated for final decisions on international protection to be expedited <clears throat> and solutions secured for those who claim, whose claims are approved. It also calls for the UK government to conduct contingency planning for possible future arrivals on the island and for an independent mechanism to be established to monitor the treatment of asylum seekers. One of the group's lawyers says she was extremely concerned about their well-being, describing the conditions as appalling. Lawyers have been denied access to visit their clients on the island, she added. That's exactly why. Why? So this is on purpose. This is on purpose. The UK took control of the Chagos Islands, of which Diego Garcia is part of, and in 65 went on to evict its population of more than 1,000 people to make way for the base. Moretis, uh, which won independence from the UK in 1968, maintains the islands are its own, and the UN's highest court has ruled that the UK's administration of the territory is unlawful and must end. Yeah, these it's just uh, its a hell of a thing. So there you go. That's fucked up. That's a fucked up story. All right, let's, uh, let's uh, get to the next one here. This is more breaking news from the Internet from GunFox. Again, appreciate the support. More BBC. Uh... Avidikvia? <laughs> Ukraine troops leave embattled eastern town. Oh, they're leaving? I thought they were winning. Ukraine says its troops have withdrawn from Akvadivia, a key eastern town besieged by Russian forces for months. Well, I mean, that's how you know they're winning. They are, they are withdrawing from a, a town. Uh, and that's, you know, that's what winners do. They just let the opposition take over the town. That's yeah, yes, totally fine. That's why we need to give them more money, because they're they're almost there, guys. They're almost on the precipice of a victory over Russia. The decision was taken in order to save the soldiers' lives, said the crackhead homosexual that runs Ukraine, also known as Zelensky. Russian Russian Defense Ministry said on Saturday it had taken full control of the town, with President Putin hailing it as an important victory. Oh man, that's a, that's a hell of a thing. That's a hell of a thing right there. Um, one moment. Oh, man. Oh. Okay. We got some... Uh, okay. All right. I'll, I'll let you know what that pause was in a moment. <laughs> it's going to be a hell of a thing. Russia's defense ministry said on Saturday it had taken full... Or it, 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 its fall marks Russia's biggest win for months. And uh, Mr crackhead homosexual who killed Coach Redpill blamed faltering Western weapon supplies. Almost all of Atkavia's pre-war population of more than 30,000 people have left and the city itself is almost completely destroyed. <clears throat> you can thank Joe Biden and the global homos for that. Ukraine has been experiencing... I mean, with what I was saying about... Same with Ukraine. There's tons of civilians just getting fucked in the ass because Ukraine is run by a, a corrupt, evil person. Our country is run by a corrupt, evil person. The global homos are corrupt, evil people. And, and the civilians are expendable and they take it in the ass. 
Now, I still... It's their problem. It's not our problem. I am not for any sort of, well, we have to go to war then to save the civilians. No, we don't. No, we don't. If that's how you're going to be, you're going to be going to war everywhere. That's just, It's not possible. Fucked up shit happens. There's nothing you can do about it. But, uh, but yeah. And then, and then they virtue signal that if you're against any of these evil people, uh, you are a bad person because this is a flourishing democracy and that Putin's the truly evil guy. I don't like Putin at all, but... Zelensky and Biden are not that much different than Putin. I loved, man, I'm telling you, I, I, I retweeted it. I, I don't usually tweet things presented without comment. Rarely do I use that. I used it twice this week because I just had nothing that I could add. The first one was Destiny's insane screed that was so ridiculous. There's nothing I could add to, add to that. The other one was Ben Shapiro's response to someone, I forget who it was, that was pointing out the similarities with what's going on in this country and what happened with that motherfucker that might have been killed by Putin in Russia. Again, I hold out the possibility that a lot of that shit is CIA propaganda. Because they, you know, they did it with Assad, probably are doing it with Putin. Doesn't mean Putin's great. You know, I mean, you just you saw like people were trying to go to this guy's like uh, vigil and they were just arresting people. That's unreasonable. OK, that's unreasonable. Um, so I'm sure there's problems, but you, Biden can't talk any shit. So Shapiro comes out and actually says, well, the difference is all of the people that Joe Biden is going after are going to get a full trial. You've got to be fucking kidding me. So it's okay to persecute people politically as long as you give them a full trial? That's ridiculous. That's ridiculous. Fair trials are for people who have committed crimes. You don't just make shit up. That's what commies do. They just make shit up, and then they put you on trial, and it's a rigged trial anyway. Anyway, it's just uh, the whole thing is sick. Fuck Ben Shapiro. Anyway, um... Ukraine has been experiencing shortages in ammunition, mainly as a result of political squabblings in the U.S. Is that why, or is it because they can't beat Russia? And there's nothing you can do about it. You can give them as many fucking goddamn weapons as you want, and you can give them as much money as they want. And even when uh, Zelensky snorts a portion of that money up his nose, okay, you're, just, you're not going to win this war. That's it. You can't win this war. You're going to have to fucking deal with that, okay? Stop fucking us in the ass over the fact that you can't take an L on the internet. Well, it's actually not the L on the battlefield, I guess. It's not really an internet L. Kind of. Whatever. Um, in a call, Mr. Zelensky and Biden reiterated America's unwavering support for Ukraine, speaking at the Munich Security Conference on Saturday. The crackhead homosexual, excuse me, cokehead homosexual, urged Western countries to help Ukraine defeat the monster. That he called Putin, you're a monster. You killed Coach Redpill. How do you kill Coach Redpill? It's fucked up. It's not right. It's not right. The Russian leader will make the next few years catastrophic for many more countries like Ukraine if the Western world does not stand up to him, he warned. <clears throat> I, think t I think a proper, and again, I'm talking about a fair trial, legal, humane, and political. Uh, if it's determined that the murder of Coach Redpill was illegal... The people responsible for it sh 
after the fair trial, whatever the method of punishment should be, should be done with like nine different camera angles that constantly rotate, you know, like Coach Red Pill's old videos. As like a nod to Coach Red Pill, uh, you know, so if it's, if whatever, it, whatever the method is, it'll be taken on like nine different angles. <clears throat> That's what I think should happen. Again, after a fair trial, it has to be fair trial, humane and political. Zelensky says, do not ask Ukraine when the war will end. Ask yourself, why is Putin still able to continue it? Because you can't beat him. And you're, you, you only could maybe, well, I mean, if, if I think, I would hope if the U.S. decided to go for the full war, they could win that war. But I don't want to see that. Adavikia has been engulfed in fierce fighting for months as, and has been a battlefield town since 2014 when Russia-backed fighters seized large swaths of the eastern Donetsk and Luhansk regions. The fall of Akadivia marks the biggest change on the more than 1,000 kilometer, kilometer long front line since Russian troops seized the nearby town of Bakhmut. Announcing the decision to withdraw on Saturday, the head of the armed forces said he acted to avoid encirclement and preserve the lives and health of service personnel. Yeah, you really care about that. Our soldiers performed their military duty with dignity, did everything possible to destroy the best Russian military units, inflicted significant losses on the enemy in terms of manpower and equipment. General Sturzyski, who was only appointed as the country's top commander a few weeks ago, is that because the, the, that Zelensky killed the other guy? Is that the guy that Zelensky killed? Anyway, whatever. It's a flourishing democracy, taking measures to stabilize the situation and maintain our positions. In a separate statement soon afterwards, one of his deputies said the, the, the troops had already left Akavidia to prepare positions in a situation where the enemy is advancing on the corpses of their own soldiers with a 10 to 1 shell advantage under constant bombardment. This is the only correct Solution. UN, uh, secure, U.S. National Security Council spokesman John Kirby had early, earlier warned Ukrainian forces were running out of artillery ammunition with Russia sending wave after wave of conscript forces to attack Ukrainian positions. And because Congress has yet to pass the supplemental bill, we've not been able to provide Ukraine with artillery shells that they desperately need to disrupt these Russian assaults. So let me, let me get this. These people are such liars. So they pass. Let me get this straight. So... They would, they would have passed the bill. Let's say two weeks ago they passed the bill. They passed the bill. They rush, these, they rush this equipment to the battlefield, and then Ukraine wins this battle over this town? I don't believe that for a second. I don't believe that shit for a second. Get the fuck out of here. Uh, bullshit. Absolute bullshit. With how slow things move in Washington, D.C., get the fuck out of my face. Earlier this week, the U.S. Senate approved $95 billion, but it faces an uphill battle. Good. Fuck this. That's enough. When is it enough, motherfuckers? And Israel, too. Our parents. When is it enough, mommy and daddy? <laughs> That's my favorite shit. The parents thing. I'm so glad that rabbi said that. That's the funniest shit. That really is the funniest shit ever. You can, you can take any racial supremacist of any group in the history of all of it. That's, I, I don't think, that's the most absurd. That shit's more absurd than uh, Jakob creating white people. Although that is, I mean, granted, I guess it really depends on your personal preference for uh, retard insanity. But having the audacity to think that you are another person's parents because of your racial superiority, next level. That's next level. That's next level. 
Because you know what? Well, I guess I was going to say there's a seriousness to that. But, you know, those Yakub motherfuckers, they're serious, too. They really believe that shit. Anyway, it's fucking hilarious. All right, we got, uh, I think this is, a, we got another one here from uh, Gunfox. Let's see, one second. Yeah, here is some more breaking news from the internet from Gunfox. Pennsylvania voters just uh, took a decisive step in protecting election integrity. Uh-oh. That's probably not a good sign if MSNBC is saying that. What does it mean? Let me guess. There's no rules. You can just send in your mail-in ballot and we can take up to 10 years to count it. This week's this week, New York's third congressional district election was a much-needed shot in the arm for Democrats reeling from one of Joe Biden's toughest weeks yet. But for the most part, Representative Tom Ciozzi's victory over Mazzy Phillip drowned out a major Democratic win in Pennsylvania. First of all, Pennsylvania is as rigged as it gets. Pennsylvania is arguably more rigged than New York. Well, I don't know. It's pretty close. Pennsylvania, New York, Michigan fucking rigged up the S. So, yeah, no, you're not winning shit in Pennsylvania. You should still try. You should still try. You have to try. Scott Pressler, do what you do. No problem. But I, pff, Pennsylvania is ridiculous. Jim Prokopak's win in Pennsylvania's 140th State House District isn't a partisan flip. Nevertheless, it's a decisive step in preventing Pennsylvania's MAGA Republicans from undermining integrity of the state's November election results, meaning uh, we, uh, we'll be able to cheat freely, uh, that the, the Democrats will be able to cheat freely. By keeping Trump's authoritarian hands off of how Pennsylvania counts and certifies its general election results, Prokopak may well have ensured a free and fair election in the Keystone State. Yeah, Pennsylvania's a lost cause. Republicans continue to lie about the last election. No, they don't, you fucking faggot. And are intent on supporting an insurrectionist as their nominee. What a ridiculous fucker. What a ridiculous fucker. <clears throat> Representative Malcolm Kenyatta. Kenyatta. Oh, I'm thinking of Zenyatta from Overwatch. Never mind. Their current idea is putting the Auditor General in charge of auditing all future elections, a man who himself is an election denier. Oh, a man who's telling the truth about the election? Oh, how dare, how dare he? Critically, Prokopak's victory gives Pennsylvania Democrats some much-needed breathing room after two years of uncertainty. Democrats recaptured the State House in 2022 with a razor-thin one-vote majority until a Democrat resignation last December returned the chamber to a tie. But just last week, another resignation, this time of a Republican, returned Democrats to power with a one-seat majority. Some Democrats openly fretted that a single absent lawmaker could leave the House open to Republican trickery projection. There's a whole lot riding on Democrats retaining control of the State House. Prokopek's win means state Democrats will be able to fend off a tidal wave of MAGA-backed efforts to make Pennsylvania's election laws more Trump-friendly, meaning that you, you won't allow the Democrats to cheat as well as harsh anti-abortion legislation. The Pennsylvania GOP's anti-democratic tendencies have only worsened since the party swore allegiance to Trump totally made up. The sheer size of Prokopak's victory also matters. Pennsylvania's 140th district is reasonably safe democratic territory. Biden won the area by 10% in 2020. On Tuesday, Prokopak crushed Republican challenger Candace Cabanas by 35 points. In February, Bolts magazine listed 
Prokopak's electoral performance as a key bellwether of Democrats' broader health across Pennsylvania, with numbers like we saw Tuesday, Democrats are finally breathing easier. This is especially true for the activist organizers and elected officials who make up Democrats, the Democratic base in Pennsylvania. Prokopak brought Democrats out in droves thanks to a campaign that focused on national issues such as reproductive freedom as well as local priorities. Uh, Pennsylvania will be just as crucial for Biden's path to victory this year as it was in 2020. At the time, the Trump campaign and its allies poured almost $100 million into Pennsylvania in an effort to hold on to the state Trump had won four years prior. In the end, Biden squeaked by with barely 50% of the vote. Pennsylvania, I mean, the reason I say Pennsylvania is a lost cause, and again, you still have to try. I don't think there is a state in which they cheated more than Pennsylvania. I believe Pennsylvania had not only just the highest lead for Trump, but like it was not even, it was like implausible for for Joe Biden. I think I think Trump was up almost 800,000 at one point. Ridiculous, utterly ridiculous. So if they can pull that off in Pennsylvania, then Trump could be up a million. They'll, they'll, and they'll take two weeks to count. So, but again, you still got to try. You never know. But uh, Jesus Christ. Part of the change will be an all-out effort to distance state and local Republican candidates from Trump's MAGA brand. Cabana struggled from the beginning to make MAGA ideology appealing to voters outside the Trump bubble. For his part, Prokopak spent heavily on advertising. Like Sarkozy in New York, Prokopak discovered the effective campaign strategy of forcing Republicans to reconcile their Trumpian beliefs with a public that finds those beliefs repulsive. Uh, yeah, you, you were able to cheat. Okay, so you cheated here just like you did with all the other ones. Prokopak's victory in Pennsylvania adds to Democrats' two-year-long record of overperforming in special elections. Gee, I wonder why. I wonder why they're overperforming. Because they can freely cheat and no one's going to do anything about it. Um... Prokopak just proved that voter disgust runs straight through the heart of the Trump's electoral strategy. Yeah, a lot of red places in Pennsylvania, but magically they can't win elections. People who underestimate Joe Biden and democracy do do so at their own perils, Zenyatta told me. The president's going to win Pennsylvania. Yeah, um, he probably will. He probably will, because that shit's fucking rigged. Anyway, there you go. AIDS out of Pennsylvania. That sucks. All right, now we got some breaking news from Dewey C. Again, thank you, Gunfox. Appreciate uh, all those breaking news. Now, this is a hell of a thing. This is why I paused. This is a hell of a thing. Prepare yourselves. Doctor shocked over a patient who shoved batteries into his penis. Then three of them got stuck. So this is one of those things that if I had the powers of a god, if I was the person, the deity... If I was a deity and I had designed human beings, okay, this would be one of the things that would cause you to spontaneously combust. Unless you had a mental illness. If you have a mental illness, no problem. But if, you're, if you don't have a mental illness and you do shit like this, or you uh, deliberately handle your own shit, you spontaneously combust. You are no longer, you just, your time as a human being is over. Okay. Um, or if you handle your own piss, unless it's a survival scenario. I am not aware of any survival scenario that requires shit eating. Okay. I don't believe that's a thing. Okay. So shit eating in every case, you're dead. You're just spontaneously combusting. Piss drinking would be in 
all cases except for like the guy that got trapped in the mountain and cut his arm off and he, he had to uh, drink his own piss. That's fine. You get a pass for that. And this would apply to, I guess, the age 18 and over. You could argue that you should have this figured out by 14 or earlier, but, you know, it's spontaneous combustion. You know, that's a big that's a big deal, you know. You don't come back from that. So we'll make it 18, okay? We'll make it 18, or if you have a mental illness, you get a pass. But you, you got to be, you got to, we got to put you in the mental hospital. Call him the Energizer Dummy. A 73-year-old Australian man was positively shocked, oh, this guy's a comedian, to need urgent urethra surgery after jamming three button-style batteries into his penis. Why the fuck would you do that? That doesn't even... How do you do that? What, are you fucking kidding me? The unidentified man, whose medical anomaly is now the source of a revolting medical study in March's urology case reports, has been fueling his own sexual gratification by intentionally shoving batteries in the one-way tunnel. How would... I, I don't know. How... What the fuck are you talking about? I've heard of people shoving things in their ass, but not in their penis hole. Oh, man. Is this the soft gentleman? To the best of our understanding, this is the first reported case of urethral necrosis with button battery insertion. The patient has reportedly inserted batteries several times before without them getting stuck inside. He also endured shockwave therapy on his member. He has suffered erectile dysfunction for three years. Yeah, if you start shoving batteries in your dick, it's going to stop working. I don't know what to tell you. You're going to have to stop it. After the sept septuagenarian waited 24 hours to seek medical attention, doctors moved quickly to remove the foreign objects as their corrosiveness can cause necrosis, the death of body tissue, in just two hours. They also feared the potentially rare but lethal infection of gangrene, gangrene of the penis. After several unsuccessful approaches, surgeons resorted to forceps, which finally got out the little buggers. All extracted batteries were coated with black tar-like material. The study gruesomely noted. That wasn't the end of it, though. Ten days later, the man returned to the hospital complaining of swelling and discharge, prompting doctors to aggressively operate again. An incision was made to the penile skin that a large amount of fluid leaked out. The doctors fears that the man developed an extensive degree of necrosis. They were realized as part of the urethra had to be removed. Given the complexity of the inquiry, it was deemed the formal penile urethra re reconstruction would likely require a three-stage repair, according to the researchers who described the complex six-month procedure of mucous membrane grafts. After assessing the extremely damaged penis, ultimately doctors decided the best option would be for no further penile reconstruction. Holy fucking shit nuts putting batteries in your dick you fucking old man what the hell are you doing anyway that's a hell of a story right there that was breaking news from the internet from Dewey C thank you sir appreciate that okay now we're going to pivot here speaking of shoving things in your ass David Pakman oh is this still hold on a second um where, where's David Pakman? Candace Owens goes on a shocking anti-Semitic rant. Oh, man. Gotta watch out. 
Oh, no, that's not David Pakman. Hold on. So I, was, I was trying to reconcile the Jewish people Hold that I grew up with. We'll do that I one tomorrow. Where's David Pakman? He's not talking about anti-Semitism? What the hell's going on? Oh, caller. Oh, okay, here we go. Caller doesn't accept the results of the Super Bowl. We have a voicemail number. We have a voicemail number that you can call anytime you want. That number is See, this is how you can tell that the shit's rigged because they keep making videos and making a big deal about it when a person says it's rigged. They're like, oh, he's not accepting the results. Like it was an election. Nine to David P. Here is the Eggman calling in. He is rejecting the results of the Super Bowl. What does this sort of thing remind you of? This is funny. Dave, I don't believe the Kansas City Chiefs won. It was really the 49ers. I don't accept the final score. Not only do I demand a recount, but I know there's a conspiracy going on here. Taylor Swift and Travis Kelsey did not win this game. The 49ers won this game, and some crazy stuff is going on here, Dave. I want you to get to the bottom of this. Shalom. Yeah, this is what the, the, the election deniers sound like. I mean, it's... I get what Eggman is doing. It's what the election deniers sound like. Well, it doesn't matter what they sound like. They have evidence to back up their claims, asshole. And I don't know if they'll ever realize it, but we can keep reminding them. Who cares what a faggot thinks you sound like? I mean, give me a break. 11-year-old loves the show. This is pervy. I don't like this. Uh, keep the kids out of it, David. Keep the kids out of it. Keep David away from the kids. We have a voicemail number. You can call at any time. The number is 219-2-DAVID-P. Here is an 11-year-old no calling good. in. I love this. No. Hey, David. This is Bailey. I'm 11 years old, and I'm calling I don't. I don't even believe this is real. I don't even believe this is real. Tell you how much I love watching your show. Thank you. My parents live in Maine, and we watch your show almost every day. They even said they're going to buy me Think Like a Scientist. This is absolutely fake. This is 100% fake. For my birthday. Thanks a lot, David. Keep having the great shows. Well, Bailey, thank you That's so much. That's the fakest shit ever. Bailey, clearly upper management, written all over him. Uh, and I uh, love that you're going to be getting the book. Um, if I could get you a signed copy somehow, I would do it. The logistics of it have just proven to be very difficult. But Bailey, I hope you enjoy the book. Really appreciate it. And uh, I, I don't know how many 11-year-olds uh, we have in the audience. I know of a, a handful. I don't think it's our bread and butter. But the earlier you start following what's going on in the country and what's going on in the world, uh, the more informed and prepared ah, you will. Fuck that shit. 18 and over. 18 and over. Serious national... Oh, this is the... They're like, oh, we got to pass the Ukraine thing. There's a serious national security threat. And they tried to be cryptic. And they're like, it's Russia. And it's in space. It's total bullshit. We start today with... We start today with the serious national security threat that was announced yesterday, believed to be related to Russia. Very unclear as of this moment, extremely cloudy situation. But I'll tell you what we know and then we can discuss a CNN reports. U.S. has new intelligence on Russian nuclear capabilities in space. Now, this can mean many, many different things. The um, article says the intelligence was briefed to Congress and key allies and some lawmakers say it is serious enough 
that it should be declassified and made public. While the intelligence is concerning, multiple senior members of Congress briefed on the information on Wednesday emphasized it does not pose an immediate threat to the U.S. or its in or its interests. The system in question remains under development and is not yet in orbit. According to three U.S. officials familiar with the intelligence, it's not clear how far the technology has progressed. A separate U.S. official told CNN the threat does not involve a weapon that would be used to attack humans. That's a critical part of this. It was not immediately clear whether the intel referred to a nuclear powered anti satellite capability or a nuclear armed capability. Also being discussed as a possibility is that it is some sort of weapon, but that it would not be a weapon that would carry out a physical attack, but rather a technological attack of some kind. On the margins, there were people talking about a bioweapon. You probably would not go to space for that. Uh, you wouldn't need to with with a bioweapon. You would probably be looking at. I mean, it's kind of horrible to talk about this stuff, but you might be looking at water supply or air or weapons. Experts don't think that you would need to originate in space to most efficiently go that route. So so let's not even discuss that for now. But certainly possibilities with regard to um, uh, influencing or affecting electricity, Internet, other utilities of different kinds. Really sort of unclear what this is all about. We heard from uh, MAGA Mike Johnson, the Speaker of the House. You know, when there are complicated and stressful times, I immediately want the comfort and the stable hand of MAGA Mike, right? I mean, he just inspires confidence with everything he does, like impeaching Alejandro Mayorkas. I'm, of course, being sarcastic. Here is MAGA Mike saying everybody should remain calm. I do have a statement and I'm, I'm going to be very precise and I'm not going to take questions. But last month I sent a letter to the White House requesting a meeting with the president to discuss a serious national security issue that is classified. In response to that letter, a meeting is now scheduled tomorrow on this matter here at the Capitol with the gang of four and with the president's national security advisor, Jake Sullivan. I will press the administration to take appropriate action. And everybody can uh, be comforted by that. I saw Chairman. Isn't that comforting? Her statement on the issue. And I, I want to assure the American people there's no need for public alarm. We are going to work together to address this matter as we do all sensitive matters that are classified. And beyond that, uh, I'm not at liberty to disclose classified information and really can't say much more. But we just want to assure everyone um, steady hands are at the wheel. We're working on it. And there's the steady hand of the Republican Party overseen by Mike Johnson, who is part of a party that can't even or won't even pass their own border bill that contains just about everything they wanted. When he says we're going to get a briefing and that we have a steady hand and everything's fine, it's not exactly reassuring to me. And this is the absurdity. And and it's not just absurd. It's a real reminder of the fact that we can laugh all we want about the fact that there are cartoons in charge of the House of Representatives, right? MAGA Mike Johnson, it's filled with maggots like Marjorie Taylor Greene. So and again, Fagtano Habimana calling Trump supporters uh, or conservatives maggots. Others and they're a joke and they uh, uh, ridicule and humiliate the United States. OK. And then the proverbial you know what hits the fan and we realize 
there is an undisclosed serious national security threat here. And the very same people are blindly driving the ship. We realize, hey, the people we vote for actually has consequences. The people we vote for makes a big difference. Are you more reassured by having MAGA Mike Johnson at the helm of the House when something like this is going on? Or would you rather somebody like Hakeem Jeffries, who was the Democratic selection to be Speaker of the House? I know the answer. Very clear answer. Important not to forget that this isn't just sport when we vote for our representatives. It has a real world impact. And OK, I mean, now we're waiting to try to figure out what is this undisclosed national security threat. Did you know there are. All right. This is um, Trump cognitive decline getting worse. Oh, yeah. Big time. Donald Trump is still holding. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Donald Biden's Trump is still fine. holding rallies despite all the legal troubles and forthcoming. And the economy's great. Criminal trials and the rallies are only indicative of continued further decline. The latest rally was last night in North Charleston, South Carolina, South Carolina's Republican primary, not this Saturday, but next Saturday. Trump poised to win and defeat Nikki Haley, even in her home state. Trump starting off the rally with overt, provable lies, looking disoriented the entire totally rally. Totally disoriented, had no idea what was going on. agitated and confused mm. at different times. Mm -hmm. Here, Trump claims He's there has confused. never been an empty seat at any of his rallies, despite the fact that at many rallies, they seem half empty. Yeah, and no off. one's there. He's very unpopular. An empty Everyone out. leaves for the exits. While Trump is talking. I've never had an empty seat, right? This place is back to roll back. I never get credit for being a great speaker. I don't know if I'm a great speaker or not. Who the hell knows? I never get credit. Right? I never get credit. I don't know. Henry thinks I'm a very good speaker. But you know, no, every rally, like this one turns out, they're all rallies because if we have a thousand people, 10,000 people show up, they're all rallies. But they come by the thousands. We never have empty seats. We never have anything empty. We usually have to put screens like this outside so people can see. We did it in Nevada. Obviously, clearly cognitively declining. This is a lie. There are regularly endless empty seats. Endless empty seats. And this only led to Trump then fixating on Joe Biden, pointing out. Right, because Joe Biden, he fills arenas. That in a television appearance, Joe Biden's eyes were round, which, based on my understanding of Joe Biden's race, isn't that normal? Wouldn't you expect his eyes to be round? I don't understand. We get it. Congress ought to impeach crooked Joe Biden for attacking his political opponent by weaponizing the DOJ, the FBI, and even the local DAs and attorney generals. Oh, and, and by the way, sorry, this is the clip. The first he starts with they should impeach Biden right away. Then we'll get to the round eyes thing. Against his political opponent. They ought to impeach him because that is the most undemocratic thing that you can do. This happens Trump in demanding the immediate impeachment of President Joe Biden and then going into the his eyes are round material. They are. Does you see this guy on television today? Yeah, I mean, he's he's like a crazed lunatic. <laughs> round eyes. The eyes are all round as hell. 
But I know he didn't have any plastic surgery. I know. <laughs> Anybody know what Trump is talking about? Yeah, guys, what is he talking about? Joe Biden hasn't had any plastic surgery. What even is plastic surgery? And maybe Trump's reaction to Joe Biden's eyes is because Trump's eyes are noticed, especially the right one, are oh, yeah. almost completely swollen shut during these rallies. Yeah, guys, Trump's eyes are almost completely swollen shut, according to David Backman. Amazing. They're just almost completely closed. Yeah. I don't know what the obsession is with Biden's eyes, but probably projection on some level. And then attempting to be more substantive, <laughs> Trump substantive, attempting to be more substantive, Trump talking about Bidenomics versus Maganomics. See if this makes any sense to you. That's what's up. Let's compare the smoldering records of Bidenomics. How about that name, Bidenomics? With the incredible success we had just three years ago under President Trump on Maganomics. You ever hear that term? I just yeah. heard it. I just heard it. And yeah. I like it. I said, let's use it everyone. Let's use it in South Carolina. It's it's really quite a record to compare, isn't it? The the smoldering remains of Bidenomics. First of all, when he talks about three years ago how great things were. Joe Biden was president three years ago. So again, does Trump not remember when he was president? Does Trump not understand what year it is? Three years ago was already Joe Biden. Now, Bidenomics sees unemployment at record lows, sustained under 4% for the longest stretch in 50 years. 15 million jobs added under Joe Biden. First of all, a lot of those jobs numbers are revised down later, and a lot of those jobs are shit explosive stock market growth, beautiful GDP numbers, inflation come, has come down dramatically. Oh, inflation has come down dramatically, guys. David has a chart. Maganomics, as I've said, for a while the Trump economy was fine. It was basically continuing a similar trajectory to what we saw under President Obama. Trump did leave office with fewer jobs than he started, making him the only president other than Herbert Hoover to experience that. In his partial defense, he did have COVID as a major factor for that. The unemployment rate was 6.3. When Trump left, it's now under four. And then never mind Trump's mishandling of the pandemic, both medically and economically. So this idea that the economy is just rubble under Joe Biden, but was perfect under Trump, just doesn't comport with facts. And then last- <clears throat> Total insane bullshit, fag dad Bob level of propaganda. Trump tells an obviously made up story about mountain climbers being unable to get over a prototype of the U.S.-Mexico wall that I guess he wanted to build, but didn't. But they needed the panel. It's called an anti-climb panel. I said, I don't like the way it looks. They say the difference is they can climb over it without it. With it, you can't climb. We had Mount Everest climbers and we had a lot of drug deals, frankly. We said, give us your best climbers. And they couldn't get over the panel. We built... We built five. Trump arguing that they got the best, <laughs> the best drug dealers at scaling fences and also Everest climbers to test the wall. And they were unable to get over it. Of course, widespread viral videos of just random people utilizing under $100 worth of parts from Home Depot were able to get over Trump's prototype wall very, very easily. So Trump disoriented and distracted 
clearly yes. totally disoriented. Had no idea what he was saying. Concerned about what's coming for him. And if you need to understand the latest source of this concern, he's running out of legal money. Legal money is drying up. That's what I want to talk about now. Yes, he's going broke and everyone's leaving. Um, AOC pretends that Biden is like the greatest president of all time. I have to tell you, uh, I have to tell you, uh, I have had a dramatic upgrade to my opinion of Democratic Congresswoman Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. David really likes liars. And so she told a whopper and now he likes her over the last 12 to 18 months. The wide eyed, bushy tailed, arguably naive rookie that she once was has been supplanted in a good way by a far more pragmatic, practical, realistic and quite shrewd political operative. So you just lie your ass off. If you lie your ass off and you lie on behalf of the people that David lies on behalf of, you're a great person. She, uh, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez last night appeared on CNN, interviewed by Jake Tapper uh, in the context of awaiting the results for the uh, New York third district uh, special election, wherein George Santos's old seat was won by Democrat Tom Suozzi. And she was asked by Jake Tapper about concerns regarding Joe Biden's age. I'm not going to tell you in advance what she says other than to tell you she is absolutely and completely spot on. Take a listen to this. Do you have any concerns about his age? Do you have any concerns about whether or not he should be the nominee? I mean, I think right now when it comes to the president's age, folks are talking about how he's 81. But we have to look at, first of all, Donald Trump is around the same age as 77. Yeah. He's 77 years old. They could have gone to high school together. And beyond that, Donald Trump has 91 indictments. And oh, what an intelligent individual. He has 91 indictments. Oh, man, that's uh, you got a genius on your hands. What I know who I'm going to choose is going now if to Donald Trump would have said something like that, he would have said, look, he's cognitively declining. Be the one of the most successful presidents in, in modern American history. Joe Biden's one of the most successful presidents in modern American history. Again, North Korea levels of propaganda. That, plat that passed the Inflation Reduction Act, that got us the American Rescue Plan, that ensured that we could pass one of the largest federal investments in climate change in U.S. history. And as far oh, as... Oh, he invested in something that's totally made up. Amazing. As we know, uh, virtually all the filing deadli deadlines have passed. There's already been a primary. Voters have outright rejected Dean Phillips. President Biden is going to be the Democratic nominee, and hopefully he'll be- I hope so. That'll be hilarious. Re-elected as president of the United States. Are you- There are two wings of the progressive wing of the American left or the American Democratic Party, or call it what you will, and they have very different opinions about what you just saw. And this is not trivial. This is part of determining what is the path of the American left. This is a very simple and straightforward analysis from AOC, which I share on a couple different grounds. First of all, she is correctly pointing out we've got a couple old guys here. We've got Biden and we've got Trump. Yeah, but one has full on dementia. 
You are honest with yourself and with others. Oh, yes. Look, Only the honest people agree with David. Look at the presidency of Joseph R. Biden. It is very difficult to come away saying that this has been anything but an extraordinarily successful term. I've given the list before. The list is much longer than we can fit into an hour. Joe Biden involved in passing multiple major pieces of legislation. No president has done more student loan debt forgiveness than Biden. No president has done more proactively to normalize cannabis in the United States. I didn't think Biden cared about cannabis. And he's saying, let's take it off of schedule one, which is a must do. I've been talking about it for a decade. He got us out of Afghanistan. They want everyone to be high. And it was messy, but we needed to get out and he got us out. Joe Biden has made a number of small but important changes to uh, Obamacare related health care law, uh, expanding the child tax credit. I mean, I could go on and on and on and on. On paper, this is the most progressive presidency, at least since FDR and probably ever. Joe Biden has surrounded himself with confident, competent people who get the things done that they're supposed to do, period. And AOC is completely right. But then there's the next part of her analysis. This is not a normal horse race, okay? I don't think it would be accurate for me or for corporate media to pretend that this is just, hey, we got two candidates, everything's totally normal and typical. We have two elderly candidates. One of them is under 91 felony indictments. One of them is a former president who all. Am I crazy? There's 91 charges. There's four indictments. Am I am I on drugs? Is he? He knows that. There's no fucking way David doesn't know. That. Is he just pretending to go along that he's under 91 indictments? It's 91 charges. Already lost and is running again and tried to stay in power after losing and subvert democracy. Everything about this is unprecedented and unusual. But also AOC is right that this talk of chat says they Biden eat his shit up, just replace him or whatever. He's the current president of the United States. He's already won every primary that there has been. There's every indication he's going to win every single primary. Sucking Dean his dick and they love AOC Biden with Biden as a write in. Marianne Williamson has quit. Robert F. Kennedy Jr. is no longer running as a Democrat. AOC so is very sharp. This one person says to think that Biden's going to be kicked out and replaced. Now, if you say to me, David, if Biden were president right now, would you be saying out of everybody you could pick, Joe Biden should be the nominee? Obviously not. Obviously not. And Jenk Uger is going to be back on the show soon, and we're going to delve into this. If if we were starting from scratch, my view would be different. But right now, the idea of kicking Biden out, replacing him forcibly or him stepping aside, if Biden has a major health issue or worse between now and the election, of course, he will have to be replaced nope. and it will be quite a quite an insane situation. Nobody. But AOC is essentially completely right here. As far as the math, you know, Biden's 81. Trump is 81 minus 3.5 raised to the 91st power, 91 felony counts and divide uh, multiplied by Trump's corruption and incompetence. So to me, the math still says Joe Biden. Good for AOC. Now, what's the downside here? There's a wing of the left, a wing of so-called progressives. So-called. She sold out. You're no longer a progressive if you don't vote for Joe Biden. She no longer is what she once was. 
She no longer represents the hope and change that she did. It's called being realistic. It's called I ran in one way before I knew a damn thing about how politics works. Now I'm on the inside and I see how it works. She clearly still remains true to the values and principles that got her elected. But her approach tactically is much more pragmatic. Hard to fault her for that. I'm David loves liars. He loves liars. He is smitten with a liar right here. All right, let me read some of these super chats. We're taking them through Streamlabs link in the description on Rumble. Uh, and also in the chat on YouTube, we're also taking them through Entropy as well as we're taking Rumble Rants. Also on the bottom left of the screen, uh, you could see in yellow, uh, we're 20 away from our goal to rebuild the Soft Gentleman's Bathhouse. YouTube banned the Soft Gentleman channel and with it, the Soft Gentleman's Bathhouse, which was like 25% of our income. So if you want to uh, help us get to 50, you can go to Subscribestar, subscribestar.com slash hard-bastard, or you can uh, click the red subscribe button on Rumble. P Dog Knight says, "What's up, HB? So happy to be here live. Keep smacking that fanny. Cheers, brother. Good to see you, sir. Hope you're doing well. Watch the uh, P Dog Knight show, uh, 10 a.m. Eastern Monday through Friday. Uh, sincerely appreciate that. Uh, Fammy Kami says uh, you could be better at uh, clearing your email queue if i'm perfectly honest there are some ufo pictures captured on a smartphone phone that was mailed to you last summer you have to go over those on stream until then you can't say there's been no evidence so my threshold for aliens is similar to my threshold for ghosts and demons which is they have to manifest in front of me uh, especially with the the possibility of a project Bluebeam. Um, which, you know, still might be on the table for the election. So UFOs are real. Um, UFOs are all over the place. Aliens, on the other hand, I'm going to need a visit. I'm going to need the aliens to roll up or ghosts, demons, whoever it is. They're going to have to roll up. We're going to have to have a conversation. Um, maybe five minutes, five minutes or less. They're probably busy. So give me five minutes, okay? Like I said, whether it's aliens, whether it's an angel, whether it's Jesus, whoever it is, I'm going to need about five minutes. Uh, or when it comes to Jesus, one of those Jesus visions that some people uh, say that they've had, I'll take one of those. Give me one of those uh, visions in a dream where it's obvious what's going on. I'll take that. Uh, but I'm going to need something. So, yeah. Uh, I have to wonder if they are going to try to pull off a fake alien invasion, and if they do, how are they going to do it? And you know, they're going to use video that's going to be fake, and they're going to they're going to get their fact checkers to say, "Oh, this is confirmed." And then, and the thing is, that's you know how like COVID was sold to the normies uh, uh, heavily. Unfortunately, uh, a lot of people woke up from that. I think out of all the things, you know, like I don't think they could sell COVID again. I don't think there's a lot of things they could sell because people were lied to and they lose trust in the institutions. I think aliens, I think a lot of people would be very quick to hop aboard the alien train. I, 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 I just think it would be, yeah, I think a lot of people would buy that narrative. And uh, so who knows? You know, they might not do it, but uh, it's, it's very interesting. Uh, Bazinski says, my three closest doctors that I see on a regular basis, psychologist, psych 
psychiatrist and my overall practitioner have all told me, don't take the Vax. My practitioner, who is new, has a whole Vax detox protocol. My other doc said I found uh, based uh, doctors. God bless. That's good. That's very good. Um, yeah, I think that um, I don't, I'm not under the impression that you have to take the, um, what is it, nidocanase? I don't think you have to take it for the rest of your life. I think, yeah, like I know a person who took the two shots and then quickly realized, not because of a health problem, but just like through reading and talking to people, realized it was a mistake. And so, um, they had a, a, a like a health person uh, give them uh, whatever that shit is, nidocanase or whatever. And uh, I forgot how long they took it. I don't think you have to take it forever. But they did the, the spike protein detox and um, had a little bit of a health issue, but but like is now fine. So hopefully they're out of the woods. And uh, but yeah, I think I think you can get rid of spike protein. But you, you got to, like, there's certain things that you got to take, from my understanding. I think McCullough has, like, a whole breakdown. I've thought about taking it, but I, I just, you know, I don't know. How do you know if you have spike protein in you? Uh, some people shed, although I'm not, a, I'm, I'm not around a ton of vaccinated people. But, you know, I don't know. I, I would figure if I had spike protein in me, there'd probably be some sort of, like, minor health thing at least. I feel pretty good, so I don't know. Although, I, I don't think any of this shit is unsafe. You, it's over-the-counter. Ninokenes is over-the-counter, so it might not hurt to, to take it. <clears throat> but I do like the uh, the Viralidine. Holy shit. Four times I've been around sick people. In very... in Well, two all four times close quarters. Two of the times really close quarters. And... Uh, yeah, whatever the fuck's in viralidine, I think it's iodine. I think it's just iodine with water. And uh, spray that shit every few hours in your nose and then uh, and then gargle with uh, Listerine. I don't know. Might be a coincidence. Usually there are things that you can do around a sick person or with a sick person where you're like, I'm definitely going to get sick. And you got to make the calculation. And... Uh, for whatever reason, didn't get sick. So we'll see. We'll see. That was uh, McCullough. That was on the Joe Rogan show when I found out about it. I believe I believe it was the Rogan episode with McCullough is when I found out about that. I was like, that's interesting. You're, I'm like, what kind of shit you're spraying in your nose? And I, I remember I, I looked it up and uh works pretty good. Also, if you're sick, I like the, uh, obviously, you know, check all this with your due, your due diligence. But uh, uh, who the hell was that guy? He's dead. He, he passed, unfortunately. Good doctor. Zelenko. The Zelenko protocol. Um, I remember when I was sick, that was a while ago. Uh, and granted, maybe it could be placebo, I don't know, but the shit was mild, very mild. So, who knows? Okay. Uh, but that's good news, uh, Basinski. It's hard to find uh, good doctors. I was talking to someone recently, and they were telling me about their doctor, and this person's completely based about what's going on in society and um and uh and they told me something they said to their doctor something they disagreed with and i said well what was their response and they were like no i understand that and they you know what they said to them they're like this is difficult 
you know, all this stuff with like, they were talking about like things that you could do and different research and like one study said this, one study said that. And the doctors, when they, when the doctor had an idea to do something and the, the patient was like, no, I don't think I'd like to do that. And the doctor was like, okay. And the doctor said, you know, this stuff is difficult. That's an honest answer because it is difficult. Finding out who to trust, see, see a, a doctor that says something like that, I would have a much positive much more positive outlook towards than one of these motherfuckers telling you, oh, you got to obey the CDC no matter what they say. Oh, the, but the FDA, but the expert said, this doctor was like, yeah, this stuff's hard because some people are right and some people are wrong. And they also, some of this stuff, they're not sure if it works. They're like trying it out, you know? Nothing, it's nothing crazy. It's just, uh, but it was interesting. I was like, that's a good sign. That's a very good sign. Also, apparently this doctor goes to like conferences where like McCulloch goes and I'm like, that's a good sign too. That's a definite good sign. Anyway, um, Ghost of Shaniqua says, HB's popping off today. I love this energy. Am I really? I'm very good. Yeah, I feel pretty good. A lot of coffee. I'm a fan of the coffee. Coffee's phenomenal. I don't care what kind of coffee. It doesn't matter. Store brand. It's just got to have caffeine in it. What's this double caffeine coffee? Although I, I should probably not fuck with that. I think I, I think I should I I should I, it it made me laugh. I tell you that that uh, that uh, Alex Stein guy he does make me laugh. He did a commercial for Tim Pool's coffee. They have an Alex Stein blend, and he's like rubbing it on his face and shit. It made me laugh. And he's like he's like taking a shit on the toilet. That was fucking hilarious. I was like I can't believe Tim Pool let him do that. Yeah, he did this commercial for his. He's like brushing his teeth with it, and he's taking a shit. Like, I was like, this is fucking hilarious. The only thing that could make this coffee commercial better is if you had a faggot blend, blend coffee. That's what I want to see. It doesn't have to be me. I'm never going to do a coffee because no one's ever going to do the coffee. You know, none of these, what do they call them? White labels? So you call up this company and you say, hey, I want you to make coffee for me. And all they do is they make coffee for everybody and they just put your sticker on it, which I don't mind that. Okay, that's fine. But I want to be able to name the blends whatever the fuck I want to. And you're never going to get away. They'll never do faggot blend. You know, all of the epithets. It'll be fantastic. Faggot blend will be really light. And then we'll have nigger blend. It'll be very dark. And then you'll have pick your racial epithet. I'm sure we could come up with a blend of coffee for every fucking race and racial epithet out there. It would be hilarious. You know, you could have a kite coffee. It'll taste kind of ashy. Okay, there's so many things you could do. You could do wetback coffee. That'll be like, uh, it'll be spicy. Okay, WAP coffee. Have some greasy espresso. You know, like you ever get that fucking espresso. It's, it, 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 the espresso beans are all oily, greasy WAP blend. I'm telling you. It would be fantastic. Absolutely phenomenal. But no one lets you have fun anymore. You're not allowed to have fun. You're not allowed to have fun. And you don't have to like how some of us like to have fun. You, there's no obligation. But we should at least be allowed to have the fun we want to have. Okay? If people are like, I don't like racial humor, no problem. You don't have to like it. But we should be allowed to engage in it. And why does everyone have a stick in their ass? It's really unacceptable. So if you know a coffee company that'll allow us to do that and and we need drop shipping i'm not ordering five thousand dollars worth of coffee i'm not trying to sell coffee i just want like i'll even take a demo bag give me like four or five demo bags of the coffee with the stick actually i could probably 
it would take time, but it, I could probably get blank. I bet you I could get, you know what I could probably do now that I think of it? I could buy beans at the store. I'm sure if we went on Amazon, there's blank white bags of coffee. Uh, you know, like uh, empty bags. You fill those bags up and then you print some stickers out on a printer. And there you go. Just for the demo. I'm not selling this. I'm just like, it would be funny to have like a commercial for this. Anyway, whatever. It's fine. <clears throat> but uh, yeah, because everyone's selling coffee. So to lampoon that is, that's, that would be, that would be great. To, to really, to have a nice, harsh, offensive lampooning of all the coffee shells. That would be fantastic. Anyway, maybe one day. Okay, let's see here. Cobra says, uh, uh, Okay, y'all, I consume a lot of financial news, and one of the most accurate economists I've found is Professor Steve Hankey. The inflation is going to drop dramatically, but we're going to be in a recession before the end of the year. Stack cash now. I would love to see the... the, the uh, well, actually, even if the inflation goes down, that doesn't necessarily mean we're going to see the price of groceries go down, right? Like, that'll probably still stay it just won't go higher um yeah i have no idea i i i watch some people uh just to see whether or not their predictions come true um nothing too eventful so far where i've like said oh definitively that person was right or wrong but uh it's interesting um let's see silky johnson says hb i'm curious how long they'll keep the cokehead faggot of ukraine alive eventually his use uh, will be gone since they've uh, laundered billions upon billions of dollars there. I mean, he's uh, he's protected currently. So when will his usefulness run out? I don't know when it'll run out, but I do agree it will at some point run out and he'll end up dead. Absolutely. Uh, I, I could be wrong, but yeah, I would ex I expect that. I expect that. Um, how long it takes and, you know, who, who does it? I have no idea. Um... Michelle Kincaid says, in the 30s, the feds used a woman who was facing deportation charges, Anna Sage, a.k.a. the Lady in Red, to lure John Dillinger to a movie theater where they gunned him down. They gave her a $5,000 reward money, but still deported her back to Romania. <laughs> that's, kind of, that's kind of rough. Seems like they might have been a little stricter on immigration back then. Yeah, really. Despite helping catch a bank robber that they were unable to catch on their own and made them look stupid. Public enemy number one. They couldn't cut her a little bit of slack. Yeah, I mean, that's harsh. But you see, my, my whole view of immigration, though, is really dependent on where we are. Like in this current society, if that happened, I mean, I'd say, hey, you know, you help someone. Like I could see the argument. I wouldn't be bothered by the argument to let her stay. In the current climate, though, I feel like we got to deport them all. But I understand. But if it's not back then, I would have been like, yeah, build her a statue. Although it makes me wonder, is all the shit they said about Dillinger true? Or is, was that propaganda? See, this is the problem when almost everything is a lie. All of these stories now, you're like, is that per was that person really that bad? Was Al Capone really that bad? Maybe it's possible he was that bad. But a lot of these stories... They just turn out to be bullshit. But uh, no, I would say if you... Wait, let me go back. Was she illegal or... or hold on a second. Let me, let me just... Uh, one second. 
Oh, okay. So she was facing deportation. So my question would be, what was she facing deportation on? Just solely being in the country illegally? Or did she commit a crime? She committed a crime. She's got to go. If she didn't commit a crime, see, it really depends on, are we talking pre-clown world or post-clown world? Pre-clown world, I'd say, yeah, let her stay. Post-clown world, everyone's got to go back. Just because, just because, if, here's the problem. You have to be, in my opinion, you have to be harsher if, if Democrats or AIDS commies are in your society. Because they will use any sort of example as, well, you let that one stay, now you have to let all these people stay. Um, now, back then, I don't know, what was the commie percentage back during Dillinger? It was probably pretty low. I would think it was pretty low. So back then, you could probably get away with that, and it would, it would have been fine. It really just depends. It really depends. It's just uh, so, it's so fucked. Uh, it's sad it's so fucked, because, you know, in all these stories, and again, not, not a moral fact, just a, an overall observation, that there's a lot of people that get caught up in all this shit who are basically collateral damage, um, whether it's immigration, whether it's the Ukraine war, all, all of this stuff. And those people get destroyed, and uh, and that's it. And that's that's a very that's a tough existence, and it's unnecessary because if you have sane immigration policies, then you're going to have, and you enforce the border, you're going to have way less collateral damage. You're going to have way less trafficked human beings, way less way less children trafficked, way less drugs coming into the country. And if you're in a sane time with a sane regime and a sane populace, you know, you can be, people, normal people will be able to figure that out. If you had normal people in Congress with disagreements on immigration, but they were normal, they'd be able to come to a negotiation and figure out what's the best move, how do, how do you do it? But, you know, good luck on that now. Good luck on that now. But, yeah, that's, uh, that's rough. So, man, <clears throat> she must have been hot. She must have been hot, I would think. Yeah, Dillinger. They should make a... Uh, did they make... No, I don't think they did. They should do a Grand Theft Auto bank robbery game based on all those old guys from back in the day. John Dillinger, that would be the shit. Anyway. Upstairs, Negar says, Isa M's now helping the nice people giving Dems helicopter tours. Uh, I... Isa cannot afford the helicopter, so Isa using me cock and swing it around super fast like they propeller. Misa give Nigar's flying lessons as they hang on to me. Would you want to ride me? No, I'm going to pass on that. Upstairs, Nigar, I'm going to pass. So that's where you've been, because, you know, the, 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 the movement, uh, we don't hear a lot of it. Um, unless I'm completely immune to it now. But uh, I don't hear him as much. It used to be like nonstop. Now it's like once in a while. I don't know what the hell's going on up there. Cobra says, fun fact, there were more jobs indeed, but lower hours, which means it's a bunch of uh, part-time jobs without benefits. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, they tout it as positive, and, and they also reduce down a lot of the times a month later. That's not what it's called. There's a name for it. Revised down? Something like that. They uh, they reduce the numbers. Just nonstop propaganda. Uh, oh wait, hold on a second. Let me uh, check entropy here. 
where is entropy? Let me refresh here and then uh, let me just run through real quick. Rumble. Okay, good. Let me check entropy and then we'll go back to the next video here. Eric Gasse says, so Chenk talking about how the mainstream media is just a big propaganda machine means he agrees with Putin. <clears throat> That'd be f funny if someone brought that up. Eric also says, as one of those 70s to 80s slippery slope Christians, I'll be honest and say, we, my circle, never would have thought child mutilation would be a thing, so the left exceeded our expectations, I guess. Yeah, I, w I wonder that. I wonder that. I don't recall... I The two key things that the slippery slope Christians were warning about were um, kid fucking... At, or the normalization of pedophilia and marrying pets and inanimate objects. Um, the worst of the two came came true at an insane level, at, at, at a level where it's almost like... I mean, you saw that article with this assistant principal is asked directly whether or not he thinks eight-year-olds should have access to pornography. He says yes. Somehow he keeps his job. He's not immediately arrested. He keeps his job. And, and what, everyone goes home? What the fuck is that? That's crazy. Um, it probably would have been more of a meme if people were marrying their pets, because like, like, it's fucked up, and like, I don't think you should allow it. Um, but I, I would take that over them going after the kids. The going after the kids shit is like, you cannot have that in a healthy society. Like, that has to be. I hope that's reversed eventually. Um, but the most important thing they definitely got, that's the most important thing they got right. Yeah, the mutilation, I don't know. I mean, I'm sure there were some people. I'm sure people who were of the opinion that a lot of this... You could, you, how would you describe this? Like a trajectory from, uh, who was that motherfucker? The hell was the name of that guy? Wrote all the, not wrote some of the books they burned. What the fuck was that guy's name? Anyway, that guy. If you took, if you, there's probably some people that saw a trajectory if they were familiar with what was in his books assumed that that would eventually be, whether it be the tranny thing or the mutilation or the gender theory, that that would eventually be a key part of it. Um, but, uh, but yeah, but the, but the, the Christians of the seventies, um, but it's possible. I mean, I, I've not seen all of the, I don't even know what shows they were. I mean, that's the other thing. A lot of this shit was, uh, said it, without cameras a lot of it was written a lot of it was said on shows where it would probably be difficult to get video footage so maybe there are some people from the 70s warning specifically that they're going to mutilate kids they're going to try to trick kids about their gender in addition to the normalizing of trying to normalize pedophilia but it's uh it's crazy eric gasse says follow history legends channel hb he does good coverage of these things all right very good I will check that out. Um, the Dick Biting Cobra says, Fuck, Mary, kill. By the way, I was partying with upstairs Nigar, Kool-Aid man and your brother. Your brother is doing okay. It was a blast. Oh, okay. So we have, we have, we have a sighting 
Okay, let me, uh, let me, I'm going to, so I'll come back to that. I just want to make sure everything's kosher. I think we have, I think it's a fat hog party. I just got to make sure. All right, so we have proof of life. Well, I don't know if it's proof of life. We have a sighting, a soft gentleman sighting. Okay, that's good. Cooper sees the truth. Oh, wait. Oh, okay, so yeah, I'll come back to that fuck, Mary kill. Cooper sees the truth, says, since Ukraine withdrawing is an obvious sign of Ukraine being on the verge of victory, and it's a sign of Russia further losing the war, I would like to congratulate Russia on their loss and, and congratulate Ukraine's faggy leader on his victory. That'd be pretty funny if somebody... This would take balls of steel, and they would probably immediately execute you. Um, if somehow, Like, if somehow Tucker Carlson got that, the interview with Zelensky and he sat across from Zelensky and said some shit like that, like, I want to congratulate you on your victory. Could you imagine? Oh, my God. They would melt down. They would melt. That would be... That would be one of the greatest eye pokes of all time. I doubt it would happen. Um, although I wouldn't put it past Tucker to do that. I would not put it past him. Tucker's pretty good right now. Hopefully that continues. Now we got a poll, the biggest threat to the world. So they claim that with everything going on in the world right now, the biggest threat to the world, not Hamas, not Israel, not Russia, not Ukraine, Donald Trump. <laughs> I saw this chart that I want. I saw this chart that I wanted to share with you. Um, apparently, Germans were asked, who is the greatest threat to world peace? Now, I'm, I'm a fan of these sorts of questions in general, because I think you get some fascinating answers. But this was very, very definitive from German citizens who they think is um, the biggest threat to world peace. They have Trump number one, 41%. Trump over the Ayatollah Khomeini? <laughs> Second, Kim Jong-un, 17%, less than half. Um, the Ayatollah is at 8%, Vladimir Putin at 8%, and Xi Jinping at 7%. So it's a YouGov survey, and German citizens say Trump is the biggest threat to world peace. That might sound shocking to many of you, or I don't know, in my audience, maybe not. Well, Russia seems, excuse me, sorry, Germany. Germany seems pretty cucked. I'm sure there's, actually, there are base Germans, and they try to arrest them. There's like a, I think there's like a halfway decent political party, and uh, they're currently arresting them. This is a pattern happening in Western countries right now where they're just imprisoning populists. But uh, there's a trend here that I wanted to bring up. So I don't know if you guys remember this. This is all the way back in 2014. There was a poll that asked people the world over, which country is the biggest threat to world peace? And the answer was overwhelmingly the United States of America. So let's go through this. The United States is the greatest threat to world peace. That's the finding of an end-of-the-year Win-Gallup International Survey of people in 65 countries. Of the 66,000 people polled, just under a quarter named Uncle Sam as the greatest threat to world peace. Other menaces didn't even come close. 8% was the next close one. We're over 20%. 8% is the next close one. Uh, an 8% named Pakistan. 6% named China. 4% uh, said Iran, and 4% also said Israel. I want to reiterate, guys, 66,000 people polled. They say, oh, the U.S. is the greatest threat to world peace. You ready for my hot take? They're mostly correct. 
They're mostly corrupt. Yeah, but they said Trump. They Trump's not even the president. Correct. Uh, to be fair to Trump, I would say he was the greatest threat to world peace when he was in office. What the fuck are you talking about? What is wrong with you? How could you possibly... What the... What are you talking about? Right now, I'd say it's... We're on the verge of World War III under Biden, and you're saying Trump is worse than... But you're a fucking moron. Probably Biden. Right? But... Oh, my God. You have to put very close to the top Benjamin Netanyahu and Vladimir Putin. Okay? So, um, in fact, you may even have... Well, Netanyahu couldn't do what he's doing without the funding and arming of the United States. So I guess it's fair to say Biden is the bigger threat because he's facilitating all of it. But Netanyahu really is the guy who's pulling the trigger and doing the actual genocide, right? So I don't know. I'll ask you guys, who do you think is a bigger threat to peace at the moment? Is it Joe Biden or is it Benjamin Netanyahu? But certainly the top three, it's going to be whoever the sitting U.S. president is, Netanyahu and Vladimir Putin. And of course, the reason why Vladimir Putin is there is because he did an illegal and offensive invasion of Ukraine, pretended like, oh, this is defensive and it's all about NATO aggression and all this stuff. Bullshit. In the many interviews he's, he's done, including with Tucker, he makes very clear that the history of the Russian Empire, and he feels like Ukraine is a fake state and it's mine and I want to take it. I want to like rebuild a Russian Empire. So all the other stuff is just rationalizations and justifications. So um, he's, he's on the wrong side of that equation. So I'd say when Trump was in office, he was the greatest threat, followed by Netanyahu and Putin. Um, These, they, yeah, they have Trump derangement syndrome. It is unbelievable. And now I'd say it's Biden, Netanyahu, and Putin. Curious what order you guys would put it in. But to, to make the obvious point about the United States... We support, what's the exact number? I'm blanking on the number, but I think it's here. He sounds really aidsy. <clears throat> sounds like your T-cell counts are down, Kyle. All right, so so this is going to be fascinating because not only is Cenk Uger and Anna Kasparian off narrative when it comes to um, Joe Biden's mental capacity or cognitive issues and also the Ass Willis thing, so's Kyle. Actually, I, I haven't seen Kyle cover Ass Willis, but on Joe Biden, he's actually telling the truth about his mental decline. Now, these are sheepdogs for the DNC. They're total propagandists. So they will, f- I would fully expect for them to get back on narrative at some point. Maybe it's after the primary uh, where it's official that it's Trump versus Biden. Then they'll pretend that somehow it's better to vote for Joe Biden. But for now, they're still off, and he's criticizing All Morning right, guys, Joe. So as we've pointed out in many segments recently, um, the media really does not want to hear any criticism of Biden at the moment, which is wild because this coincides with like the most obvious public display of his mind not working right anymore. Whether it be, you know, he said he talked to Mitterrand the other day. <laughs> that was the leader of France who died in like 1996. I think he meant to say Macron, but he said Mitterrand. He also said Helmut Kohl, who also died a long time ago. Like, his brain is still stuck in, like, the 1980s as he's president right now. And he's obviously having these massive mental lapses. He said that Sisi is the president of Mexico. Of course, that's the president of Egypt. I mean, the list goes on and on of the ways in which his brain is just not working right. It's like failing mid-sentence. And how many times has he wandered away then came back to the microphone or 
you know, lost his place or whatever. And, and look, any one of these things on their own is obviously totally forgivable. But when it's this track record of it, that's why you have polls now that's 86% of Americans say he can't make it a second term. 86%. And they're going to the they're going to keep gaslighting. Now, I don't know how it breaks down when they say 86% of Americans. It's 86% of the people that took that poll. Now, there is a way to kind of extrapolate that out, but I don't I don't know if you can really say it's the whole country. It's the people paying attention to politics. The people paying attention to politics, I think most people see it. But see, that's the thing about elections. It's it's a it's a group of people. You have the people that pay attention, like us, nonstop. Then you get the people who are casual. Then you get the people who don't pay attention until it's election time. But then there's a bunch of people, they don't pay attention at all, but they still go to the voting booth. And some of those people are voting for a, a Joe Biden from like 19, you know, or I, I guess, when was the last coherent Biden? 2016? He gave a speech at the um, the Democrat convention in 2015, was it? Right, you just compare him to that speech. I mean, that was, wow, that was nine years ago. Oh, my God. Holy shit, time is flying. It, it's night and day. So they're, that's who they think they're voting for. So with that said, though, if the economy is shit and the president is a Democrat or, or a Republican, whatever side they're on, that bad economy has either an R or a D next to it. And the guy in office now is a D. So that economy, that bad economy has a D no matter what. So even people who are like not paying that much attention are still going to be negatively affected by the economy. And I think that is not good for Biden. What's that going to look like in three months from now when we're in the, the heat of the, of the general election? What's it going to look like? I mean, people, is it going to be 96% say, ah, he can't do it? This is a massive, massive liability. So at the same time, the normie reaction is that the media <clears throat> is working overtime to try to act like there's nothing to see here. There's nothing to see here. Remember, on multiple fronts, on Biden's cognition, on Fannie w- Ass Willis, on the economy, on like everything. John Stewart did a great segment the other day on his first show back. That was not a great segment by any means. It was mostly uh, anti-Trump propaganda with very mild Joe Biden criticism. He went after both Biden and Trump. No, he didn't. It was mostly going after Trump and mildly going after Biden. For their age and the fact that their brains aren't working well, I think he made clear to point out Trump is worse substantively, but he also went after Biden because it's fair and reasonable to do so, right? The resistance liberals melted down. The media went after a number of articles going after John Stewart. The both sides, nonsense. Like, anyway, we have here potentially the saddest example of this dynamic. Look at how much they're working overtime to try to protect Joe Biden from legitimate criticism. Watch this. It's uh, John Heilman. We've seen examples over and over again of Donald Trump just losing it on stage here, and. You, you, you had the whole political world come to a stop. First of all, because for some reason you had the guy, uh, the special counsel, asking, hey, um, what, uh, what year did, did your son die? And supposedly he didn't remember what year his son died. 
and and this was the most damning thing. I said this yesterday, and maybe I don't know. Maybe it's just older people. We've we've lived a busy and active life, but nobody's closer to me. Nobody's been closer to me in my lifetime than my mom. If somebody asked me in the middle of a deposition, what year did your mom die? I go. I don't know, 2017, 2018, 2019, I don't know. He's saying, so, so again, you, if they get, it's not that you need to immediately have the date. It's that if you don't have dementia, if it's an important life thing, you will be able to think about it and come up with the answer. Joe Biden couldn't do that. Forgot when his son died. Whatever, bro, it's not a big deal. Sometimes we don't remember the specifics. Guys. In that same interview, he forgot when he was vice president. He didn't know the years he was vice president. Anybody who is even remotely interested in politics knows the years he was vice president. Oh, man, this is so dishonest. Oh, there's nothing. But see, this is what is wild. This is no different than what you do all the time. This is like a whore. I always use the analogy. This is like a whore, a, a bukkake whore, a, some sort of pornography whore, pointing her finger at other women and calling them whores. You do the same thing that they do, but for some reason on this particular subject, you're not doing it. It's very similar to Sitchin Adam with uh, Kyle Rittenhouse. They got Kyle Rittenhouse completely. They did great Kyle Rittenhouse coverage. It was good coverage. And, uh, but a lot of their other shit, total propaganda tactics. Destiny, who is unbearable, got Rittenhouse pretty much right. Full-blown, insane propagandist, just like Kyle Kalinske. Just, uh, it's just, it's, it's, why not, I don't, I don't know, it's weird. I really uh, hope one day we can really find out who was what and who got paid, who didn't get paid, who was working for... I just... Because Grayzone uncovered that some YouTubers are paid propagandists and in the, uh, uh, the article that they came out with, they had discovered that... Uh, a couple bread tubers, they're like commie YouTubers. Um, they were paid by one of these cutouts of MI6. Because um, that's how they do it, because they want plausible deniability. So you're not going to get a check from the CIA. You're not going to get a check from the FBI. You're not going to get a check from MI6. You're going to get uh, contacted by one of these, and they label them all sorts of things civil rights groups, NGOs. Uh, election integrity. This is why Mike Benz, I'm telling you, the, the, if you want to know how bad this is with censorship, because where I was wrong is I thought a lot of the censorship came from like ideologues and blue haired uh, uh, cat piss ladies working at YouTube. And while some of that is true, some of that's true, the vast majority of it has come from governments. And it is it is deep and extensive and unbelievable and he has done the best job i think mike benz of putting it all together and if you want to he will walk you through when it started who did it what the names of the organizations are and it's not anything he's saying he's showing you the documents 
He's showing you the documents. And, uh, but anyway, Gray Zone, they had documents from one of these organizations uh, who were paying bread tubers to spread propaganda narratives about coronavirus and COVID-19. And so to me, that was, I think, the first official like evidence of YouTubers being paid to do propaganda. And obviously, like, of course that's happening, right? So who else is paid? Who else is paid? I don't think they're all paid. I think some of them want to be eventually employed by the regime. So they do a YouTube channel and they do get views and, and subs. And also when you're right now a left-wing propagandist, you get some favorable algorithm uh, treatment. Or like, take a guy like Brian Tyler Cohen, right? And maybe I'm wrong about this, but my impression is this guy just rolls up to the scene and just gets massive algorithmic boosts. Same with Lex Friedman. These guys come out of nowhere and all of a sudden they're everywhere. They're all over and they're getting millions of views. Okay, I, that doesn't seem very organic. It just makes me wonder who's paid by who, who's not paid, who's really doing this uh, um, you know, to try to get in there. Cause I, cause they're not any person not giving their organic opinion. I'm assuming, Oh, there's a motive of some sort. And like Kyle's not, I, I don't think Kyle's giving his organic. right now. Maybe he might be giving his organic opinion, but I think for the most part, a lot of these people, they know they're doing propaganda, but yeah, who is on the list? That's what I want to find out. I don't know if we'll ever know, but man, I'm very curious to see here. He's doing fine. There's nothing to see here, bro. Get over it, bro. What a sad attempt. This is going to get worse and worse, guys. I don't know. I can tell you everything about it. I can tell you my final word. But, but, but again, that and same thing with Mika and her dad. So the fact for her dad was like a CIA guy. First of all, that he was asking that question. Secondly, uh, that somehow that's the most damning thing. And the Trump people are now saying the White House is like an old folks home. Uh, they need to look inside their own uh, glass house because inside that glass house if the biden administration or the biden white house uh, and the political team know what they're doing that's a glass house the trump glass house that's going to come crashing to the ground because there's clip after clip after clip of this guy not even remembering uh you know the most basic things yeah, and I think, I mean, look, I, I, earlier Willie made some comment about how uh, Donald Trump doesn't know what day it is. And I was like, yo, yo, simmer down over there. Like, a lot of us here have a problem with uh, what day it is, uh, what day of the week. And, and I can I can sort of remember. Maybe This is incredible. They're basically like, well, guys, we all have dementia. <laughs> the Chiefs won the Super Bowl. But even that, yeah. even that's fading fast for me. Uh, th these, yeah, I, guys, we all have dementia. It's totally normal. The, the fairest thing to say about this, Joe, and this is, of course, <laughs> You know, it'd be insane if one of them was like, guys, I shit my pants all the time. Like if Joe, Biden, could you imagine if Joe Biden had a really public shitting incident, like more than what's already happened? Like, I think there's been a couple instances when I think when he met with the Pope, uh, um, it's a, there's very strong circumstantial evidence that he shit his pants. Same with um, Jerry Nadler, strong circumstantial evidence that he shit his pants, but not direct evidence, right? Not like shit running down the leg. That's direct evidence. But, you know, like I think Nadler shit his pants. I think Biden shit his pants. Could you imagine if Biden had a public, like that you just saw like shit coming out of his pants? It, like, it, like 
indisputable shit his pants. I would, I would wonder if some of these media people would be like, I shit my pants all the time. I just shit my pants now. Oh, hey, hey, we're all going to shit our pants right now. I'm telling you, they're that insane. That would be, that would be like a South Park episode coming to real life. Of course, our politics, so this, nothing will be fair uh, about this. But both of these candidates are over the optimal age at which we would want a president to be. They just, they are. And, I, and I, if we had, if we could rule this, this race by rationality, if we're gonna say, we're gonna have Donald Trump, and we're gonna have Joe Biden, the two of them should, uh, we should acknowledge the fact that they are, that they are as, the, as the special counsel unfairly said, uh, Biden and I kind of sh took a shot at him when he wrote it, but you know, elderly gentlemen, they are, they're elderly gentlemen, they're, they're gonna be, one of them's an octogenarian already, the other's gonna be an octogenarian shortly. And they're not going to have the best memories. You know, you're, we're joking about it here, but the truth is, uh, you and I don't have the best memories. Uh, you know, Willie, right. uh, I, Willie's memories uh, even worse than ours. Uh, last time I checked, Lemire remembers things most of the time. I won't speak for Michael Steele, mm -hmm. but but we're all, right. you know, we're not we're all imperfect. And and the reality is, if we're going to have battles of videotape <laughs> between these candidates, kind of pointing out that each one uh, is not at their, it has lost a few miles an hour off their fastball from when they were at their best. That's a battle that Joe Biden ultimately. Is it a reasonable place to win because... How would he win that? That's insane. That's completely insane. How would he win that? See, what they do with Trump, he says something that they don't agree with, and they pretend that that's mental illness. That is not the issue with Joe Biden. He's not coherent. They have right. a lot of those same failings. But what Joe right. Biden doesn't have is propensity to lie pathologically about everything in the world. Okay, that's totally made up. Nor does Joe Biden have propensity to... Uh, to say th the kind of things that Donald Trump was saying on Saturday, where he uh, thre threatens to, 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 to have Vladimir Putin attack NATO allies well, and encourages them, et cetera, et cetera. All yeah. the democracy-breaking things that Trump did. Right. So Made-up term. If you want to play the game on that battlefield, uh, I would say Biden is in as good a place as anywhere to put any place to take Trump on. Oh, my God. They're trying so hard. They're trying so hard, bro. Oh, look, to be fair, I do think it's reasonable to say Trump's having issues as well. I mean, he's made a lot of very sad mistakes recently. Remember when he repeated that Nikki Haley was responsible for security on January 6th? I think he meant to say Nancy Pelosi, which, by the way, she wasn't responsible for it either. But I think he Bullshit. meant to say Nancy Pelosi. Kept saying Nikki Haley. The number of times he messed up, saying he's running against Obama, he said that a number of times. Again, he played, again, the Nikki Haley thing, it didn't make sense to me that he would use Nikki Haley instead of um, instead of uh, Nancy Pelosi. I think he had Nikki Haley on his mind. Whatever. I don't care. I, I don't care. They pretend that he isn't arguing that Obama is in control. He's made that argument multiple times. Okay? I think there's... I think it's very likely that Obama, like you can't, you can't tell me that, for example, Susan Rice is not reporting back to Obama. I don't believe that. I don't. Uh, how would she not be? There's no fucking way. There's no fucking way that she's not, that Obama's not involved somehow. Okay. So on the one hand, like I said, I think that the Haley thing might have been an actual mistake. Whatever. The Obama shit. Like, it's very dishonest to pretend that when a guy's making a point, they're, like, deliberately trying to misunderstand the point because they think it's a conspiracy theory that Obama's involved at all. It's very dishonest. Oh, I'm saying that because I'm trying to say Obama actually is running the White House or whatever. Well, he also said he ran against Obama. 
He ran against Obama. He didn't even run against Obama. Anyway, he's had a number of similar moments, so I think it's fair. They're not remotely similar. To bring that up. But let's not pretend like Biden has a slam dunk case here that, that Trump is worse on this front. The fact of the matter is, whatever kind of fucking Adderall cocktail they got Trump on, he can kind of cover up his mental decline with bombast and charisma. You know, I'm not saying that's fair. Look, the, the key thing is, how many times have you seen Donald Trump lose his train of thought and go, uh, oh, well. Have, how many t- I've never seen, not one time I've seen Donald Trump do that. Biden does that all the time. He'll be in the middle of something, and then he'll just, he'll like groan, and he'll be like, uh, uh, oh, uh, well, never mind. I've not one time seen Donald Trump do that. Okay, so this this is bullshit. Yes, they're both older. The issue is not their age. They're, the issue is one guy literally has dementia. The other guy does not. Trump definitely, like, I, you know, I go through clips of uh, Trump going after the media. Some of them are recent. Some of them are from 2016. There's a small difference between... 2016 Trump and and 2024 Trump. You know, we're talking about eight years, right? So he looks a little bit different. But it's nothing like crazy. It's like a mild, there's like a mild difference. He's pretty much the same. Joe Biden is, it's crazy. Even Biden during the 2020 campaign. Remember when they were doing these ridiculous uh, car rallies? They would have the cars beeping. What a clown world spectacle that was. You just go to then, and he was gone then. Then was when he said the true ribbon pressure or whatever. He's so much more coherent back then than he he is now. And that was four years. He's a completely different person. In, In the speech he gave at the DNC in 2015, he looks like a different person. I, I don't blame people. When you look at that guy and you look at the Joe Biden now and people point out all the different things in his ears, I don't blame people for thinking it's a different person. I think it's the same guy. I think he's had a lot of plastic surgery. But again, given all of the crazy things that have turned out to be true and also given the technology, the the this isn't even something that I see covered a lot. The shit, you know how people are marveling at what the AI can do, and that's that's incredible. The shit that it's not even new; it's they've been able to do it for years. The shit they're able to do with prosthetics and masks and shit is is it's like out of Mission Impossible, and and that's not new. They've probably been able to do that for fifteen years. You can't tell me they're they're not doing that. Why wouldn't they do that? Why wouldn't they do that? And I think the best example of it possibly getting caught was that time with Hillary Clinton. <clears throat> that was like the one time that woman didn't look right. Remember uh, Hillary Clinton fell, uh, uh, passed out, and they threw her into the truck like a side of beef? Remember she supposedly came out of an apartment and like said hello to a child like an hour later or something? That lady did not look like Hillary Clinton. She looked, I mean, she looked like Hillary Clinton. There was something off about her. I remember that. So anyway, regardless, maybe it was her, who knows. But uh, there's no way they're not fucking doing that at some point. So, you know, it's very possible that this guy isn't Joe Biden. I wouldn't put anything past these people. But yeah, that's like, that's kind of like an underreported thing. People are rightfully pointing out all of the AI stuff. 
but the shit they're able to do with prosthetics that's been going on for years there's videos there i remember there's a video this hot hot girl looks totally normal like a human being not even close to looking fake and just rips her skin off and is a different person i was like holy shit and that was like years years ago so yeah they're doing all sorts of shit i'm not saying that's just but the fact that he's so like gregarious and outgoing and charismatic and loud sort of allows him to get away with more moments like that whereas biden's stumbling and bumbling and slow in his speech and makes more mistakes if we're being honest and it's like there is no okay the reason why you can't silence this criticism of biden is because it is very legitimate and everybody can see it which is why 86 percent of the country says he can't make it a second term so then what are you going to do during the general election if you don't like trump that's fine let's say trump's not your guy Okay, what a normal person, a normal commentator that's not a propagandist, what they would do is they would say this is a difficult choice for some people because they don't like either guy. And it's dementia versus, you know, I don't know what you would, how you would, if you didn't like Trump, personality, you don't like his personality, whatever, you could probably figure out a better way to, to phrase that. But um, a normal person would be like, yeah, this is difficult. I couldn't blame you if you didn't vote. That's what like a normal person would say. I'm telling you, Kyle Kalinske is going to be like, you got to vote for Biden no matter what. Got to vote for Biden no matter what. Vote for the guy with dementia. Never going to win this. You're never going to win this. Now, you just have to change the conversation from that, right? I mean, obviously, in my ideal world, he would step aside and we'd get anybody else. By the way, we got a taste for this when... Um Let's see. Yeah, the 2019 Democrat primary, right? Yeah, Cenk Uger went on a rant. Was it after South Carolina? I think I think Biden did well in South Carolina, and Cenk Uger was pissed off, and he was screaming about how he's not all there and, and the same thing. And then as soon as he became the nominee, that all went out the window. But if that's not going to happen, which it should, then you just have to change the conversation completely. Get Biden on that same Adderall cocktail that they got Trump on. Okay, Adderall, as far as I'm ending, Adderall's glorious. And I would take it if I could get it. I wouldn't take it all the time. I think I'd take it like once or twice a quarter. But anyway, because I try not to get addicted to things. I've been addicted to enough things in my life. That's a hell of a drug, though. Uh, it also depends on your brain chemistry. Some people, it makes them feel normal. I'm not one of those people. That shit makes me feel like a million bucks. Anyway, um, as far as I'm aware, I don't think it can do anything for dementia. Am I, maybe I'm wrong about that. But I think it, if the guy has full-blown dementia, I've, I've never heard of like, well, just give him Adderall and everything's going to be fine. I, I don't think that's how dementia works. I don't think it's curable. Get him on whatever sort of mental clarity drugs are necessary. Do a mix of the best ones if you can. And then just hope to God you can keep the campaign focused on his 91 criminal charges and four indictments and come out with a bold agenda for the next four years, including extending the child tax credit, which, to be fair, they are working on right now, eliminating all medical debt, you know, paid family leave, whatever. Just come up with a number of things, raising that minimum wage. Finally, he wasn't able to get it last time. Come up and then hammer and hammer and hammer. You can talk about the things you did that were good, but talk about what you're going to do next 
and just focus on, hey, this guy's beyond the pale. 91 criminal charges, four indictments. He said he wants to suspend the Constitution. You can't have So again, complete lie. That is not what he said. He was making a point about the stolen election, that if you allow an illegitimate election result and you codify that, you might as well throw out the Constitution. That's what he said. Somebody like that. Be in charge of the country. You just can't. You just can't. So We will. Oh, I would do that, but... <clears throat> You're never going to silence this criticism because this criticism is legitimate. No matter how many times you goofballs go out there and you say, oh, I don't even remember who won the Super Bowl. That's a tough one. <laughs> it's not going to work, bro. It's not going to work. This is desperate. This is desperate. Now, by the way, why is it that Morning Joe became like ground zero of defending Biden to the hilt? Because Biden and Joe Scarborough are now friends and they talk on the phone all the time. And Biden looks to him for political advice. Which, by the way, Joe... That's probably one of the many reasons why your polling numbers are horrible and in the dumps. Because Joe Scarborough is a Republican. No, he's not. If you not. like his advice, if you trust his advice and he's helping steer policy, well, no wonder you lost the base. You lost the left. You lost young people. I'm sure a lot of these decisions, right, going in a more right-wing direction early on in his time in office, to be fair... He was certainly more progressive than I thought he would be. And it was positive. There were positive things that came out. But now, he's gone full, I'm a conservative Democrat. All of Joe, uh, Joe Scarborough is total AIDS. Um, this is hilarious. This is bald fuckface. Trump's shrinking base could doom his 2024 chances. <laughs> How is Trump's base shrinking? What are you talking about? Just making stuff up. Trump's shrinking base? How? You know, one of the things that I think people severely underestimate with regard to both the 2020 election and the 2022 election, when Republicans underperformed expectations in both of those elections, is COVID. More oh my God, are you still on this pretending that COVID only killed voting Republicans? Not just Republicans, Republicans that vote. According to these lunatics, COVID only killed voting Republicans that like Donald Trump. More than 1 million Americans. Hell, more than 2,000 Americans in the last seven days oh, have died from COVID. Oh, COVID is God. not gone. <laughs> yes. COVID is not through with us. You may think you're done with it. <laughs> is this, this video was uploaded, at least when I put it up here, six hours ago. This is not from 2019. Or excuse me, that wouldn't be 20. This isn't 2021. Uh, 2022. This is 2024. He is still pretending COVID is a thing. But it ain't done with us. We have so many deaths to this day in this country. And as studies have repeatedly shown, <laughs> Republicans are far more likely to die from it. Bullshit. Than Democrats are because they're less likely to be vaccinated. By the way, first of all, okay, if you really wanted to t talk about this and not be a fucking retard and not, not be a liar, uh, uh, you, you, and I don't think you could even make this argument, but obviously fully vaxxed Democrats are much more likely to die. But I don't think the, the number, it, it still doesn't matter. It's not going to make a difference. But if you were going to make this argument based on something real, that would be the way to go, that a very large portion of Democrats 
uh, are vaxxed and boosted, which would put them at risk, and many of them have died, it still is not going to affect the election, you idiot. ...less likely to be taking safety precautions. The safety precautions are total bullshit. Total bullshit. Or Republicans died from COVID than Democrats Bullshit. Did. And that played a big role and does no, not get credit... it cred did not. Credit ...for it. Oh, my God. And Republicans not doing... You are well. a fucking moron. ...in 2020 and 2022. And that brings me to another viewer question. This is from Rob Living His Best Life, who asks... Given that Trump is not expanding his base and losing many... What do you mean he's not expanding his base? He got more votes in 2020 than he did in 2016. What are you talking about? Do you really think he can win? He's already lost last cycle, and even though anything is possible, what do you think, given the lack of expansion of his base? But there hasn't been a lack of expansion. And that's what I'm talking about with the reduction of his base. But there hasn't been a reduction. You're making that up completely. Trump has a solid grip on his MAGA cult members. There's not a ton of people just voluntarily leaving. They're leaving because they're six feet underground. <laughs> because he told them, don't worry about COVID. So there you go. Uh, only Trump supporters are dying of COVID. And other Republicans and other, you know, media commentators and sports figures tell them, oh, it's nothing. Just take the horse dewormer. You're fine. Um... Yeah, I think if you checked with them now, they'd probably disagree. Unfortunately, yes, everyone died. Most of them aren't able to answer your question. Right. All of the people that took ivermectin are dead. So, yes, Trump's base has shrunk. But also to your point, it hasn't grown at all. Not just because it's shrinking and more people are coming. Yeah, it hasn't grown at all. No, no, no. He's not appealing to anyone outside of his base. True. Definitely not black people and Hispanics. There's nothing going on there with Joe Biden losing those people. No, definitely not. So that's why, honestly, I feel like all these polls that come out like, oh, oh it's yeah. neck and neck with Trump and Biden. I don't see it. Democrats are consistently overperforming in races where they shouldn't even be close to winning. Well, that's because they're able to cheat their asses off. And they're winning. That's not possible in a country where everybody says, oh, well, Democrats are doing so bad. They're not. I don't buy it. And I've talked consistently about these polls that are like, oh, uh oh, look how close they are. Do you know what polls are based on? And I'm telling you this as somebody who has a political science degree. You suck. I don't care what degrees you have. You're one of the least credible people on YouTube. Holder took courses. You're like one of the worst political polling do you know where we get the information to conduct polls like i set up the videos to go over and cover people based on the amount of lies per minute i mean i don't have like a like a scientific breakdown but if people don't lie a lot i don't really have a lot to say but if people are lying their asses off, then I have a lot of commentary to do. So I pick, like, the biggest liars. Now, I'm sure that you could probably find me people that lie at this level. There's also some people, like, I can't cover everybody. But, you know, Tom Hartman, the Humanist Report, they also lie their ass off. Um, so it's not just that. But usually it's the people that absolutely are just fucking... It's a combination of, like, they're a lol cow. Um, there's, there's a... Um, Especially with like David Pakman, there is a, there is a, kind of a feeling 
that David Pakman engenders in people. Alex Jones captured it perfectly that one time, you know, where the whole, I thank my lucky stars, I'm not David Pakman thing came from. And uh, yeah, he, 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 but it's weird because I can tolerate Pacman's that, you know, that kind of, I don't know what that feeling is that he gives people, not everyone, but some people, but for, for whatever reason, I can't, I cannot stomach uh, the humanist report guy. I do cover him from time to time, but man, that guy, oof, Jesus Christ, it's too much for me. Too much AIDS. From the census. Do you know when that last census was conducted? Before more than a million Americans died of COVID? So those numbers that significantly decreased Republicans more than they decreased Democrats are still being used. So the polling data itself that we're using to call people and pick which ones we're going to talk to, how many Republicans and how many Democrats, that data is already skewed because it's not taking into account the number of people and the political affiliations of the people. Who well, then wouldn't that mean that Joe Biden's numbers would be way higher? If more Republicans are dying, that means they're coming across more Democrats in the polling. So that would mean that the Joe Biden numbers would have to be higher. You're an idiot. Died from COVID. Do you see what I'm saying? You're, you're completely insane. The polls are unreliable because they're using outdated data. But they're talking to people. Are they, were you saying they're talking to dead people? The only dead people involved in the political world are Democrat voters, okay? Dead people vote overwhelmingly for Democrats, okay? But I'm not aware of dead pollers, people answering polls that are dead. So yes, I think that Trump is in worse shape. I would love to see Rich Barris destroy this video. That would bring me pleasure. And he looks, I think Biden is in better shape than he looks. Because if the pollsters are looking at a county that's 55% Republican and 45% Democrat, 55% of the people they talk to for a poll, they will go to the Republicans. 45 will be Democrats. But if COVID deaths, even that out to 50-50, then you've oversampled Republicans based on your outdated data. And that's why you're gonna see these weird skews in polls that are not reflected when it comes time to elections, which we have repeatedly seen. But you have absolutely no evidence. Show me the breakdown. Again, Rich Barris would be the best person to ask about this because he's a pollster. He's a good pollster. Show me where you can prove the political breakdown of the deaths. Give me one fucking county. One county. Show me where you can confirm that the people that died were Republicans or Trump supporters, and they died in a higher number than the Democrats. This is totally made up. This is totally made up. Over the last two years, Trump's base is shrinking. No, it isn't. COVID is playing a large part of it. <laughs> and Trump is not attracting any new people. The virus with the 99.999% survival rate is tearing apart Trump's base to his coalition because he's just playing the greatest hits. So I do think, again, Trump doesn't have as much of a shot as the polls would tell us he has. I'm not saying Democrats need to rest easy, but I am saying we're in for quite a shock when we see how wrong the 2020, uh, 2024 polls are going to be when the election comes. Dude, he's a... Whew, that's a dumb guy. 
that's a good dumb guy right there. Holy shit. Okay, let's uh, we'll go to this uh, real quick. Now, this is I, I was requested to do fuck Mary kill here. The problem is there's five hogs. You got five hogs. So I'm gonna I'm gonna uh, I'm gonna just uh, we'll we'll take these three here. Fuck Mary kill. So this is uh, virtually impossible. Um, <clears throat> even if some of them have halfway mildly acceptable faces for fat hogs. But this is no good. So obviously you kill this one. She's the biggest. Again, it's a game. Uh, yeah, n n no, no, uh, you know. Is this Hawaii? So now it's between these two. Jesus fucking Christ. And you know, and I can't ask any questions. I can't talk to these hogs. And maybe one of them can cook really good. Uh, and then you would just marry that one and just, uh, you know, you're just going to have to take... You're going to have to just, uh, you know, you're going to have to fuck a fatty... You know, but then you get a good meal. I, I guess we'd fuck this one and uh, marry this one. Because I guess, I guess she's kind of... See, this is the problem. Like, the, the fat's just no... When you're getting rolls, it's no good. I've said this before. Real thick girls, like heavier girls... See, women have an interesting way of gaining weight. Uh, some of them. Some of them, this happens. This I can't deal with. There's nothing I can do with this. Now, there's probably plenty of... Well, maybe... I don't know how many fat, fatty chasers there are out there. There's some guys that would probably gladly smash all five of them. Um, I'm passing on all five. Uh, but uh, you get some of these heavier girls that they, their weight just goes to their ass and their tits. I have no problem with that. That's fine. You know, these like thick, bigger girls. That's I got no problem with that. Th maybe it goes to the thighs. They just got big thighs, big ass. But there's no rolls. There's no rolls. If there's no rolls, I'm I, we're all good. It's when it's when the when the rolls happen, big rolls, and then all of the flesh starts melting together. That's see, I can't. There's nothing I can do when I can't distinguish between a roll and and titties. There's nothing I can do there. It's just not you know. I'm I'm passing. But uh, I don't mind a thicker girl. Thicker, big girls. Big girls are fine. It just it all depends on where the weight goes. If it goes to the hips, ass, and thighs, great. If it all goes to the gut, we got a problem. Got a problem. But anyway, to each his own. You know, to each his own. But uh, yeah, I'm passing on, on, on all five of these. Uh, but it is what it is. What are you going to do? Some people like big ones. Biggins. All right, let me just uh, check here one second. We got... Um Let's see. One second. Um, Silky Johnson says, Every time I see donkey teeth on TV, I just think the only time she should ever be shown on screen is dressed as a maid or a cook about to get her back blown out. She doesn't have the acting chops for porn, just the eyes and uh, and tits and a good use of her mouth. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, well, that's... Uh, I, I, Apparently, there's a lot of AI porn of AOC. I imagine they're going to make a big deal out of that at some point. They made a big deal out of it with Taylor Swift. <clears throat> Silky Johnson says, Whenever I see how much of an evil pedophile Joe Biden is, I wonder what kind of fucked up upbringing did he have? Kid fucking must have been normal in his family. Probably inbreeding, too. Him and his kids look like they're missing a few human chromosomes. Maybe. I don't know if there's inbreeding, but uh, it's fucked up shit. But the thing is, you know, I, I've never had a... I can't speak on that as far as, like, 
breaking the chain of abuse. I, I fortunately d- did not have any sort of sexual abuse growing up. Um, I know people that have, and I know people that have undergone like crazy shit. Uh, and look, my my childhood was no picnic, but there wasn't like like violence, you know, things like that. And I know some people that had childhoods that were like way worse than mine and that were like abused, but they never abused their kids as far as I'm aware, you know? So it's like, you got to just, you just can't, it's just not an excuse. You just got to, you just got to break the chain. You, You can't, you know, so I don't know. There's some sort of psychological dynamic to some of that shit. You just got to break the chain. You just got to fucking... You just can't... It's just no good. It's no good. But yeah, what the hell were they doing in the Biden family? <sighs> Probably all sorts of fucked up shit. Um, but uh, yeah. And he, yeah, who knows? Who knows? Uh, Nick of the Black says, Hey, you mains. Eyes verily be Black Knight. My uh, time was have weave wearing wenches that be asking faux day monthly alms from the king because rape be how we pass the time oh is that how you be passing the time okay interesting eyes earned mine names by using my big black phallus during the joust games eyes bite my thumb at you oh joust that's a hell of a game joust video game great video game joust is fantastic you know they made a joust cabinet for uh what the hell's the name of that company arcade one up and i know they're not the same as the og ones but you know what they're smaller they're easier to move around i don't have a problem with them um they could make them a little better like they fail quickly i don't have a lot of them i have one i have a street fighter um they made a joust one which was made by the same company as sinistar why don't you fucking make make goddamn sinistar what the fuck it wasn't like a no-name game. It was a big game back in the day. That was the best fucking game ever, in my opinion. Absolutely the best fucking arcade game of all time. And uh, no, it's impossible to get. You have to, like, buy an old one, and they're, you know, expensive. You can't even get it. No no PlayStation. You know, that game translates well to, um, like, the controller and PlayStation because you need, like, 5,000 different angles. And it, it, I've, it worked well on the, uh, was it PlayStation 1? Uh, you could get it in the arcade classics. What was that, Williams? Anyway, whatever, I'm going off on a rant. Just, I don't why can't I play the games that I want to play on the PS4? I want to play Grand Theft Auto 4, Max Payne 3, and Sinistar. Why the fuck can't I play? I, I don't understand. Ridiculous. I do think a GTA 4 remaster is probably coming before GTA 6, but it's probably going to suck. It's probably not going to have all the music it's supposed to have. And, you know, they they have... They bring in people. You saw the GTA trilogy remaster. That was broken, so this is... I don't have high hopes for that. Probably going to take stuff out of it. Anyway, whatever. We'll see. All right, well, thank you, uh, Nigga the Black. Sounds like we got some... What would we call this? This is... uh, This is the... uh, The hell is that festival where the women have the titties out? The, uh, I don't know. Whatever the hell that's called. <laughs> Tyler Preston says, I have the excerpts of what Kyle Kalinske's father said to him before leaving home. Really? Oh. Quote. Here's the quote from Kyle Kalinske's dad. Hey, look at those faggot-ass clothes, faggot. 
Faggot, fag, fucking fag. My son's a fag, unquote. All right, that's a hell of a quote right there. There you go. Uh, Kyle Kalinske's dad. Eh, that sounds about right. You know, something like that's got to be true. Silky Johnson says, uh, Kyle sounds like uh, he... Oh, what happened? Oh, one second. Kyle sounds like he has some semen stuck in his nasal passages. It must be a workplace hag hazard being a faggot, or maybe he's losing protection and needs another booster. I fully endorse people like Kyle getting the boosters. He can have mine, too, uh, to not be a bigot. Oh, yeah, I'll gladly. All the ones that were reserved for me, I will gladly give to the propagandists 100%. They can have all of them. I've not taken any. They can have all of them. Silky Johnson says, that's it. That's it, HB. Bald fuckface is definitely fully mentally retarded. He's not even functional. I guarantee you his quote-unquote wife has a harness and leash that she has to put on him when they go out in public. Maybe even a helmet and drool cup. Beware tards that think they're smart. He really, he, he has... There's a, there's a vacant look that idiots have. Also, dementia patients have it, but it's different. The dementia look that Joe Biden has is different than the one that Farron Cousins has. There's people that I've known in my life that are, like, really fucking stupid. And you know, here's the thing about this. I don't care if you're stupid, but when you're an asshole, there's a problem. So, like, I don't care. I really, what your intelligence level is, what you know, I don't give a shit. But when you're an asshole, then it matters. Okay? Then it matters. And there's a person that I know who's a fucking asshole. And they're, they're, be, like, they're beyond stupid. And the shit that they come up with is so fucking ridiculous. And they have that look in their eye. Very similar to Farron Cousins. It's this vacant idiot look. And it's just a sight to behold when the fucking idiot has like a grand plan that doesn't make any sense. And I look, I try to be a reasonable person. You come to me with something I can work with, I'll try to I'll try to humor you. <laughs> but there sometimes are situations where you're like, I, this is not, I don't know, this is crazy. And like I said, I'll humor you and I won't even be an asshole if you're cool. But if you're a fucking asshole, we, it's, yeah, I'm. Gonna, I have to be insulting. What else are, you, are we gonna do? So it's just yeah. Farron Cousins has that vacant, stupid person look. That uh, is a hell of a thing. It's it's amazing. I don't know. Maybe I'm the only one that sees it, but it's uh, it's amazing. All right, let me just uh, double check here, and uh, let's see. One moment. Okay, good there. Let me go to... Let me refresh here. Just make sure we're all good. Uh, regurgitating Rhinoceros says, um, HB, speaking of dementia patients. All right, let's have a look at this. This is breaking news from the Internet. We have a lot of other things to cover here, but I look to Dr. Sherwood. Are we uh, moving... Joe Biden... Wake up. Joe Biden, wake up. 9-11. One of the things that, that, that I strongly believe is... Joe Biden. Wake up. I should probably go home. I'm tired. Joe Biden, wake up. Joe. 
What's happening? Joe Biden. What's happening? Joe. Hello, Mr. President. Wake up. You should have to pay nearly $6,400 more than you would today. Wake up, wake up, wake up. Just look at how different. I'm pretty sure this clip was when he was VP and Obama speaking. Okay, and he fell asleep. Look how different he looks compared to now. It's like crazy. He's like a different person. Now, it could be plastic surgery. But like I said, at this point, I, I don't put anything past any of these people. Yeah, the Internet's an amazing place. This guy, I don't know what the context of this is, but this guy, he just made this video. He's this huge guy, and he makes this video saying, Joe Biden, wake up. And then the Internet just has a field day with it. And it's absolutely fantastic. And you got all this stuff. It's amazing. And the AI. There was a new type of AI. I, I it was like, it, it was like a woman. Um, I, I forget exactly the name, but Torba was talking about it. And apparently, there's this AI that's like you can just tell it to like make you not necessarily a movie, but like he was basically saying that. They will be able to just make what he called conservative propaganda. Uh, and I don't care if it, you can call, look, I, the commies have to be defeated. If you can figure out a way to use propaganda in a way to win, so be it. That's how it goes. I'm not a fan of propaganda, but whatever. That's his words. He can use whatever words he wants. But anyway, the point is you can make like based like content without studio without any you just tell the ai to do it that's crazy once that technology is harnessed all right this is uh breaking news from the internet from regurgitating rhinoceros he says uh peter excuse me i apologize that that was regurgitating rhinoceros this is breaking news from the internet from zach peter coffin has been in the news lately but this applies to soft gentleman's brother kyle yeah man he really Let's see here, one second. I'm a beta, I'm a beta, and we're both beta as fuck. If you're looking for an alpha male here, then you're shit out of luck. Domination and total power, these are not things we crave. with you. Yes. I'm a beta, and I'm a beta, and we're 
right, that was uh, breaking news from the internet from Zach. Appreciate that, sir. That's the end of the stream. Next stream will be tomorrow, 6.30 Eastern. Uh, thank you for all the people that sent Super Chats, Streamlabs, and uh, breaking news. Sincerely appreciate your support and generosity. You can get an archive on Rumble, rumble.com slash user slash hardnewsnetwork, or Podbean, hardnewsnetwork.podbean.com. You can go to Twitter, at LiveHNN. Uh, also, the new show, The Hard R Hour, is uh, Monday and Wednesday evenings, usually 7.30, 8.30, around that time, uh, depending on when the video renders. And uh, you can get archives of the first four episodes of that uh, on BitChute, bitchute.com slash hardbastard, or the other archive sites. Wherever you're watching on the stream or on the archive, I appreciate it, and I'll see you guys tomorrow. I am the Hard Bastard. Thank you for watching.